You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the deals are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. Again, that time of the year, ladies and gentlemen. So, welcome all fellow brunchers to Talk Brunch Live, our Halloween edition. Here we are, October 28th, 2019. I'm your host, as always, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. It hasn't felt like Halloween yet, but we're intending on changing that tonight. This is episode 348, and co piloting the brunch with me, as always, is Mr. Destin Frazier. I'd like to tell you a tale of a Taco Bell bathroom. That's just scary. Yeah, I can't. I've never been in one. Taco Bell and the bathroom to me are both scary. <laughs> and in the seat over, we have Mr. Matt Squires. My neighborhood signed a petition and I had to take down all of my Halloween decorations. They said it was too scary and offensive. So now what am I going to do with all these 2K20 screenshots? Oh. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, get your refunds, people. It's still time. Scary. And last but not least, we have missed. <laughs> Hello, everyone. That actually startled me. <laughs> She's just mad because somebody dropped a house on her sister. Oh, shit. Hey, 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 Bertha over there, you know, she broke the house, so it's all good. It felt more like after 10,000 years, she's free. <laughs> all right, well, shout out to the chat room that's been with us all night. Willie V2 and Emang, aka EB Gamer, and AC, aka Six Slayer, Stasis Dream, Stormed Axe, Kula Ice, Tickle, Mark710, and also those listening currently to the live broadcast over at TalkBrunch.com, and of course the rest of you listening on demand via iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps. We're available on every major digital audio provider, including SoundCloud. Just search TalkBrunch. You can visit us at TalkBrunch.com for that, plus the social media links for all of our content. And you can also use Alexa, and you know the rest. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't mess up anybody's stuff here. Also, it's your boy... Aaron, who just joined us, welcome to the chat room there. And welcome all of you guys to this craziness. What a week for both wrestling and Halloween, right? Right. And thank you for the follow, it's your boy. Thank you for the follow. I actually don't have our... I always forget the follow alert in the beginning. That means I have to trigger the thing manually, which is what we're going to do here as soon as I get to my control panel. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. (laughs) There you go. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, let's talk since Squires brought it up. Let's talk a little bit about uh, 2K. My neighbors? No. Uh Oh. (laughs) We can do that, too. service more than a horror project you know thanks for the host cool eyes the 2k20 
And thank you for the sparks. Wow, that's a lot of sparks there. Thank you for the sparks, Jesus. Aaron. So the 2K20, we talked about a little bit last week, and I don't think that I even emphasized just how bad this thing is. Uh, that is really a horror story, like like no bullshit. That's pretty scary stuff that we have going on there. Some of the, the visuals that have been going on of just things that are wrong with the game are some of the worst that I've ever seen. And uh, Destin, what has your experience been with uh, with this 2K game? For sure, not as bad as the internet has been seeing. I don't know if I'll just dodge glitches or what. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff, like the ref glitch that shows up every once in a blue moon. But uh, on the PS4, I completely knocked out my career and did not experience half the shit I've been seeing. So there's something not right about that, though, man. Like, I'm not doubting you, but. Like, yeah, like that, that's the see. That's the thing that bothers me the most is that there's all these glitches from all these YouTube videos. Here's the thing: when I have been playing this game, when I've had the time on the PlayStation, it's not like it's a ten minute, twenty minute, thirty minute session. I'm in this thing for a long time. My career, I think, was like twenty hours tops this year. So something's not adding up. I'm not doubting anybody, but I'm just saying if all these glitches are here in 10 to 20 hours, wouldn't I have seen them? Wouldn't I have seen a lot more than I've seen? I don't know about that. You know, I'm starting to think that maybe you were just one of the lucky ones because why would something like this be trending? Like, it's almost impossible to find a video of that game not looking ugly as shit. You know, like there's not even screenshots of it looking good. You can't even like fool someone into like just a single frame of animation where it doesn't look like shit. You know what I mean? Like there's no other conflicting evidence to present you know where someone can go well if it's so bad then look at this like it always looks bad even when it's running optimally even when nothing's wrong with this game it just looks awful like it's consistently ugly (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad you know and i mean even so let's just say they got it to where there were no bugs You're, you're still playing an ugly as hell game you know what i mean and that to me says a lot where it's just like it's consistently ugly that's the one thing that it doesn't have inconsistencies with it's not intermittently ugly it's consistently fucking ugly which i'm actually impressed by because nowadays no matter how bad games are they're never ugly it takes the extra step to also be ugly you know it looks looks like an early 360 game barely Barely. I'm going to see. I think I have a video here. I don't have a queued up, so it might take me a minute. But I saw, I don't know if you guys have looked at any of these montage videos that are out here. Oh, they're hilarious. The, the thing that everybody says is just play last year's. Yeah, which wasn't even that good either. Like, that one was underwhelming. So, like, basically just play the underwhelming one for another year. You know? If we could get some of these glitches on the screen here. I think I said thought I saw something about patches in, like, a month or so. It's got to be way sooner than that month. Well, yeah, Mark in the chat's asking. I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I if saw patches, patches something about a patch to fix it in like a month to deal with some of the issues they're having. Yeah, why if have patches some 2K? Gonna fix this game, that, that game's going to look like a quilt when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I think wrestling, and that's the thing about wrestling fans. If you look at the history of wrestling games, we're by no means snobs. Because up until practically this generation and, and the end of last generation, wrestling games were at best tolerable. Even the ones that you enjoyed as a kid. Let's be honest, guys. Aside from probably the N64 No Mercy games, most wrestling games play like they look, which is terrible. They're horrible, most of them. Even the ones you have fond memories of, they didn't, they didn't age well. They, they were always bad. 
you you just yeah, like it's them. one of those things you just shrug and go it's a wrestling game would you you know yeah it's only this last yeah, couple of generations I playing mm-hmm. no mercy and nw over i mean i never got it never got old you know what i mean and there's a reason why people still want a game like that because it was good yeah, but No Mercy, like I said, that's the exception to the rule. And that was N64. That came generations later. Look at the Super Nintendo games like Monday Night Raw that, oh, you, yeah. that you grew up on and all of that it's other stuff. garbage. WCW. It, it's like wrestling games had a similar path to Dragon Ball Z games, where Dragon Ball Z games were terrible almost my entire life. And like only in the last two or three years have Dragon Ball Z games become up to the quality of a regular game. It's like wrestling's not that different. When you look at I mean, how look bad their games are. With. What was the first wrestling game you played? Uh, maybe Pro Nintendo? Wrestling for the NES? Was it Pro Wrestling? Oh. Where they didn't even have the, the names of the... There was no licensed characters. They were just two guys. <laughs> guy I one, played, guy two. I yeah, played play. WWF, which was... I mean, it's, it's not even a wrestling game. But then you go to the arcade, and you play Fest, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah, th- this is what? the game I always wanted. You know what I he mean? He played As so people. far back that Pong was his wrestling game. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, man. But, but he point- ain't that old, Jesus. I'm just teasing. But yeah, point being, and what what is this YouTube channel? Because I want to credit who who we're looking at here. I don't know. This is Dan Allen Gaming, who I think he put together this montage. Wrestling fans aren't that picky about these games. But when you look at, like, let me just run this shit on the screen. 20 Easter eggs, glitches, some insane glitches and Easter eggs in this game. I haven't played it. These are... So these are videos of just glitches that this guy got here. Dramatic, on, that's, man. that's the most dramatic Hogan leg drop ever. Really? It's like, it's like a flash jump on leg drops. I'm literally stuck in midair. Are I you serious there, no, right oh, now? Come on, 2K. He's not racist. Spoiler alert. Tonight on Raw, Hogan was still up there. And Charlotte. Reversal by <laughs> Natalia. Oh. You know that thing. How dare they? They added us. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that even an ad of, right? Is it something? I think it's Destiny. They added us with Destiny? Yeah, no, Destiny sucks, guys. We're not going to... They added us with a since, chore since, game? Since you decided to bring it up during our show, Destiny's awful. Don't anybody play Destiny if you like us. That's what you get for putting it during our show. If you like us, don't fucking play Destiny. It's a terrible game, and it's come from a former Destiny player here. It, the game becomes a chore. That's all it yeah, becomes. Yeah, really. Anyway. Aha, uh-huh. I was ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, you were. That's the one time you didn't buy a bad game. <laughs> Razor Ramon showing us how to get it done. He seems to have broken tables on the mine. Whoop. The fireworks have what? been lit. <laughs> what is happening? Thank you must funny. remember about the table is there is no table. Don't the try table. to break the table. The remember that there is no table. 
What the hell is that? Some sort of an overlord Satanist symbolistic fucking... What is that? <laughs> That's what happens when you go to get plastic surgery Holy and don't pay shit. them all their money. How did this make it through the... Uh, wherever the hell it had to go through. Who tested this? Oh my god. That's some frightening shit. They're gonna give these kids nightmares. Happy oh. Halloween. Yeah, right? Look at this. Happy fucking Halloween. <laughs> Fuck, let him cry. <laughs> Look, at <laughs> Look at the ref. And that was it. We can go home now. What a moment. What a Oh no, that is. Double up. Oh, Rhonda with the wobbly legs. Get my own action figure. Why did the cool guy have baby legs? WWE Divas Champion. Is this some kind of WWE nerd vision board? Hey, being immortalized in semi-posable plastic is the greatest thing a human being can achieve. Look at that. This one's not even a botch. That's just how bad the fucking dialogue is. Like this? That was a huge mistake. Oh, no. I've unleashed hothead red. I'm going to take that marker, bring it to your grandmother's nursing home, and cross out parts of her chart so when the nurse goes to give her turndown service... Who created this character? Oh, my God. That's right. I'm going to give your grandmother bed sores. Somebody wrote this shit. What is wrong with you? What happened to this match? Everything fell apart. Everything fell apart. Oh my god. We don't need no mat. We are the mat. Look at this. Carmella just barely got out of the way. Ouch. There'll be a there'll be a link to this for anyone who's listening, there'll be a link to this video on our Twitter. Snap. Oh god. Completely unplanned. I didn't plan on showing this. I just wow. Yeah, this is why they're offering refunds to people. This is outrageous. People put money into this. Okay, we gotta stop. I can't even. What is that in the ground? Is that Paige? We wondered how well these two are going to be able to mess Probably. together as a tag team. Yeah, that's Paige. Considering they really can't stand each the other. The Warriors are out there. Here we go. This tag team Holy shit, her back problems have gotten bad. Oh, jeez. Look at that. Oh, that is fucked up. Fighting. I can't wait to catch her sequel movie, Fighting with My Chiropractor. Seriously, <laughs> Look at this. This is truly a, a horror story, right? Oh my god. It's almost difficult to watch. Can there be frustration? Turn it off! Who the hell ever thought that I would see Paige in even more compromising positions than the previous ones, right? The suspense this crowd is feeling is palpable. They are waiting with bated breath for what's to come next. Oh my god, what an elbow! There you go. That was it. That's, that's well, what I was not paying attention to the song. Right? Wasn't nobody paying attention to what the song was? We should be laughing. Kevin 
you recognize that song? Oh, you look at that. Kevin Owens won the money in the bank on a pin. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I think I've seen enough. Yeah. Great match here. But if you Yeah, you get the point, though. I need to find the Chloe, the four, the four leaf clover, and the rabbit foot in my room because holy shit! And you bought it for two consoles, right? Yeah, and dodge glitches on both of them. I don't know how. I must could, be lucky. Like holy crap! I don't know how you could claim you dodge anything owning that shit on two consoles. I I fucking don't know either. I mean, I've seen some glitches here and there, but like that they, was... like they got your ass if you have that twice. Well, the first one was a free code, but I mean, so technically by one. That's like going to your doctor and he's like, yeah, you have herpes on your dick and nipples. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Why did you daylight like you've been there, miss? You no, did I, shit, just, like, I, I, I pictured it. It's just, no. Miss said, ha ha, like a motherfucker, I've been there. That ain't funny. No, I went, ah, like, because I had this image in my head of that shit. Yeah, that's what you got. You got, the, you got 2K herpes. And then when christmas comes around dustin opens it up and he's got the 2k20 tiger handheld oh you fuck right off all right <laughs> you suck it you die you <laughs> so you see you oh, see renee Tony. young <laughs> well she look like cynthia from the rugrats she said these games do me dirty every year oh cynthia <laughs> she look like oh my gosh she looks like somebody she looks like if you shaved her head, it'd be shaped like a yam. Twenty years younger. Maybe it looks like a bootleg Miss Marvel. Oh shit, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yeah, she looks like a pissed off teacher. Oh my gosh! She looks like the next words out of her mouth was, "You know what? We're just gonna watch a movie today." Poor Renee. The poor baby. But she got that Fox money, babies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the spin you want to put hair. on. That hair is awful. She looks like every failed attempt to dye your own hair. And cut oh. it. It's so rough. And we talked about it last, and I'm leaving that there for a while. But yeah, we talked about it last uh, week, the reason why this is happening. But just to summarize it a little bit again, uh, basically, Ukes left, which are the people that have been making these games for a good long time now, the developers, left the project, leaving it in new hands. I always forget the name of these new dudes that are doing it. Remember, what, what was the name? Visual something? Oh, that, that says, I, I never even knew what the name was. That <laughs> <laughs> There's no $100 service that's also broken to get charged for this one. So yeah, we got that both. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely not. This is much worse than that. Like Fallout 76 <laughs> completely dodged the bullet in the, in the sense that now they, they must be relieved. Like, phew, heat's off of us. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> 14 times. The- Visual Concepts, that was the name of these people. So Visual Concepts are the ones that, that uh, are responsible for this. And uh, they basically had to meet the deadline and they developed it from the ground up. Like I explained to you guys last week, they wanted to do it on an engine that they themselves were familiar with, you know, as opposed to doing something different from that, you know, like as opposed to building off of the engine that Ukes left them, they were, they were building for the future, I guess, if you want to try to give them some level of credit. They were building more or less for the future. They wanted to uh, have the game code already laid out 
so that in future installments they're more familiarized with what's going on. But there was a lot that Ux had already done that they were familiar with that this company clearly is not. So they got you a bare bone game out. And like I said last week, what they should have done is skip a year and just say, look, you know, there's not going to be a game. We're sorry. Get a little heat for that. But don't get all of the heat that you're now inevitably getting for being a terrible company that people won't ever trust again. You know what you do? You you make a, a couple more DLC packs for 19 and you just you do what you just said, you know, hey, we want to do a good product. Here's a, a roster update and boom. Something like that. That's what I think. That's not, that's not a bad idea. Just something to keep people busy, but then that doesn't make them as much money, you know? So I guess money is always a When you have to return all the money, it's not, you know, <laughs> it's going to make even less. So I hate to say it though, but when, when people are still buying this game anyway, even though the game's bad, that's what's, that, that support is what they're counting on. They're depending on being able to get people that are going to just get it because it's a WWE game. Literally this show, half the show, we talk about how they make a lot of moves because they know that no matter what, they're going to still retain their consumer base. It's so like it's, Madden. Yeah. Madden so, doesn't do any improvements in a year and they just put out the same game and just change the roster. That's it. Yeah, this is no secret here, you know. It's like it's almost difficult to take jabs at Fallout 76 is $100, which we won't get into today, but it's the $100 a year subscription that doesn't even work. It's all glitched and people have been losing their items and stuff. You know, I can't, void. I can't even discredit them at this point. As bad as that is, don't get me wrong, that's bad. You know, they're trying to make at least a semi-persistent world where you have NPCs to interact with and you you have enemies and different weapon tiers and stats and physics and ragdoll effects as well as collision detection and hitboxes and environments and lighting and shit. And although all of those things may not be optimal, in fact, on Fallout 76's case, they're all terrible, it doesn't change the fact that WWE is just a big square ring with ropes and shit, you know, it's less of an elaborate game than something like Fallout that requires a lot of attention to detail to make a world of that scale. If I gave you Legos, you wouldn't even be able to make a model figure of the kind of world that's in Fallout 76. Even if you were really good with Legos, it would take you hours, if not days, to be able to recreate that shit in Lego form. So imagine the coding that goes into textures and bitmapping and all that other shit to make a world like that, even one that sucks. Next to wrestling games, which already exist as blueprints that have all of the pieces working better than that, there's literally no excuse to give them money or support them in any way just because of the fact that, yeah, they made mistakes and they're going to patch it and everything, but there are people working on way more elaborate things. There are games out there, if you look on Game Pass, that are really amazing games that you go, how the hell did they make that? And you find it was made by one person sometimes, two people sometimes. They have like a team and millions of dollars. This isn't just some novice company. This 2K. You know what I mean? 2K is made of Duplo. (laughs) You know, so it's it's, it's embarrassing, you know, and it's kind of like even if there were part, even if the game worked optimally for me, I just can't justify that treatment of the fan base, how lazy that is next to the kind of stuff. And then on a month where we've gotten some of the most elaborate and detailed games probably of this generation, like as much as we weren't on Call of Duty bandwagon for a few years, that last one's amazing. I beat the campaign over the, uh, the weekend. And it was probably their best campaign ever. Great detail. Probably the, it ended on a high with the graphics and the visuals. The Xbox One X, uh, just the, the, the textures and the lighting. If anyone has that and you're looking at it in 4K, you really got to look at what they did 
with this title. And then the Outer Worlds is the same thing, just uh, the the way the visuals are and the environments. These are incredible, and it's by the creators of Fallout New Vegas, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you get your fix right there. The reason yeah. why this Outer Worlds is so good, it's not just because these guys came and conjured together some random game. The, the Outer Worlds was made by developers of a good Fallout game, because there's good Fallout games out there. You know, if you look at the Outer Worlds, which, like I said, I played very little over the weekend, but holy crap, I'm, it feels like a hybrid of Mass Effect and Fallout, and the world's just yeah, so um, big and expansive, and so much is going on. They said it's the kind of game where you can kill any NPC in the entire world, even main ones, and somehow the story will still adjust itself without being broken. It's made for, it's designed, this game's designed for you to try to do this kind of stuff. And yeah, we've seen it in other Bethesda games, but this is on a larger scale as far as the interaction, where it's sort of designed for you to try to do different things. Like, it's like Skyrim on steroids. You know what I mean? It's crazy. We did, and you know what? There's no season pass. There's no extra DLC. They didn't ask for anything. They didn't over advertise. You didn't see too many commercials about it. A lot of people, unless they were pay attentive to it, like we've been for the last few months, they didn't even know that it exists. That game literally flew under the radar. And when you look at it, it's something that's to the tier of Skyrim. And that says a lot because there's almost nothing to the fucking tier of Skyrim. Skyrim's like almost like a once in a lifetime thing, probably until next gen. And a game just came out under the radar for $60 that has that much going you know what it doesn't even have the traditional crazy but that's the bugs most experiences of people if you look at online reports this thing's running smooth in a big persistent world like that and these motherfuckers can't render renee young properly you know so i'm sorry i just i have no forgiveness here i think it's embarrassing there's art programs that would render it for you better than that yeah, so for those of you who are, who want a game, it may not be wrestling, but if you have Game Pass, play The Outer Worlds. It's prob- it's the most sophisticated RPG, I venture to say, since stuff like Skyrim and Mass Effect. You know, if you're into those kind of games, you'll be right at home with this. The, the level of customization and, and crafting and, and, I mean, this game from top to bottom, the skill trees are ridiculous, not even because you, you're trying to get to the good skills, but because every skill is so good that you don't even know what you want to do. It's like, this is all amazing. You know, you probably want to play like several times through just to be able to go through the different branching paths of things you can do. You can play the game as a complete pacifist and not get into one single fight. There's ways to persuade your way out of everything. I mean, it's incredible. Or you could play with this game that they could barely render Renee Young and Ronda Rousey has wobbly legs. You know, and, and, vis- and visually, it's just beautiful, very bright and yeah. vibrant really really gorgeous you know so i mean i look at that and you if you have game pass you don't even need to pay for it if you if you don't have game pass it's 60 dollars, not 90 like this piece of shit you know so like i said and 2k then they, they released like mist was saying earlier they released a statement that said we are listening closely to the feedback that's been shared regarding wwe 2k20 and are aware of the concerns some players are reporting we're working hard to investigate these concerns and address them as necessary we expect to have an initial patch ready in the next two weeks with others to follow stay tuned to wwe game social media channels for more information that's no different than every other wwe game that's ever come out even you who are the masters of this genre would release statements like this annually because these games always landed bumpy. That being said, Ukes, the masters of this, have never ever fully fine-tuned it. You always wind up leaving from one wrestling game to the other with things still a little bit messed up or wonky. It's always better than it started, but it's never what they said it would be. And I'm supposed to believe that these guys who can't even get the game to hold together are going to fix it in a patch? Just a patch, really? Hmm. 
Yeah, they said that about NBA 2K. You see, and that's who that's who these guys are, these visual dudes, right? They're the guys who do the NBA series. The NBA series bombed so much for 2K19 that they went on sale for $2.99 and flopped. People didn't even want it for the $3 it was up there for. So, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm sorry, but I can't The same garbage this. over and over. Yeah, they're saying patches are coming. Well, you know what? The other guys had trouble patching it. These guys can barely even sustain this thing, you know, and it took them three or four days for them to even make that response. It's not like that was immediate after it launched. No, they ran with their money. And then days later, after who knows what level of planning, then they had a response. They didn't even so much as address that thread for a while. I was watching that on Twitter. They took their sweet ass time. The four days that it took for them to respond to that should have been the time it took for them to patch it. By the fourth day, instead of a, a statement, there should have been a patch. I'm supposed to believe that they're working aggressively on this thing and it took them four days to tweet back? Rebby doesn't take four days to tweet back and all she is is Matt Hardy's wife. You're telling me a company with a corporation like this can't tweet back in under four days? Ugh. This is just people who didn't give a shit, you know? The people ordered the... uh what was it, an Ultimate Edition that came with some autograph signings or something? From what I'm hearing, it's supposed to have a, you get autograph uh, from Edge. Either Edge, Kurt Angle, or Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And what happened was, it didn't come with it. Is that supposed to be because of bad development there too, or because Ukes left? Ukes has nothing to do with the packaging, right? I mean, mean, the one I sold came with it. I don't know about the other ones, but... Well, if the one you sold came with it, I guess they're all okay. No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm not this saying they're all okay. I'm just saying the one I saw came with it. So I'm going by it what I'm, be I'm, a gamble, I, you know? I, I, I'm going by what I experienced. I can give a shit what anybody else is going through. Yeah, well, I have to give a shit what other people are going through because there's just so many results in regards to this. You know, people are just pissed off that it's so it's like the point being though, Ukes is responsible for development. They're not responsible for packing the games as well. So this shows that from the top down, no one gives a shit about what's happening here. And then they release a statement saying, hey, everyone, if you bought WW2K20 Collector's Edition and you're missing a legend autograph, we'll take care of you. Please go to, and then they have like a link to some 2K link, and fill out the support ticket so we can get started on helping you out. Oh, that's fucking fantastic. So now God knows how long that's going to take. Edge, on the other hand, responded, and he said, lame. Seems like it happened to a few other people, too. Someone dropped the ball. I'm filming a movie for the next month, but when I get home, I'll get a P.O. box. Everyone who didn't get one signed, I'll follow you on here. Give you give you the address, and you can send it to me to sign. So now you have people like Edge, someone who's extremely busy, someone who's possibly making a comeback to wrestling, which we'll talk about later on in the show. But someone who's doing movies literally has to stop to help this company to sign shit that he already signed that that's not in the boxes. Why? But Out yeah. of pity. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and PlayStation, I don't know if Xbox is doing it, but now the hashtag FixWW2K20 is trending. PlayStation is offering refunds because they, they're able to acknowledge that this is a shitty game. And they don't like offering refunds. Sony is not cool with that kind of stuff. They will give you your money back, though, because it's a considered a failed game. So Sony's not going to do that without a thorough investigation because they'll be one of the first to put up an argument and go, no, you know, this is a thing with the company. Everyone will usually point fingers. The only time you ever see that kind of stuff is when something is just unquestionably bad where they can't justify taking people's money. They're worried about class action lawsuits. You know, that's serious. That's not Fallout 76 serious. There's still a happy community with Fallout 76. Literally, this entire community has imploded on itself. So. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about it. It's just really bad. And by the way, for anyone that was interested, they do motion captures every single year. And uh they use people who are not part of the company generally. Like back in the day, Austin Aries used to be a guy that they would use a lot 
way before he was part of anything to do with WWE, back when he was in TNA. So um, the people they used this year were Austin Theory, Ariel Monroe, Kylie Ray, Allison K slash Sienna, Brian Cage, Jason K, Jeff Cobb, Jessica Havoc, Desmond Xavier, Jay Cruz, Andrew Everett, Marty Elias, Kenny King, Chris Statlander, Scorpio Sky, Matt Cross, Penelope Ford, Santana Garrett, The Librarian, Peter Avalon, Rachel Evers, Ty Dillinger, Nicole Savoy, TJ Perkins, Eli Drake, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tania Brooks, and Trevor Lee. So, um, yeah. For anyone, I guess it spoils it for you, but when you're watching your wrestlers come down the ramp during these games, and it's been like this since the beginning, it's always other wrestlers that are in the indies that are mimicking the motion of these wrestlers. Very rarely is it ever actually the wrestler that you think that it is. And just coincidentally, because these games are usually a year in development, some of those names on there I'm aware are current WWE people like Isaiah Swerve Scott, but he just got there. So odds are that when this entire thing happened, he was just an indie guy. Same thing with Trevor Lee. He's in NXT now. At the time, he was still just an indie guy. It's just coincidental that now they're part of the roster. I'm sure whatever they mocapped wasn't even for their character. It was just to mocap other people, you know, so nothing bad with that. That's how everything's done. You get standing people, but it's interesting that they've always used indie guys. So, uh, I don't know. Any last thoughts about this WWE? Cheap. Hmm? Well, that's why it's cheaper to see indie guys. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Do you even see yourself getting this game when it goes on sale, like Black Friday sale? Uh, I'd have to see if they fixed it. But like I said, it'd have to be a deep discount. But then by then, it's like I've got other stuff to play. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. It's like even at sale, it would have to be deep. I mean, I think it's going to go on deep, deep sale. Yeah, usually but Black Friday, a bunch of new stuff's coming out, so it's... No, but I want to see it go on Star Wars Battlefront 2 levels of sale, where it's like, $5, $5. But you know what? Even with that, how bad they screwed that up, they fixed that game. That's an actually good game now. It took them a year. But think about what they did. But look like, at like, the damage they did. They, yeah, did they literally damaged the entire video game industry. If it wasn't for Star Wars Battlefront 2, there wouldn't be so much controversy about loot boxes being gambling. Microtransactions had a bad stigma to them, but nowhere near as bad. Like, if you look at pre-Star Wars Battlefront 2 and post-Star Wars Battlefront 2, it's like two different worlds. Now people... Did, it, it, was, it was there, because the NBA games and Madden and all those games, they had all that stuff. It just wasn't as... I guess it was just more accepted with the sports games. But, they yeah, brought it into they definitely the spotlight. shined light on it. They brought it into the spotlight in a way where now loot boxes are considered a bad thing. Poor poor Overwatch got heat for that. When theirs are just cosmetic, those are, and they're pretty generous with them. You get all kinds of good stuff when you pay over Overwatch. They have, they're actually a good example of the balance of how loot boxes need to be used if they were going to use them. It'll give you one just if you haven't been on in a while. Yeah, that game's always been nice. And Blizzard's always been a great company. I hate when people try to get on anything they do because this is a company that has, I've never seen them stop supporting a game. Ever, to this day. People are playing oh, Diablo. Overwatch they're has been still, around for how long now? Like, Diablo 2. Yeah, they're, they're still sporting like everything that they did. Yeah, if you look at Diablo 2, they still patch it regularly. People still play it. I was part of the Diablo 2 community for at least a decade. And I think the only thing that that uh, moved me from it was probably being able to play D3 on console. And what's amazing about Blizzard games, and I've experienced this with literally all of them, is the longevity of the sense that you can play a game 
And uh, you can take a year off and come back and continue playing. I've done it with every Diablo game where it's, and it's perfectly fine to do. Like D3 is fantastic. Probably the greatest dungeon crawler of all time. And I've taken years off from it and come back to it fresh. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's consistent. Their worlds are ever consistent. Even wow. And all that other shit, it was just made to last, you know? So uh, it's right. a shame. They, it's- they have wow. Like has updates and new uh, content that they put out every now and then. But then they go back and say, well, you can, they still leave enough of the old stuff that you can go back and do that stuff for nostalgia or just to say, well, hey, look, I was able to get this that you're not able to get in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a company that can just go buy it. Yeah. So I didn't like that they were targeted for these loot boxes because at the end of the day, that's probably the most generous. And I, I, I get that they're anchored to Activision. They're still separate entities in a, in a sense, but I get that they're anchored to Activision, who has a bad name, especially with what they do with the Call of Duty series regarding, uh, being able to boost yourself in microtransactions that are not just cosmetic. But again, the, the Blizzard branch of things has always been pretty fair with their demographic, which is the reason why they have so much money. You play good yeah, on Overwatch. You get boxes. Yeah. Yeah, but like with with a lot of the Blizzard stuff, it's not very much pay to win. You can earn stuff through the game. Holy shit! I didn't mean to leave that uh, Renee Young up to that line. That that, that goes to drive my point, though. <laughs> I, I was starting to wonder. I was really wondering, like, how long am I going to be staring at Renee right now? Well, <laughs> oh, hey, we were talking about how shitty the game was. Mark says that he'll wait for it to be the free game of the month to get WW2K20. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I've gone. There's a few oh, years I always. Game pass. Yeah, or something like that. And um, I I don't think they're gonna be able to patch that or fix it. If they if they if Kenny Omega was correct about AEW getting a um wrestling game, and if the rumors are true that that's the reason Yuke's left to go help with that, now there's there's never been a better time for a new wrestling game to launch than this year or in the next before the next WWE game. Like I mean, if they had that another, ready, mm-hmm. I was gonna say yeah, it'll just be another thing that you smash WWE on because they've been doing it on everything else. They yeah. gotta do it right though. They can't do like TNA did. They can't do Legends it, it, of Wrestling. It's pretty easy not to do what TNA did with that piece of shit. But okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it is. It is. You know, but if they have Ukes, that's the only time I would say they could rush it because Ukes probably has the blueprints that they need in order for this to uh to work out. If they're smart and they do what everybody wants, and everybody wants a modern No Mercy. They would. They would rule the. They'd rule it all. No when one, it comes to games, wrestling games. No one likes to uh, go back and talk about it. But the uh, if you go back and play No Mercy now, it doesn't age well. It's a game that was good at the time, but there's so many components to it that just don't age well. Where I don't Talking know... about the grapple system, things like that. Everything. Like, literally, the whole thing just aged really badly. Like, there was a point we hit with games where most of the N64 stuff just stopped seeing practical. And uh that's definitely one of the main games like that, where I, I don't... A modern version of that, I think, would bomb, and people don't realize it. It's the nostalgia that carries it. There's yeah, just, that's the only reason people want that game back, is just the nostalgia. They don't realize that's not going to be a good idea. There's no way for that kind of stuff to work with the current games, you know? It's just one of those things you don't where there's a light grapple, heavy grapple system would would wouldn't work. Nah, there's too much that's different now for that to work. Like, look at how they moved and the way the animation was now, and a lot of the shortcuts that they took to make that game run well. Keep the same concept, but you, you modernize it. But that's I'm sort of what the exact. But that's sort of what the current games are. 
though is a modernized version. That's what that's what it becomes once you add all of the things that were missing from the No Mercy games. And to be clear, when it comes to the WWE current games, like the current engine way that it plays, excluding 2K20, because I know they changed the buttons and stuff. I think that that's actually the perfect way for a game to be played. Like if you were to count from, I guess, WWE 11 and WWE 12 and 2K13 all the way up to 19, the way that it plays... I think it's probably the best. It's one of those things where I feel like it finally found itself, which is a shame that it lost itself again. It reminds me in a lot of ways of Call of Duty, where once they made Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, that became the formula for Call of Duty. Like, if you go back to the old days of PC gaming with Call of Duty and Medal of Honor, they were all first-person shooters, but they they all were very different from one another. And it wasn't until Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, where there became a formula. That's the way that games are from this point on. You're always going to have a ghillie suit. You're always going to hold down B to crouch in the in the ground. Left trigger is always going to be to scope in. Clicking in your left analog in most cases is always going to be to run forward. You know, like small things like that and the way physics work, the way the way kills work, the way XP works. All of that was founded in Call of Duty. And that just became a formula that now all games use to define them when they're in first person view. That's sort of what happened with the wrestling games, in my opinion. I think that a lot of the most of them, aside from when they're buggy. Like, the way that they run is the way that I think they need to run. It's perfect, man. You can have real matches in these games. If you, like, bugs aside, you can literally recreate matches and have very similar matches to the kind of things that you would see on television. And that says a lot because I think one of the biggest challenges with wrestling games is that they almost never look like what you see on TV. These do. When they're functioning, it almost looks just like TV which is crazy, the way people react, the way they sell, the way someone will get hit and sell their back or sell their leg and shit, the way they roll yeah. out to the outside and whip each other and counter and go against the ropes and, you know, do the leapfrogs and the transitions and reverse. It's fucking amazing. Those things I have no problem with. We're lucky that we're even able to have something that can function that way where when you, and that's another thing that we talked about on here before, when it comes to games, you usually know a good game when the controls and the responsiveness make sense to you. Like when you play Super Mario, that's what makes Nintendo so popular. The controls make sense. When you hit the A button, it feels like the physics are proper of Mario's jumping in the timing of when you press the button, the distance and everything. Even if you die or whatever, all of the physics within that game feel tight and polished like Rayman doesn't or Crash Bandicoot doesn't. Not that those games suck, but there's a polish to the way Mario moves that is just comprehensive for anyone's fingers. And I feel like wrestling had that with the uh, with the striking and the movement and everything else. It feels like you should be pressing certain buttons to go, like the triggers or whatever, to go between, between the ropes. It feels like B should be to whip somebody. Like it's just a universal language now. So I have nothing against that. I think No Mercy would drive people crazy. They wouldn't even know how the hell to control that thing. It's so awkward and weird and uh, just the way that they have to do the collar and elbow tie up to be able to execute almost anything. It just, it just would be strange, you know? And uh, I kind of got burnt out on people making it seem like, like a lot of N64 stuff aged like shit, man. Most of it, aside from Zelda, aged like shit. And no one likes to admit that, you know, like find me another game besides Zelda and maybe Mario 64 on the, uh, on the N64 that nowadays someone who's 18 wouldn't be like, what the hell is that? I looked up old footage of Star Fox 64. I was like, what the fuck was this? I was playing that recently. I was playing that on my retro arcade just for the hell of it. You know what? It, that Because it's flying and shit like that, that doesn't, it's not as painful as yeah. at the wrestling games or even the GoldenEye that everyone worships in the perfect dark. Like, man, those things age bad. You know, it, it looks like the graphics from the movie Lawnmower Man. Remember that movie? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. That's what all in 64 shit looks like. Just Lawnmower Man looking stuff. Strange, man. Oh, God. Telling me Castlevania 64 doesn't age well. 
No, it didn't age well when it was out. When it first launched, I remember thinking, this isn't Castlevania. I know. It was awful. Yeesh. That game was so bad. All right. Well, I've been scared enough by WWE. Do we want to switch this over to a horror story? We probably should, right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, who wants to jump into the seat first? I mean, we, like, we got, let's be real, we got to go with tradition. You know you got to beat everybody the first go. Oh, you're going to throw me under the bus like that? I have to be the first to go here? I do it every year. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of happen. <laughs> and every year you seem to be more surprised than the last. Like, nobody saw this shit coming. Oh, for God's sakes. Well, what was it? First year was Elisa Lam. Next year, Erickson Twins. Year after that, Denver Airport. Let's see what you got, buddy. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> Let's roll, then. I hope you don't regret it, because it would suck. I didn't. It's like minus. I don't think it's that great, but I, it would suck if I outdo you this year too. You know. I'd be so pissed off because I got a good one this year. You didn't see, 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 see that great either, but see, you know. See, I'd have to come to New York, and we had to fight at that point. Like, I'd just be like, no. Like, All right, here we go. <laughs> this has been briefly mentioned on here over the years but we've never really gone into detail about what it is and what it means but it has to do with your existence and the origins of humanity it has to do with religion where we all came from why we're all here what the meaning of not only our collective but individual lives amount to because there have been rumors and i'm sure you have all heard about it on the internet over social media that there was a species that came before us a species of reptilian blood that are actually the founders of humanity. That they lived on the earth and they evolved and they went into space afterwards. They went into the Dracon constellations. They altered the DNA of human beings, putting limits on our consciousness. They say that uh, there are people with reptilian DNA that don't even realize that they're reptilian. They can be controlled by reptilians that live in a lower fourth dimension of the universe basically these reptilians are still on earth as well a lot of them and i'm going to show you some proof of it but they died they basically they say they disguised themselves and then they basically became royalty politicians all kinds of people that you see that are in power they basically made the earth a giant prison for human beings with the cages being the country borderlines They're responsible for all of our entertainment, our culture, even our wars, all of our politics. All of this stuff is just basically designed to keep you occupied in a false world. And there are people conscious of it that have been trying to tell you about it through subliminal messages with movies like Dark City and The Matrix and things that are sort of trying to leave you hidden messages and let you know that in a sense you are living in a dream world. Just not one that's intangible, but rather one that's just completely controlled to keep you focused on things that mean nothing. Because they're basically playing both sides. They basically have the food contaminated with preservatives and all kinds of sugars and things of that nature, which you guys know that's become a big philosophy of mine. I've looked into food and nutrition. I've learned there's a lot of unexplained garbage in a lot of our foods. The moment you stop eating it, which I can say for myself, you start to feel different. You start to realize that you're being poisoned all along. And you start wondering, why were these things even in the food if it can exist without it? If you don't believe it you can contact me and i can give you some pointers but try it yourself there's a lot of garbage so to me those kind of things can basically confirm to me what i had uh, always feared there's two kinds of these lizards there's actually several kinds but i don't want to spend the whole show talking about the different ranks and hierarchy of it but basically there's full bloods and there's crossbreeds and uh 
the way it works is there, there were different perceptions of how this goes. The most popular being that they shapeshift physically. Kind of like you would see Mystique do in X-Men. They shapeshift into these, uh, they look like humans to us, but when they're by themselves, they shapeshift into these actual reptilian beings. However, several people and several sources have cited that basically the full bloods create vibrations that alter the human mind to make us believe that we're still seeing humans. So they've never actually changed in front of you. And the scary thing about the hybrids is that they think that they're human, but they're not actually human. They're basically plants that were put here, that are placed here, and they don't even realize that their actions are being controlled to an extent by the New World Order's bidding. And not the NWO with Hogan. The New World Order. You know, so... <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> so the scary part about that is that means that you have to ask yourself, hypothetically speaking, if you had reptilian DNA in you, would you know? Would, you, would your decisions be your own? Or were you positioned to be something that you always intended to be? There's really no way to know at all. They say you can identify them by their eyes. Scars, blood pressure being lowered in humans. They're emotionally awkward. If you've ever seen celebrities on television or politicians where it almost seemed like they were emulating emotion but not really uh, sincere about it, a lot of that could be that they're just shitty politicians, but some of it could be that they're not even human. They say that most of the presidents, if not all of them, are reptilian. Proof of this, according to David Icke, is that George Bush and Obama, for example, their 11th cousins, Dick Cheney and him are ninth cousins. Apparently, the Bushes are also related to Marilyn Monroe, Abraham Lincoln, John Kerry, Princess Diana. Their roots go back really far, which is a little strange when you think about it, the fact that all of these people are uh, are connected. There's a rare blood type, apparently RH and RH negative which uh, it has a lot to do with uh, these people. There are even biblical passages that somewhat support the possibility of there always being some sort of reptilian origin that was disguised there, where they say, like, for example, um, in Genesis, Adam and Eve are tempted by serpents, which they say is symbolic of the humans being controlled by reptilians from the very beginning. You know, if you look at Genesis 614, New, New in, International, uh, they say wickedness in this world when human beings begin to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them to the sons of God saw that the neighbors that the daughters and humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose then the Lord said my spirit will not contend with the humans forever for they are mortal their days will be 120 years and then it goes on to say that the Nephilim or the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old men of renown. So there's that. In the Bible, Satan referred to as a serpent and a dragon, which was also perceived as symbolic towards these, uh, these creatures controlling us. Certain things might not be literal, but more or less coded. There are statues, if you look up in history, there are statues not just from the religions over on our side of the world, but there are statues all over the world of uh, different lizards found going all the way back to the early years, BC years, of just different lizard idols, lizards holding babies and cradling babies. They say that there are ties to the Illuminati, that the Illuminati and these lizards might be one and the same. They say they control the CIA, the NSA, Mafia, Interpol, and their motivations are conflict because apparently being in that fourth dimension, they consume negative energy as a source of nutrition, which just keeping all of the conflict between all of us going for all these years is enough to power them. It's also just a form of prison. It could just be tests. You got to ask yourself, how the hell does all this connect back to us, though, aside from the fact that we're telling scary stories? 
Well, and I mentioned it briefly on here before, and a lot of you guys don't realize it, but if you go back to our first Halloween episode, I went into some major conspiracy theory stuff. I went into stuff about Lisa Lam and about her disappearance and how it tied into government stuff and how there was a cloaking place in the same hotel as her and uh, the strangeness about invisibility technology and everything. If you go back to that episode right now, specifically on SoundCloud, we were getting messages when we put that Halloween episode on and they're still up there you can look for yourself time stamped and everything from what was that four or five years ago now from an account called reptilians rule the earth and it was correcting certain details about things that we were talking about that night and I only mentioned it on here briefly because I wanted to put this in my back pocket until now but you can go look for yourself because we did not talk about this in the detail that we did yet somehow and this is a wrestling podcast, mind you. There's no way for them to know. Well, it's time for them to do their Halloween episode. Certainly not several years ago when it wasn't even a thing yet. On our first one, some sort of reptilian account was going in there and correcting certain things about the details of things that we were saying, places that were around. Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. We must Especially be being, if they don't want us to know. Must be being monitored somewhere, somehow. This week, we always do Halloween stuff. If you go and look at our social media, it's the most viewed stuff, not just from uh, the wrestling community, but from everywhere. But the point being that if they are, well, they say that they are, then they would have eyes everywhere on everything that you say and everything that you do. And maybe they want to let you know things to an extent. There are people to say that there's speculation that maybe they slowly let you know things, slowly to psychologically prepare human beings for what's to come next. This is the reason why you start seeing the government even talking about UFOs and things of that nature. These aren't UFOs. These are just basically being controlled. These are drones that could be used by these people. And I use the term people loosely by these beings. They consider demigods amongst many. That will one day show up and bring the true answers to what's been going on. And what all of the symbolism that you see in religion actually means in a literal term. And uh, if that was to turn out to be the case... What happens to humanity? What happens to everyone? What happens to the people who now realize that everything they do was just uh, basically puppet strings? What happens to people's faith? Just say one day you wake up and it's like, surprise, everything that you thought you were reading from a literal perspective turns out to be this really crazy scientific thing. Everything is science-based and physics-based. And really, at the end of the day, it's not that it's such a great force that none of us can comprehend. It's that... It's something that we just haven't comprehended yet. The one that you go, oh, that makes sense. So, there you have it, guys. Are we being ruled by reptilian Illuminati lizards? <laughs> so, Rick just told us the last 10 minutes squirrels are real. I was waiting to see what he'd say. I knew something was stewing in there. I just didn't know what. Yeah. And I'm not, I wasn't, that wasn't even fictitious, man. Like we really did get, and it's funny because I remember thinking about that, like, huh, lizards, that's kind of scary. And the picture on that profile, if you look, is also a lizard face. Well, I mean, it is a thing. It, it is, it's all over the internet that, you know, there's lizard people. Yeah. There is, you know, I mean, some of it does sound crazy, but some of it makes sense when you just look at the different things that are happening. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Fiction, fact? Do you think there's possibility? I mean, I would say this. I'll say this before I let you guys talk about this. But I think that uh, 
it doesn't have to be lizards. I think them being lizards is the is the uh, least scary part of this. And that if I had to put some speculation into this, I would say that the people that are in the know about our society being controlled by like a, I guess you would say like a overlord society, probably pepper things like that in for one or two reasons. I could be wrong. It could be a real thing. Thank you for that. But uh, one of the reasons could be because it's how you get attention. You know what I mean? Like, if you just hear a story, a typical story about how we're, there's a secret society that's doing this and that, it's just all white noise to you. But if somebody oh, peppers I- in something crazy, like, hey, they transform into lizards, that's a way to draw attention, which pretty much will get more people to talk about it. Because you, whenever people talk about this, they never think about the possibilities that sound very realistic of our culture being controlled and our society being controlled. They always think about the absurdity of the lizards. The other reason why they might be doing this is to keep themselves safe like david ike for example this could be a guy who's trying to tell the truth about certain things but he wants to pepper in enough that skepticus will say uh he's just some crazy old man enough to just disguise himself under the guise of insanity but to those that look deep enough beneath the surface they'll be able to pick apart the truth from the lies could be something like that like most of the time in in war and in life Whenever you want to get a message to someone, you always deliver it in code, right? So no different than the way that based on this theory, the Bible and all of these other things just being code for something deeper, he could just have hidden it in yet another code. And the lizards are just part of that code. And underneath it is the truth. All of the stuff about the society and being controlled and the borders and the back and forth, that could be the reality. And the lizard thing could just be another metaphor. I wouldn't be surprised at the control aspect of it, considering not questioning any government of any sort with at least one or two things is just illogical. Hmm. If you completely trust your government, you completely trust the governments of the world entirely, then you're just naive. There's already been, yeah, there's already been too much stuff that's come out and said, oh yeah, yeah, we did do that. We weren't admitting to it at the time, but we did it. MK Ultra, that that was totally us. But mm-hmm. you know, at the same point, I, I just I'm not sure I believe in lizard people. I, yeah. I do believe you know 1984 is is real. We are being watched, and I do believe that we have uh, we have hit the new world order. We are in it, but what, I don't and, think. And what exactly that, does that mean? We are in the new world order. We are in the New World Order means that the that all the conspiracies of uh, how the government's set up and the few people that are in power and how I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to word it because I wasn't expecting to word it tonight. Um, how people are related to each other in the government, for example, how Bush's great 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 grandmother was actually this president's. Uh, he was related to Aaron Burr and et cetera. So it's, it all comes down like that. Like, oh, yeah, Bush's mother was related to Aaron Burr. Mm-hmm. So, like, a, like a monarchy. Yeah, like a monarchy, except, you know, they put up certain people for elections and they monetize it in such a way that all these companies and all the elites, the 1% who do have the money, popularity contests aren't won by whether that person's best for the job. They're won by money. 
they're won by who's richest and who has the most reach to get that person to listen and hide all the other stuff that they don't want you to hear. So in the in a way, we are in the New World Order. There's the Georgia Stones, for goodness sake. Destin, you should know about those, right? What, can I live in Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> You've never heard of the Georgia Stones? They're like in the northern part of Georgia. A guy named R.C. Christian. And no, it, that's a suit. He, it says right on the, the nameplate, it's a pseudonym. That this is, uh, it's like four stones with eight different languages, a different one on each side, with a way to live in the new world order of things, of, you know, how uh, for morality and for survival and and all that stuff. You could actually, you could, you could look it up. It's the Georgia something stones. I can't remember what they're called now. But I was looking at it yesterday. I almost did my what I was going to talk about tonight about it. I thought they were a cover band. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, they, they uh, it says right on it, New World Order. The Denver airport says New World Order. The Washington, D.C., laid out by the Freemasons, has history with the New World Order. And they've laid their whole they've laid out the streets of Washington, DC as a pinnacle. So you could sit there and turn around and say that, yeah, technically we're in it and it is ruled by a bunch of people. We just don't know all the details because we are not them. Yeah, and at the end of the day, whether they're lizards or not becomes irrelevant. Right. It just comes back to that, you know, you know what, no matter what you do, go ahead and strive for it. You might be able to get into the club. They can control people otherwise, too. It doesn't have to be through vibrations. Right. The vibrations could be another metaphor. I think that social media is the, is the metaphor of those vibrations. They influence who it's you... music. Good vibrations all the way. Yeah. But I think they influence a lot of people. The current platform, I think the vibrations that are being referred to in this thesis are, uh, I think they change depending on the time in history, depending on the time period. Whereas, like, maybe before... It was through, uh, I don't know, but before it, was, it, it could have been through messengers or, or people who would just stand in the streets and just preach or whatever, through sending ravens or however it was done. Churches eventually became a thing. I think that the, throughout society, the, the platform of these vibrations have changed. They're not so subtle that it's like magical vibrations. And I think that now the current one is social media. I think each of these things are actually constructed as a design to sort of herd people into one opinion or the other and then turn them against each other, which is essentially what social media becomes. If you look at social media and prove me wrong about this, the most popular interaction in social media is one opposing view versus another opposing view. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Isn't that a little bit weird? What a coincidence. And that's literally... And if you look back in history, before social media was something else, it's always been something, but it's always well, been one I mean, view. If, if you go through the decades, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate. I mean, I have my own beliefs and, and all of that. But in the 60s, it was music. In mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s, it was television. And now in the 90s, and you know, it's it's social media. Yeah, and going with that, in the 60s and 70s, it was music to television. You had MTV. To help with that transition from music to television. You know, and depending on how you look at this. That's why they used to play music videos and don't now. Yeah. And depending on how you look at this thesis, it doesn't necessarily, like we said again before, doesn't necessarily all have to be true. Therefore, 
if you look at the religious aspect of it, it's still possible that religion can have accurate aspects to it. But then within there, there's still a super society controlling everyone at the extent that I'm talking about, regardless of if there's a God or not. They're still out there and they still are literally using social media as a way to pin people against each other. And people are thinking that they're forming their own opinions, but they're not. And I can confirm this myself. I've seen people with opinions on social media that I know are a fact. They think are their own opinions, but it's not their own opinions. It's the influence of others. You know, it's the whole I'm a person that smart people are stupid style of uh, mentality. People never really think about what the origin of their opinions and feelings are. A lot of people never take the time to, to have an original thought and think about is this value that they're representing really their value? Hitting shares, not an opinion. Yeah. Put a quote on it. No kidding. Write it down. Hitting shares, not an opinion. (laughs) Oh god damn it! I got tab out of this one. Okay. (laughs) Gotta make a whole new one. All right. Fuck it. (laughs) But I mean, even biblically, you know, there's explanations for all of that stuff. If I mean, that's another whole rabbit hole to go down. But with the yeah, I try to avoid the religions because it's there's there's several different. With the Antichrist and how he sets things up, and if you want there's to stuff to about whether that. the an- there's stuff about the Antichrist and about stuff about the Antichrist and how he sets things up, and then there's stuff about the Antichrist and whether the Antichrist even exists to set things stuff up. So I mean, there's rabbit holes in rabbit holes. Yeah, and that's and just to really- kind of punch a hole in that. Genesis theory: the sons of God are the children of Seth, and or or wait, yeah, and the daughters of men are the children of Cain. Mm. Oh yeah, that's some oh. yeah. We got kind of deep here, huh? <laughs> and, uh, giants oh. and giants are the sons of the Nephilim. There you go. Well, <laughs> giants, you got to remember in Israel, you know, they were smaller people back then. So if you saw somebody from another country. <laughs> Well, they were. They were smaller people in stature. So if you saw somebody from another country or another land, you know. I was just pointing out the Book of Epoch from Ethiopia. So <laughs> so listen, um, one of the things that I was talking about during this is the fact that a lot of our entertainment, like The Matrix, Dark City, all these kind of movies, they were used as platforms to try to get you the message of what's really going on with society, to try to get you to understand what the real deal is, what the things are that you have to, uh, you know, worry about. So some of the better examples that I've come across of this are in some of my favorite games. I've never mentioned this to you guys before, but my favorite game of all time has always been Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. For anyone who's ever played this game, you already know where I'm going with this. Hideo Kojima is a genius. That guy, it's crazy that Konami got rid of him because that guy really uh, put stuff into games that I've never seen anywhere before. As far as just the context of the things that happen in the games. I'm going to let you guys hear this conversation that happens in Metal Gear Solid uh, 2. This is a point in towards the end of the game. Spoilers, but if you're not going to play it, don't worry about it too much. But this is a point towards the end of the game where it's revealed uh, who the people are that the main character has been listening to in his headset that have been giving him the orders. Raiden, are you receiving? We're still here. How's that possible? The AI was destroyed. 
only GW. Who are you? To begin with, we're not what you'd call human. Over the past 200 years, a kind of consciousness formed layer by layer in the crucible of the White House. It's not unlike the way life started in the oceans four billion years ago. The White House was our primordial soup, a base of evolution. We are formless. We are the very discipline and morality that Americans invoke so often. How can anyone hope to eliminate us? As long as this nation exists, so will we. Cut the crap! If you're immortal, why would you take away individual freedoms and censor the net? <laughs> Jack, don't be silly. Don't you know that our plans have your interests, not ours, in mind? What? Jack, listen carefully, like a good boy. The mapping of the human genome was completed early this century. As a result, the evolutionary log of the human race lay open to us. We started with genetic engineering, and in the end, we succeeded in digitizing life itself. But there are things not covered by genetic information. What do you mean? Human memories, ideas, culture, history. Genes don't contain any record of human history. Is it something that should not be passed on? Should that information be left at the mercy of nature? We've always kept records of our lives. Through words, pictures, symbols, from tablets to books. But not all the information was inherited by later generations. A small percentage of the whole was selected and processed, then passed on. Not unlike genes, really. That's what history is, Jack. But in the current digitized world, trivial information is accumulating every second, preserved in all its triteness, never fading, always accessible. Rumors about petty issues, misinterpretation, slander. All this junk data, preserved in an unfiltered state, growing at an alarming rate. It will only slow down social progress, reduce the rate of evolution. Right. You seem to think that our plan is one of censorship. Are you telling me it's not? You're being silly. What we propose to do is not to control content, but to create context. Create context? The digital society furthers human flaws and selectively rewards development of convenient half-truths. Just look at the strange juxtapositions of morality around you. Billions spent on new weapons in order to humanely murder other humans. Rights of criminals are given more respect than the privacy of their victims. Although there are people suffering in poverty, huge donations are made to protect endangered species. Everyone grows up being told the same thing. Be nice to other people. But beat out the competition. You're special. Believe in yourself and you will succeed. But it's obvious from the start that only a few can succeed. You exercise your right to freedom, and this is the result. All rhetoric to avoid conflict and protect each other from hurt. The untested truths spun by different interests continue to churn and accumulate in the sandbox of political correctness and value systems. Everyone withdraws into their own small gated community afraid of a larger forum. They stay inside their little ponds, leaking whatever truth suits them into the growing cesspool of society at large. The different cardinal truths neither clash nor mesh. No one is invalidated, but nobody is right. Not even natural selection can take place here. The world is being engulfed in truth. And this is the way the world ends. 
Not with a bang, but a whimper. We're trying to stop that from happening. It's our responsibility as rulers. Just as in genetics, unnecessary information and memory must be filtered out to stimulate the evolution of the species. And you think you're qualified to decide what's necessary and not? Absolutely. Who else could wade through the sea of garbage you people produce, retrieve valuable truths, and even interpret their meaning for later generations? That's what it means to create context. I'll decide for myself what to believe and what to pass on. But is that even your own idea? Or something Snake told you? <sighs> That's the proof of your incompetence right there. You lack the qualifications to exercise free will. That's not true. I have the right. Does something like a self exist inside of you? That which you call self serves as nothing more than a mask to cover your own being. In this era of ready-made truths, self is just something used to preserve those positive emotions that you occasionally feel. Another possibility is that self is a concept you conveniently borrowed under the logic that would endow you with some sense of strength. That's crap! Is it? Would you prefer that someone else tell you? All right, then. Explain it to him. Jack, you're simply the best. And you got there all by yourself. Oh, what happened? Do you feel lost? Why not try a bit of soul-searching? Don't think you'll find anything, though. Ironic that although self is something that you yourself fashion, every time something goes wrong, you turn around and place the blame on something else. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. In denial, you simply resort to looking for another, more convenient truth in order to make yourself feel better. Leaving behind in an instant the so-called truth you once embraced. Should someone like that be able to decide what is truth? Should someone like you even have the right to decide? You've done nothing but abuse your freedom. You don't deserve to be free. We're not the ones smothering the world. You are. The individual is supposed to be weak, but far from powerless. A single person has the potential to ruin the world. And the age of digitized communication has given even more power to the individual. Too much power for an immature species. Building a legacy involves figuring out what is wanted and what needs to be done for that goal. All this you used to struggle with. Now we think for you. We are your guardians after all. You want to control human thought? Human behavior? Of course. Anything can be quantified nowadays. That's what this exercise was designed to prove. You fell in love with me just as you were meant to after all. Isn't that right, Jack? Ocelot was not told the whole truth, to say the least. We rule an entire nation. Of what interest would a single soldier, no matter how able, be to us? The S3 plan does not stand for solid snake simulation. What it does stand for is selection for societal sanity. The S3 is a system for controlling human will and consciousness. S3 is not you, a soldier trained in the image of Solid Snake. It is a method, a protocol that created a circumstance that made you what you are. So you see, we're the S3, not you. 
What you experienced was the final test of its effectiveness. That's crazy. You heard what President Johnson said. The Arsenal's GW system is the key to their supremacy. The objective of this exercise was to establish such a method. We used Shadow Moses. So yeah, you can see there. Keep this in mind. One of the most important things about me showing you guys that cutscene, for those of you who haven't seen it, is that it makes sense now when you're looking at the way the world is. This was done like back in the early 2000s. That Social media didn't have the power to do the things that are being described in here yet. We were really far from that. I don't even think there were smartphones yet. Were there smartphones in the early 2000s? No, right? Yes. I think what they came it? in 2005 or 2004. And I'm, I'm talking like... This no, was like... There, were, there were Blackberries and stuff. They were considered uh, personal PDAs more than they were smartphones. Well, they were Palm Pilots, possibly. But they yeah. weren't like like to the extent of stuff that we have now. But if you look at how much truth is peppered into that, it's what really makes it crazy, you know? Exactly. And... uh a lot of that is what we were talking about here as far as the uh, NWO, the Illuminati, the freaking lizards, call them what you will. But um, a lot of that sort of ties into what we're saying about the way society controls people and uh, just the way information is used for people to believe that they have their rights and that they're taking their stances, but they're not even really their own. And again, if you haven't played it, you, you owe it to yourself as a gamer, I think, to play uh, Metal Gear Solid. Easily my favorite game of all time due to the writing. Um, I believe it's on Game Pass. It is actually recently on Game Pass. Um, I think I've played through that one so much that there are points where I've gone through the entire thing without losing a life. And it's a stealth game. Like, I've literally just ran that game into the ground for past generations. But it's always my favorite, not just because of that, but there's a lot of cool stuff. I know at the time of its launch, people were angry because they were an unknown character named Raiden, and they all expected to be Snake. But for me, I actually thought that the origin of that character and what he went through and that whole thing happening to him and uh, what it led to in future installments was completely worth the payoff. It's actually one of my favorite characters. And I know I'm in a minority with Raiden. Most people are like, oh, fuck Raiden, we're in Snake. But it's like, no, that character's really cool. If you think about how he started, because in that game, he has amnesia. That's why he comes off a little bit soft. Like, he doesn't realize what a killer he is. You know, he thinks that he's just some training, like some guy that went through a few virtual training missions. This guy is, like, high level. And uh, it's cool watching him go on that journey to become that character. Aside from the, the the eerie messages that Kojima tends to put into his games, which is the reason why everybody's going nuts for this Death Stranding game that's coming out, uh, even though they don't really know anything about it because that's the way his mind is. Like, it always has these crazy concepts that uh, can go on forever. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, like I said before, Dustin, hopefully my, my uh, segment doesn't outdo yours this year as well. I literally just, you know, I just tossed it together on, I swear to God, like there's no, no planning whatsoever. I didn't plan a single thing. I didn't have anything on a program or any links prepared or nothing. Like I said, this has been a busy year for me. Normally I, throughout the year, add slowly to our Halloween episode. Uh, this one I didn't. So I, like I said, I just tossed together just from thoughts of mind of things that go through my head about stuff that I've been aware of. That is what I think but, is, is there. If that stuff does bother you, the NWO, world order that there there is a guy that's out there that's really got a really good idea to escape all of this and his name is andrew ryan and if you follow him oh god are you is that are you did you really did you just bioshock me i was wondering where i was trying to remember where the name was coming from I was trying to remember the fucking name and I couldn't do it. Just, yeah, that's what happened. called Rapture. Yeah, that's what happened to Destin. They told him, would you kindly buy WWE 2K20 on both consoles? 
Jesus Christ. They, they would you kindly them. Where did you buy that? Oh, Rapture. Uh, that's what they're called, Rick. Uh, the Georgia Guidestones. I can't believe you were still looking it up. No, I wasn't. I just It just came to me in my head. So I was like, oh, by the way, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I know people are pissed. It's like, hey, listen, this was a Halloween episode. We're going to eat a lot of time on things that are non-wrestling related. If, it ha- if we had it up to some of our regulars in here, they wouldn't have even been wrestling. <laughs> I had to fight for wrestling in the chat room today. During Raw, everybody was on a, hey, let's just not do any wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> everybody just assumed there were going to be shit, and they were wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, doing these aren't easy. I, I couldn't do possibly do several hours of uh, of just the Halloween. That would drive me nuts. I could. I, I'd love to. <laughs> you can do your own Halloween show. How about that? All year long, right? I love conspiracy theories, even if I think they're ridiculous. They think you're ridiculous. That'd be good. Well, I mean, even if I found one ridiculous, sure. I, I I love the the fact that the that there's that much thought put into some of them. If you did do a show like that, we we could call it Journey into the Mist. Oh, yeah, that you better be careful. Stepped into you, the you, mist. You, you better be careful who walks into a chat room to see the episode Journey into the Mist. Right. Somebody gonna get suggestions <laughs> like, "Oh, it's that kind of party." All right, let's go. Right. <laughs> Magical wow wow. Next thing you know, the fucking health inspector walks in the room. Everybody move out the way now. <laughs> you put his you goggles on. You bet not cry. He put his goggles on, right? Mm-hmm. See, I've been watching you. You ain't watched my own ears or nothing. Ah, that seems so rapey. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, so getting, getting back to the getting back to the wrestling side of things over here. This. ACH, aka Jordan Miles. <laughs> oh my God, help me! You, how much have you guys heard about this? All I've heard is that there's heat over his new shirt. You squires, you hear about this shirt? I I've heard he's got heat. I haven't seen the shirt. <sighs> Let me see what I can do here. I guess I'm gonna have to put the shirt on screen. It's not like we made it, right? we got to start with a visual of the shirt just so that we can see and i want everyone's honest opinion you know i know we don't uh get offended very easily in here but i want to know if anyone has a right to be offended here and i'm not going to bring up the text of this until after the context of it rather until after you take a look let's tell me what you think of when you see his shirt it's meant to be his smile because he's always smiling anybody else (laughs) <laughs> anything wrong with that <laughs> oh, oh boy I, I don't know <laughs> hello mammy oh. <laughs> wow yeah so, uh, I mean, or he's in the mouth you know I don't know okay so apparently for anyone who doesn't know Jordan Miles is a black guy right so the idea for this shirt, apparently, was supposed to resemble him smiling with the Jordan <laughs> Miles, the with the Jordan Miles being his teeth and the red around it being his smiling mouth and the black being his face. I'm just describing oh. it, right? So apparently, oh. was that a good oh or oh? oh? <laughs> no, that was an oh. <laughs> that was a oh, I'm going to go buy it. No, so, that was so, an oh, no. 
Oh, no. Yeah. But see, the thing is, now I got to ask you guys, before you go into more details of this story, is it just them? Because I didn't catch that at first. Like, is it is it as now that you see it, is it as racist as, as it's being treated? Fuck no. I, I, I don't think so. But I think the fact that someone got offended and made a big deal out of it, it's become something that's probably not yeah, as right. many things yeah. on the Internet do. Yeah, somebody who once again was just looking for something to bitch about. There's nothing wrong with this. Here, here's the problem, though. The person who bitched and made the biggest outrage is ACH, Jordan Miles. He's the one. He went. Dude, I've never seen somebody go off on WWE the way that he has if you haven't been following his social media i don't even i'm so curious as to what they're going to do to him with the stuff that he has popped off and said no one has had the balls no one has had the balls that this guy has had on social you would think he's not working for them with the shit that he has said it's crazy again this is just my opinion but uh he basically showed the shirt look at this they'll regret making this and then he has and it's he, not like they went and stuck eyes and a nose on it. But anyway, so then he has the hashtag for the culture. Now, listen, to be clear here, it's this is a little challenging for me because I've spoken on here on this about this for years. But I, in a sense, know Jordan Miles. He's a friend on my Xbox Live games list. So I've, I've actually spoken to him before he went to PS4. I used to speak to him about the pay-per-views he was on. And he's a pretty cool guy. I actually, I, I say, and I know the guy because I know him online. So, I mean... uh you know, no disrespect to him because he was it, it, one of the coolest things about him for me was that having met him, it was like meeting anybody else. It was it was always cool. And uh, he's into a lot of the same kind of stuff that we are. He's a big guy with anime and, uh, you know, RPGs and just the kind of stuff that we like. So easy person to talk to and get along with. It wouldn't be like if you met Sid, where you might be a Sid fan, but what the hell could you hold a conversation with Sid about? Like what, you know, no disrespect to Sid, Uh-oh. but it would be, it'd be different from like, you know, there's certain wrestlers that even if you think in your head, you'd like to meet them when you meet them, it wouldn't be something you'd be able to sit around an hour over coffee with this guy, you know, where it's like, there's a little bit difference in, in what they have in common. I, I'm a big triple H fan. He's not going to want to hear about any of the, he doesn't give a fuck about comic books or anime or gaming or any of that stuff, you know? He's going to want to talk about bodybuilding and protein and, and daughters, you know, all things that I, that I really don't have in common. But, you know, Jordan Miles, ACH, uh, he was a lot like, uh, Woods, Austin Creed and those guys where when you hear him talk or if you've ever interacted with him, you know, it's just a really cool guy. You know, you could just tell that he's like us, you know, and I like meeting people who are like us. Um, but that being said, this thing, this is kind of shocks me. Just, uh, first of all, this hashtag for the culture, he did successfully get this trending. Like now this has become one of those things like hashtag me too, where people are now all doing the hashtag for the culture because of the uprising against this fucking shirt, which again, it could be racist, but at the time I didn't catch that smiling face thing. I can't not see it now that I've heard about it. But when I first saw it, I didn't realize what it was. You know, so uh he kept going after this. He went on to say stuff like, I will keep posting this till my voice is heard. I'm not sorry for anything I will say or do. Representation is important. If this is Vince McMahon, and he tags them. If this is Vince McMahon and Triple H's vision of me, then this is a slap in the face to every African-American performer, fan and supporter. So uh they basically wind up pulling the shirt after this happens part of my concern though and i'll get those tweets up later i don't know what the hell's wrong with the bot but um part of my concern though is just the fact that he didn't uh 
go to them. You know, I've told you guys about this in the past. My opinion is that whenever you have an issue with anyone, not just professionally, but even personally, the, the last thing you should do is just publicly call them out on social media. You know what I mean? It's just like I kind of feel like there are better ways to handle any issues that you have if your intention is to maintain a good rapport with the person you're interacting with. Why would you possibly, unless your intention is to sever ties or create more tension, why would you possibly, and this is just my opinion, deal with anyone who you have issues with on social media? Not only for your own self-respect and their self-respect, but because would you really just give the internet masses the satisfaction of you making a fool out of yourself? You know, am I wrong in this in, in this way of thinking? Not at all. You know, it's just. I, I just, I just think you know it probably wouldn't have been that bad if he didn't say anything. I mean, it's still if he was offended by it, I just think it could have been handled less publicly. Again, that's just my opinion. I never, I'm never the oh, kind yeah. of guy. I, I've never been the kind of person that any grievance I have, I'm just gonna throw out there into the internet like that. Like if someone did something that genuinely offended me, then I'm gonna let that person know privately that I didn't appreciate, and we'll have whatever that conflict is. Not just me go on Twitter and be like, I can't believe that they did this. Look at this. And here's a, here's a screenshot of our conversation of them. It's like really like that kind of, there are probably ways for you to drive your point home and come out as the, the right person without having to just bring it online. And that being said, taking it back to Jordan Miles, if he wants to work with this company long term, they're probably looking at it that exact same way. Like, why didn't he come to us under more private circumstances? What the hell made him come out and, uh, and do this, you know? And they did a fixed version of the shirt. Let me get the fixed version up here for you guys. God. This one has Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z and the no, I'm kidding. This one. <laughs> it was the first when I saw that shirt, it was the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> I'm so gonna go is, on and Twitter and be offended, damn it. So this is the this is the oh, fixed God. one. This is the this is the fixed one. God, You're gonna bitch because that one's black too. That's exactly what that is, Stasis. That is Space Jam font, which which is also yep. which is also black inspired. He should be outraged. Right? More heat. They just if you don't tweet them, you're a hypocrite. No, I'm kidding. So yeah. Yeah, because you know, if it's sports, it's gotta be Space Jam. So here's the fact it's all black people. Here's the thing. So he started this for the culture hashtag. Wow. I know, right? And it's trending. Like it's doing be- it with them now. But it's become a thing now. You know what I mean? Where he, uh, where it's trending. His his whole his whole taking a stance. It's working. I want you guys to look at this ringside. Put this up here. Get that to load wow. in a minute. That's the shirt. You know, that's the new tiny toony shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little loony. But they didn't have the the static shot font or what? Uh, they didn't have the proud family either. I don't know what happened, man. Babies, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the point I was looking, listen back to the audio. But the point I was making was: Do you guys think that uh that he should have uh gone out publicly like that? Hell no. That's going to come back to bite him. Yeah, I think I so. Mean, I feel like he was looking. I, I mean, I don't I don't know much about the guy personally because, you know, I mean, I haven't paid much attention to wrestling in a long time. 
but I feel like the just coming out like this is like he it almost is like he was looking for something so mm-hmm. that he could promote himself with for the culture. Well, yeah. The thing is, is when's the last time outside of that title match with Adam Cole? When's the last time we saw him? It, that, that that's kind of like my point is yeah. you know some of these hashtags and whatnot that people are putting out for stuff like this. It's just pay attention to me. Yeah, but uh, like I said, that's not going to help his standing with WWE. That's the part that worries me the most. Yeah, know? that's the standing that matters. That's some hashtag you could come up with. Yeah. Because let's be real, not everybody who follows that hashtag or promotes that hashtag, let's be real, not, not all of them have any aspiration in life or anything worth doing. He, he's got them in a corner, though. Because what did they what did they do? What did they release him? Oh, they really released me because they gave me a racist shirt. You know, <laughs> that's what it'll say. I, I would be tempted to make that the name of the episode. Hashtag they gave me a racist shirt. <laughs> oh my god! All oh, the clicks. And what you gotta right do? Now, gotta, and, and, and what you gotta do? I'll write it down. If I promise, if I'm promised that the artwork for that is gonna be Squire's picture. <laughs> <laughs> if that one gets picked, that's the artwork. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, he's kind of painted them in a corner, and he's painted himself in a corner. So yeah. now it's just a standoff. So what? You know what they're gonna do? They're just not gonna do anything with him. You yeah. think that's what's gonna happen? Oh yeah, you just let his contract run out, and he I mean, becomes ob- obscure, and then that's it. And then he winds up not accomplishing anything, just getting himself released and sat out the bench. Yep. Like in reality, he can't paint them in a corner because in case he forgot, in case he forgot, they're the ones who decide when he's in front of that camera, not him. You can have your hashtag all all you want. Your hashtag's not going to get you on TV. I'm trying to get this page to load so you guys can see because what he basically did, they just they just have so much junk on their pages that it's impossible to load. He basically made his picture black and white as a way to represent this movement. And he got so many people on Twitter right now to turn their pages black and white. Cedric Alexander did it. Um, just several people have turned their shit black and white for this. You know, but like I said, it's just crazy when you think about the amount of people that he's gotten to do that. You know, and why? Like, what's the reason for it? You know? Oh, because you just so happen to smile every time I've seen you on TV? But it's just kind of like, I mean, I guess he can go to AEW. Maybe that's why he doesn't give a shit, you know? Yeah, he has another place to go. You know, he's like, whatever. So what AEW has to do, they have to make the same shirt, but have it frowning down and set it up. All right, so let's try to scroll this a little bit so you guys can see what I'm talking about here. Let's bear with me while I get. Because, yeah, I remember on this page, they had, like, a bunch of that's these. A, that's, a good, that's a good point. What if he was in AEW and they made that shirt for him? Do you think he would claim? Would think he would cry? That's or a good question. Because it's WWE. I bet Cody would say that if it was AEW, they wouldn't. They wouldn't make that shirt. That would be their answer. They would, this would have never happened here. Because right. We're, because we're not racist. That's what they would say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just way to throw WWE under the bus. I mean, come on. Let's let's be real. He wasn't going to get it pushed anyways. I mean, they were doing something with him, weren't they? Wasn't he in the middle of his his own program? He yeah, had that still. one match with Cole, and we haven't seen him since. 
That's crazy. Yeah, he he literally has not been on NXT since that match, at least not on TV. Yeah, because he did this. Even before this happened, he just literally hadn't been seen. This is actually the first time I've heard about him since. Really? Hmm. So, yeah, he showed that he now... Now he shows how he will be on NXT, NXT TV. And if he is, he's going to be releasing the freaking, he's going to be losing like Mansoor or some shit every week. Yeah, well, that wasn't very smart what he did, you know. Uh, like, At least in well, my opinion. Maybe, it's just funny maybe, how, maybe like, this is more important to him. You know, I can't judge the guy's body. Maybe this is more important to him than working for WWE. He's not offended by the smiling miles. Who knows? But I, honest to God, wouldn't have seen that if I, if it wasn't for Raw them pointing it out so that's why i asked you guys what do you see like if you saw a smiling black guy coming out of a shirt yeah literally the only connection i made which is the only connection you're making when you're actually thinking with logic is just the fact that every time he's been on nxtv he has had the biggest freaking alice in wonderland smile you can imagine so i'm like hey he's always smiling put the smiling face on the shirt yeah that's the only connection i made was And and, and keep in mind people this is the black guy saying this all right yeah the only connection i made was you know that miles smiles you know that's, that's you all i saw out of it <laughs> so in this logic no, i didn't that's that's the sad part that's the connection i made is a rolling stone shirt racist no i'd like to say no okay i'll take no for 500 <laughs> but it's got a mouth on it yeah but it's a white mouth all I'm saying is I'm How do you know? The lips are red. <laughs> that's the, I'm just saying that I'm, that's not my opinion. I'm just saying that's probably the logic. You know, playing devil's advocate here. You know, that's probably the logic. It's red lips. You don't know. What, what's it come to when the color of a shirt automatically makes it racist? I'm going to go wear a white shirt tomorrow and just see what happens. Uh-oh. When, when I, I, I actually, the polo I'm going to wear to work tomorrow is going to be white. I'm going to see how that one turns out. Maybe I'll get Twitter heat. No more Twizzlers logos. <laughs> Those were wrong. Oh, I was gonna say that. Dang it! <laughs> I know you was. Why? Some of us kind of guy he beat you to it. Really? Where's that? Where you were going? Get out of here! Yeah. Make my mouth happy. Remember that shit? Oh my god! Juicy. <laughs> you know, it almost felt a little provocative. Those Twitter mouths, right? Right. Like, you know, like, you know who started the big lip thing? That the controversy is uh, Mother Brain. From Captain and the Game Master? Hell no. What are you talking about? You guys remember that shit? Oh, dear <laughs> Lord in heaven. That was amazing. Barely. Dude. Now that was racist. It's oh, okay, yeah. Squire. You gotta pass. Oh, my gosh. I you couldn't get that, it, Captain it, Ian. Wait, how do you, you even remember that? Because it's oh, fucking wow. Squire. That's why. His name's Captain N. Dude. Wow. Well, yeah, I think when it comes down to it, it rolls on. Wasn't racist. Call me tits. You just smile. Yeah. I mean, yes and no, man. Because, you know, if the guy's offended, you know, you can't really uh, hold it against. I just think it's not a matter of if it was racist to me. It's a matter of the way that he handled it. Yeah. Either way, it should have been like, hey, approach whoever made the shirt. Let them know how you feel about it. Maybe they'll be able to break down what the inspiration was. And then maybe you'll be like, oh, I guess I was wrong. No, you go shooting off at the mouth on Twitter. Now you're going to be jobbing a man's sewer in no time. Like, uh. I'd be like, see if anyone else gets offended by it first. You know, if your fans come out and start saying they have a problem with it, then, you know, 
maybe you got something, but you but, just throwing it out there. But that's the thing. All his fans and everyone else, even all the wrestlers, they did, they're now doing this black and white movement on their Twitter. Now they are, but before they weren't. Before yeah, they didn't he, even he, notice. He, he I bet you gone. they didn't say a thing until he said something. He should have been he going to management. He should have gone to management long before the fans. Don't let the fans try to decide that shit for you because they'll just jump on it. A lot of people like to jump on any kind of bandwagon just for some clout and drama. You got to go to who made that shit before anything else. So Shad Gasper commented. He said, if you don't understand the outrage, educate yourself because your ignorance is part of the problem. And then he tags ACH and says, we stand with you, bro. So like I said, this became a thing literally overnight. Who? Who? Shad Gaspard. Oh, you mean the two guys that stole merchandise and sold them as segments on on Raw? <laughs> so, uh, WWE <laughs> finally releases a statement. <laughs> I love seeing the like, I'm just going to move past that. I, I love seeing yeah. the same way out of that one. Yeah, there's too much going on already as it is. We're, <laughs> we're, we're doing a fucking... We're doing a fucking blackface story here as it is. You know what I mean? Enough, <laughs> enough is already going on here, you know? Blackface you gotta, story, right? You guys gotta fucking chill yourself. I just got bit, confused if it was know? the same guy. So WWE finally releases a statement in regards to what's going on. And they say Albert Hardy Jr., a.k.a. Jordan Miles, approved this t-shirt for sale. As always, we work collaboratively with all of our performers to develop logos and merchandise designs and get their input and approval before proceeding. This was the same process with Albert, and we responded swiftly once he later requested that the logo t-shirt be redesigned. No t-shirts were sold. So the t-shirt was never sold, and WWE released a public statement. And then he goes and he counters that public statement. Because he goes on to say about how when he originally saw the design, he was uncomfortable. But rather than addressing the issue, he decided to counter offer with another. And then he said that he calls this one guy. He says, Baker Landon lied to my face. He said Triple H wanted this design. So my hands were tied. I spoke with Triple H in person and his impression was that I approved. Don't believe me? Email him and ask yourself. And then he put GFYS Baker, which basically means go fuck yourself, Baker. So uh, some dude named Baker, I guess, that works for WWE basically told him hey look this is what this is what hunter wants when he according to uh ach's recollection of this and uh i'm gonna actually bring this tweet up here so that you guys can see give it a minute to load itself i don't know i don't want to log into twitter i'll get hacked on here well you wonder if somebody's thread bitching about nothing yeah right now ask yourself now ask yourself which one's worse i'd rather get hacked what then, then have a then have a blackface T-shirt made of you? No, no, shush. I mean, okay, I say, hey, hey, we out here, all right. As long as I get ten percent, right? <laughs> it says we are not authorized to see this status. So either he deleted it, or you have to be logged in because I definitely have seen it before, and it is literally a screenshot of the guy's email where he's basically saying, "Hey, listen, man, my hands are tied. This is what Hunter wants." You know, so, I mean, he did throw that guy under the bus, assuming that's what that guy did. You know, so maybe there's just a problem with one racist dude in WWE. Oh, my God. You think that guy will get in trouble? I mean, I hate this story, to be honest. It's just that this seems to be the biggest thing. When I looked on the news, I was like, damn you, people. Right. You know. I heard about this only briefly just because I looked at the shirt and I was like, oh, fuck sakes. 
And look, this, he deleted it's, it's this. It's one of those things where most people just, they, it comes across their notification feed. They go, eh, okay, and move on. And look at this. He deleted this, but not before Ringside News captured it. WWE doesn't care about black people. Look at this. It's going to be Okay, Kanye. He, damn it, you beat me to it. He. he <laughs> Once he said WWE doesn't care, it was already in the chamber. WWE doesn't care about black people. What the hell, dude? What is going on? And Beyonce should have won it. From that was yeah, right. I'm gonna let you finish. But AEW is the greatest company of all time. And then he he wasn't done tweeting after that, just in case. AC Punk. So then he said, but he's still working for us. And he said, the whole WWE system is a fraud in caps. <laughs> and he said, they created the system where you can't trust anyone. You grow cold and you grow apart from what you love the most. They must be part of the, uh, that whole Metal Gear thing, you know, but, uh, and then he said, the fact that Hulk Hogan is still employed after giving the locker room an apology for being caught says enough. Hashtag for the culture. Don't you start that shit, AC. Well, <laughs> so it's safe to say that he's working for a company that he has heat for. He has heat with rather because they can't be happy about this. I mean, WWE with all their investors, they're publicly traded now, and they have this guy who, like, like Squire said, their hands are kind of tied. They must be thinking, "Fuck, we got this angry black guy with this smiling black shirt. What the fuck do we do? How do we? <laughs> like, we we're, we're screwed. We can't fire him. We can't silence him. We it would look bad if he deletes the tweets now because then it'll look like we ordered him to delete the tweets. What the fuck do we do? Yeah, you know? say you're gonna get Leo Rush heat that will never go away. So, um, yeah, we're, we're hearing that, you know, we're hearing that he's going to have some sort of heat. So I'm, I'm like, that's a big stand to have not been here all that long, been on TV, not even 10 times. Like you, you kind of reaching, bro. You kind of reaching. Yeah. We're hearing that there's, it's very unlikely that he's ever going to go anywhere with this company from inside sources. Yeah. Have fun on superstars. He'll be on shot. He'll be on Saturday morning. Slam and best. He's quoted saying, does it matter if the shirt was replaced? The fact that they even made the first one overshadows anything to, to we get what we deserve. Oh my God. Kofi King is a WWE champion. Fuck off, right? Jesus Christ. Like, uh, it's never enough for some people. Like, uh, yeah, it says here that there was an anonymous source in WWE that basically said that, uh, was it a genuine mistake? Yes. Will they apologize? Maybe. Will he ever succeed in the company after today? No. So, you know, I think that's a pretty good perception of what's going to happen to this guy. Like he shot that. himself in the foot for something that's not going to go anywhere. Hate to be that guy, but guess what, kids? It's not going anywhere. It's going to go the same place it goes, which is Twitter, and then that's it. Yeah. I mean, so um, then just before we continue, so then after that, he wasn't finished yet. You think that this guy's finished? No, because then he basically decided he's to not randomly. With you. He just decided that there wasn't enough heat. You know what I mean? As far as his career goes. So then he goes, fuck Ring of Honor too. They only allowed one African American to be the quote unquote top guy while guys like Cedric Alexander, TD and Malcolm Bevins and myself had to chase this visible carrot stick. And then he said, name another African American who reached great heights there other than this Uncle Tom. Which he's talking about <laughs> Jay Lethal. I guess he's saying Jay Lethal's an Uncle Tom and he's saying the Ring of Honor is all racist. Oh, that's so, amazing. 
Oh, my God. Oh, he's an Uncle Tom because he actually got to the top. Is that how that works? Oh, my for Lord. For him to blow up like that, he's just looking for an excuse to be controversial. Yeah. So then Brad Shepard is reporting that Vince, Triple H, and a bunch of other people today, before Raw, were planning to have a closed-door meeting to talk about everything that's happening with this guy and this smiling fucking shirt. So who knows what happened? You know, who knows these guys, when you get the, the top execs, the McMahons basically had to all sit in a room and say, so what are we going to do about this? Right, because, you know, if they fire in. him, if they fire him, he's going to just get more shit about it. Mm-hmm. At this point, if they blink, he's going to give shit. So, I mean, if they fire him. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you got to do it right. No, you gotta put your nuts in there. That sounded more like a <laughs> Squires is sounding more like a fucking kazoo. Now ACH is gonna be no fucking you know, sundress and house slippers just swaying around the house fucking singing singing Negro spirituals and shit. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> no, no. If he goes Medea's level, I'm done. Alright. Yeah, so shit, that man. shirt. I don't know what to say. I really don't like, you know. WWE doesn't care about black people. <laughs> and that's going to be a drop now. <laughs> Every time a black guy loses a title. You know what? You know, you know it'd be great. Oh, did he die? Dude, what if he came out with Clarence Mason? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Go to bed right now. Wouldn't it be great if this was an angle? Like if they had the ball for this to be an that's angle? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It comes <laughs> like said, oh, and then that's how the nation got started. Yeah, this will be the new nation of domination. Ooh. They'll put him, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Leo Rush, um, yep. Keith Lee, and, um, and Kofi. And, 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 see, and see what, and see what they're gonna do. What they're gonna do? They're gonna change their whole backstory. They're gonna be called the AC Haitians. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> this whole thing was just a big elaborate. So we're so wow. desperate to beat AEW in the ratings that we decided to make a racist storyline. We even hired Al Sharpton to be his manager. Oh god! See, that, that's a killer blow. When you get Al Sharpton, and it's a wrap. Now he's a, now he's the most over baby face in all of WWE, and him and Al Sharpton are coming down the ramp. They have a second manager, Johnny Cochran. Yeah, I can't wait for the heel turn. <laughs> you know, I want to see a heel R Sharpton with, with with ACH. Oh, Jesus Christ. Interference from fucking Johnny Cochran is going to be great. Yeah. All right, well, we got to move on here. So we're going to give you guys an update on the Jimmy Uso situation here because uh, apparently they released some footage. Um, TMZ released some footage showing us exactly what went down in regards to how they found him swerving on the side of the road and stuff like that. So when you guys to check this out here, I guess there's no audio to this footage. It's just him swerving. Yeah, it looks like a dash cam, so there's probably no audio. I wish I would have known that. I would have put some sort of freaking Fast and Furious style shit for this. <laughs> I can't really tell too much if there's a lot of swerving going on just because they're so far it's, away. It, it's nose. It's, it's in lane swerving. It I is. I guess you're right. He's like He's definitely coloring outside of the lines here. Hey, well, now he is when he pulled over, but it was before it was in lane swerving, which is. Yeah, the, the, the old insurance. You got a new one? Uh, do you have the registration with you? Uh, 
drop some there. Okay. Anybody here to talk to me for a quick second? Yeah. Right. Where are you coming from tonight? Just out. Out, okay. Problem. I got you, okay. You can come back here and talk to me real quick. Are you out here? No, b back over here. Are you stealing my line? Yeah, back over here. Back, for a quick second. <laughs> are you want me to come out? Yeah. You want me to come out? Well, that's you what, didn't say that's it. Out here means, man. He's like, you want me to come out? Yeah, correct. Is there another kind of out? Yep, there you go. <laughs> Through the door. He's throwing that in there. Yeah, on the pavement. Can't climb out the window. Uh, I really pulled you over a couple things. One was the yeah. speed. Uh, yeah. Careful, walk over here. There you go. Uh, speed was one. Was that 46 and a, or I'm sorry, 86 and a 45. Yeah, sorry. Is there a reason for that? No. Uh, is there 90 miles yeah, an hour down the road? In the residential area? Yeah, stupid. Okay, I got you. Uh, that, and then we're going down the road all over the road. I, and uh, drive over the other lane and then back over on the shoulder and back over. Is there any reason for that? Stupid. Okay. Do you, uh, do you take any type of medication? No. Stupid. No, no prescriptions, stupid. nothing like that? No, uh, no prescribed, not prescribed, anything like that? Okay. How much you got a drink tonight, do you think? A little bit. How much is a little bit? Uh, glass of wine. Glass of wine? Enough to make him okay. stupid. Okay. How long ago was that, do you think? Uh, probably like uh, two hours ago. Okay, gotcha. You say you're heading home now? Yeah. Okay. Who's the vehicle registered to? Mine's. Yours? Okay. Yes, sir. Gotcha. All right. Um, Lance, you think you're safe to drive tonight? Yeah. That? Okay. Um, would you mind doing some spray tests to make sure I to drive? Mm -hmm. You mind doing that for me? Of course. Okay. Just want to step up here real quick. Just take a handy pipe for me. Just step right up on up here. All right. Right up here in front of my car. Okay, go ahead. Right, yeah, right up there in front of my car. Okay. Let's get patch on make sure you have nothing on oh. you, all right? Yes, Who's that feet right there for one second, okay? Can you tell me am I being detained or if I am I'll let it call my lawyer if not? No, I'm, we're just going over there to do the Phillips Rice stuff. I just, instead of you walking me driving, I was gonna put you back in the car, we're gonna drive in this park lot right there and you can get back out of the car. It's fine. I just if, if I can have my lawyer present, man, I d I don't know what's going on. Okay, the reason we're doing it is I'm just conducting a DUI investigation, okay? Good. You said you didn't have any problem doing the field spray test, we're going to do that. If if you get to drive, then you'll get out of here. Okay. If not, we'll go from there. I live like five minutes from <laughs> down the street. Okay. All right, well, I mean, are you want to do the field sobriety tasks? Yeah, I just, I just want my lawyer present, brother. I, I, mean, I don't know what's going on. Like, not something that's an option right now. If I'm being detained. Okay, well, I, mean, I did conduct a traffic stop, so yes, you are. Okay. So when, when a traffic stop is conducted, mm -hmm. everyone in the vehicle, even if you had passenger in the vehicle, True. the vehicle and everyone in the vehicle is detained, yes. Okay. So, like, so, I'm, so I'm being detained? Yes. So I need That's why blue lights present. are on. Okay. So are, you, are, you, are you willing to do the field sobriety tasks? I mean, lawyer present is not an option right now. Are you are you willing to do the field sobriety tasks? Uh, does that let me go home? Or, I'm sorry, officer. Okay. So the reason I asked for field sobriety tests is yeah. to dispel my suspicion that you're operating a vehicle under the influence of alcohol or controlled gotcha. substances okay. to the point normal faculties are impaired. Gotcha. Basically what that means is I'm trying to determine if you're safe to operate a motor vehicle or not. That's the purpose of doing the field sobriety tests, okay? Yes. If we do the test and, and you don't show signs of impairment, then you're back in your car and you're on your way. Okay. If I do observe signs of impairment, I believe that you're unsafe to operate a motor vehicle, then you'll be placed under arrest. Okay. So that's why we asked for the field sobriety test in order to dispel that suspicion, okay? Okay. So. Uh, prior to that, I would leave my my lawyer here, right? Like I said, that, that's, uh, a lawyer present is not an option right now. So, so you're telling me that's not an option? Yes. My lawyer here is not an not option? Until Correct. You're if you're conducting the investigation officer, I need my lawyer present. Okay, so do you want to do field sobriety test or no? I just need a yes or no from you. I'm trying to ask you, officer. Can, can I? Officer, okay. 
I keep telling you, no, you cannot have a lawyer present right now. Okay. That's what I'm saying. No. I can't have a lawyer present, no. what you're saying? Yes. Do you mind if I pull my, my phone out and ask you, Officer Meeks? No, you're not calling a lawyer. I'm, I'm asking you, do you want to do field sobriety tests or not? I'm, I just want to make sure that you're Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to keep going in circles with you, okay? I just want to make sure. Do you want to? All right. Officer Meeks. Am I under arrest? Yes. What's going What am I under arrest for? Officer. Officer Meeks, what am I under arrest for, Officer Meeks? Do you want? I'm asking you, Officer. I didn't do anything, Officer. I'm asking you. No, you don't have a seat. You're under arrest for DUI. You don't have a seat. We, you said we was going to talk. Okay, well, but you're not talking. You're going over and over in circles, and then you're going to pull your phone out and try and record and go over the same questions. So have a seat. You're under arrest for DUI. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. I feel uncomfortable. Okay, that's fine. You can feel uncomfortable. Have a seat. Officer, have a seat in the car. Can I talk to Officer Green? No, have a seat. Put your feet in. Sir, I don't understand why. Put your feet in the car. I don't understand why you're... Why you? Put your feet in the car. I feel comfortable talking to Officer Green, sir. I don't... It doesn't matter who you're comfortable talking with. You're under arrest. You're under arrest. Have a seat. What do I do? Have a seat. Dude, you were going 80 in a 45. That alone. <laughs> you don't even need to be drunk at that point. Just going 80 in a 45 can get you arrested. What the hell is that uh, the Squires was playing? Was that you to play the drop in the background, Squires? <laughs> I was playing Big Boss Man's theme. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love how after the twelfth time he was just like, I can't have my lawyer. Can't have my lawyer. And, and, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm about to have a real moment right now. Why does your brothers always feel like if you call him by their name, that's supposed to make a difference? I see that shit all the time, and I'm like, well, fuck it up. No, no you, it's not your friend. <laughs> He's not gonna be like, oh, he called me by my name. I'm gonna let him go. No, what a fool. I wonder he how many people. Which cop, he knows which cop I am now. Like, like, I wonder how many people realize if you work with them, they might help you out a little bit. Might have been like, okay, your wife in there? All right, let her drive. Something. Oh, no, she like, wasn't in there, and he was definitely going to jail. There was no, oh, there was shit, no huh? not going to jail in that scenario. I couldn't think oh, of yeah. any scenario. That was like a telltale game late when they were about to go out of business. So they were just watching <laughs> the choices. Like, no matter what you choose, it's the same ending because we didn't have time to do more than this. That's where he was. He was in the bad telltale game. No matter what dialogue choice that motherfucker would have went with, he was going to jail. I, I'd be amazed. You know how high, you know how fucking high his persuasion would need to be <laughs> for him to not be going to jail 99. in that scenario? The whole time he was talking, I was thinking in my head as fast as I could about what he could say that would make this okay, and I couldn't come up with shit. He would have had a better chance holding two fingers up and waving across his face and going, this isn't the Samoan you're looking for. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the best... The I best. the beginning of the call, he might have had a chance, but the second, the second, he turned he, around The best I could said, come up with, the, the best solution I can come up with for this, and I don't even know if it will work, but it's better than anything he tried. He should have just pretended to pass out and try to sleep it off. And by the time they breathalyze him, maybe he's more sober. <laughs> you 
You know? He would have had a better chance if he just waved his finger and go, ah, 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 ah. What if he did? I think he would have had a better chance if he had just pulled over and pretended to sleep. And so the officer would go, well, sorry to wake you, buddy. Well, you were sleep driving, apparently. He maybe would have better chance. He should have did what they did on Tommy Boy and just ran out and just screaming bees and just slapping his face. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Why but listen, are you these, speeding? Because you were following me. But listen, the, this uh, I'm starting to suspect that this Uso's not gonna get a push. I don't know about you guys, but it's not looking good for him. So uh, he's probably gonna wind up in the same rehab spot as Jeff Hardy, don't you think? Maybe you're gonna give him a shirt that says Abuzo. <laughs> he's gonna get a push. It's just not the kind that's gonna help him. And on the back, it's going to say, it's not paranoia, it's the Hannah C. Yo, I want to just point out earlier that Mark in the chat room said that, that uh, cops don't care about Samoan people. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I had to mute because I started laughing. Yeah, so, that, so that's basically what, what the excuse is here. Well, listen, I hope he cleans up his act. That was a bad display, Mr. Uso. You know, All stop. three of them need to get it together. Freaking both Uso and Jeff. Stop being drunk, you know. Go home, you're drunk. Write that down. Anyway. Uh, it's too easy. It's too, come on. You have enough money for an Uber. Yeah, right? Get an Uber Eats yep. so you can eat on the way back. <laughs> Is that how that works? Is an Uber Eats? I, like, I, don't, I don't think that's how You can works. eat while you go? No, I think that... <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> that would be fantastic if it was. I'd never be a world hungry. I swear to God. Bring you your delivery and take you to where you need to go. Uber Eats, I need to be. Here's your cheese pizza. All right, I need to go to Walmart now. (laughs) (laughs) It almost sounds better than what Uber Eats is. Can you imagine if that's what it was for people who are really busy? You know, you order whatever you want and you have it on the car on the way to where you're going. Wait, actually, no, I I got a better idea. Instead of go home, you're drunk, go home, you're Uso. I think we got our new business model. Yeah, Uber Uber Eats instead of Uber Eats. What would it be called though? Because that's already taken by their shittier version. Uber Snacks. Yeah, we'll see. We'll come Uber up. Treats. It can be. It can be Uber. Oh, um, uh, Grub and Go. To go. go. Grub and Go. <laughs> grub and Go. <laughs> there you go. Grub and Go. You get fast travel with food. Fast food. Oh wait. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what he needs. He needs Uber Eats and then Uber Goes. You know, just order food and then sober up and fucking hit the road, man. That sounds like a bad Taco Bell ad just waiting to happen. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Uber Eats and then Uber oh. Goes. No, that's not. No, no. It would be Uber Eats and Uber Diarrhea. There's a difference. Yeah, there's nothing Uber about Taco Bell. <laughs> the Uber runs. There you go. I swear, the, the one of the few times I went into a Taco Bell and I ordered something, I saw the manager lean over to the cashier that was ringing me out and whisper, Hail Hydra. I knew it all along. <laughs> I knew all along. Oh. I always suspected, but at that moment I realized, you see, that's how far the secret society shit goes, even Taco Bell. <laughs> Cake and a lie, so the taco. You know, they're Did everywhere. Did you get the Hydra Bell Grande? <laughs> Yeah, I needed some hydration. I needed some hydration afterwards. What I needed. It's fucking not even soft taco. It's soggy tacos. You know. Oh. All right. So, um, Squire showed me this. 
last oh, week, and now it's, and now it's news. So here it is. There was Adam Rose when we knew him in WWE, and uh, Adam Rose hanging out with Billy Graham. Yeah, there was a different version of Adam Rose there. I'm not quite sure what happened. I'm not gonna act like I know. I have no fucking idea. You know what it kind of looks like? More than Rick Steiner. It 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 kind. I can't believe I. It looks like they replaced him with someone entirely different. This is this is this generation's Ultimate Warrior. Remember when Ultimate Warrior thought that he died and they put another guy there? This is this generation's that. Like, is that the same guy? Oh, you. Wait, he's, the, he's the new renegade. He's his own renegade. He's a, he's his own renegade, and they need to oh get another person. God. It's just him again. What happened? Yo, all I can't believe I thought I can't believe I thought about this until just now. He looks like when uh right before Booth did his file transformation when he got like super swole. <laughs> he looks like at any moment he's gonna blow up the earth. Yeah, like what what happened to this guy? Jesus Christ. That's what happened with his chest day every day. You would have had leg day or arm day. It's just everything. Yeah, that's don't just really crazy. He could never don't be get the, any pins near him. He might pop. He could never be that character that he was before the party the party bus. Because, oh, God, I'd love to see it just once. <laughs> no, it doesn't work anymore. Because let's face it. What was that character really? It was, in, it was supposed to be like an imitation of Russell Brand, right? Yeah. You know, the way he was the flamboyantist, the way he carried himself. That literally was what they did. They looked at that and went, you know, we want you to be that guy. And he literally, if you watch it, that's who he's channeling. You know, and it was actually believable. Like, it was just a cheap version of that. But there's no way to be that character looking that way. I guess he never will again. But just look at that. It's like it's impossible for him to ever make hit that role again. He looks so fucking strange. He went from Adam Rhodes to a hedge. He looks... He looks- he looks like he killed three women at a truck stop right before that picture. You got a pretty male. <laughs> oh, shit. You ain't That's from around here, you boy. Oh, my God. He looks like a lumberjack. He looks like somebody cosplaying as old Bray Wyatt. That is a strange... I can't even... I'm, I'm trying to find... The reason I'm still on the show, I'm trying to find the, the Adam Rose in there. Right? You know, you know who he looks like right there? The son of Tugboat. No. <laughs> Little Tugboat. Maybe he could be he'd the be, new shark. He'd be a good, I was going to say, he'd be a good new Bluto for Popeye. Popeye remake. He could cosplay the Bluto. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Oh, God. That's Bluto. Missed just one. Missed one. Uh, yeah. Oh, Has it been? It hasn't been that many years since we've seen this man. Like, it's what the been fuck? It's been a long time, now? dude. It's. Ludo. Neil Kruger been gone a minute and someone got jacked. Look at those cheeks. He looks like he's related to freaking this dude from Hilltop or from Kingdom. Oh, God. Ezekiel's, Ezekiel's dude, looks like his nose got bigger. Jerry, he looks, like, he looks who's, like... Who's he look like? The, the, the Harry Potter guy. Dumbledore, I'm ha- done. No, 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 you're thinking of Hagrid. <laughs> Hagrid. Oh. Yeah, Hagrid, not Dumbledore. You're a, <laughs> you're a wizard, Harry. You know, it makes me think of Lord of the Rings. No one tosses a dwarf. Oh, shit. Yo, that fucked me up so bad looking directly at his face as you said that. Oh. I just can't believe it. The more I look at his, uh, look at this. (laughs) Unbelievable. Look at how much. What happened to him, right? I mean, he's just jacked. They should put it's a like dash. Went- they should put a dash between that 2014 and 2019 because it's as if he died and there's another person there. He 
He looks like you don't get to tell him no. Oh, I'm not in the mood tonight. What you fuck? It's it's like when um Beefcake came back as the di- wait was Beefcake the disciple? Yes. It's it's <laughs> like that. Which which to me it's I like think the disciple is actually a better gimmick than Beefcake. <laughs> but I mean, he was just jacked to the gills, dude. I saw an old picture. Yeah, Mark, it is. Roy's a hell of a drug. I Yo, mean, I saw an old be. picture of Brian Cage before he started working out. It, it feels like the same thing. Like, Yeah, but his face and everything makes me think it might be like 50% Roy's and 50% Muffins. <laughs> can, we, can we get that as a show name? Roy's Muffins. <laughs> he up the Muffins. <laughs> just, just Roy Muffins. Look at that. Right, looks like that's what it muffin. is, right? That's ex- <laughs> exactly. Instead of shooting the stuff into his ass, he shoots it into the muffins and eats them. <laughs> Look at this. He's what shooting the muffins. There you go. That's the episode title. It. I just can't even shooting believe it. Muffins. Ready to shooting muffins. Oh, I was way ahead of you. Fuck you, man. HGH cupcakes. Good lord. Uh, that motherfucker's not on the juice. He's on the yeast. Best secret identity ever. Oh, shit. Best secret identity ever, because if it wasn't for this, I, I would walk right past that dude. I would have never known that was it, Adam Rose. It, it, you know what? I, it literally, I thought of it, and I already know I'm about to write it down. The, most the, easy. the only thing Wait, hold, that hold looks on. similar is the ears. No, no I thought of it. Do you and see I, it? Does everyone else see it? I, I, I thought of it, and now I got to write it down. He is easy bake swole. <laughs> he put 258 pounds and growing. Maybe time for that diet. Nah, it's a bulking year. Retired and finishing up dates. That is all. Who the fuck are you wrestling? Like, oh, who, who, who do you need a bulk? How do you need a bulk more than that? Who are you going to wrestle that Where's big motherfucker in the corner? Where's he finishing his dates at? Golden Corral? The Gold's Gym. I thought Mark said that's what happens when you eat lion meat. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Let me need to find out what the fuck he did to get that big. Because Jesus Christ, that motherfucker is like yeah, nuclear that's, that's exactly big. what it is. It's Leo Kruger eating lion meat. Lion God. meat, droid muffins. <laughs> Sell a mist. You better trademark that shit. You make a killing. Are you kidding me? Lion meat, droid muffins. I'll pass. Well, with sweet all at the same time. There you go. That's some crazy. It's like stuff when Shredder, right like when Shredder dumped all that ooze on him. The last vial of ooze. He must have drank all of it. Yo. <laughs> and you it's know funny he because oh, 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 he used... Oh, oh, oh. Wasn't that... <laughs> you know what he looks like? He looks like... Remember that fight between Cell and Trunks? When Cell when, when Trunk got super big? Yeah, he, he became down. He's, he's that Super Saiyan grade 5 or whatever. Fucking super Saiyan Ultra. He's too bulky now Super Saiyan Ultra Admirals. Ironically, Super Shredder was Kevin Nash, wasn't he? That's what they put in the suit when he transformed. <laughs> Yeah, it was Kevin Nash. They needed somebody big for that shit. They need that was pre-quad, that was pre-quad Nash. Wow. Well, I, I wish Adam Rose the best, because unless I see him on here, I wouldn't recognize him if he was walking on the block. He, he looks like he can't scratch the back of his neck. <laughs> he, he looks like when he gets to a certain point, he has to have somebody to help him. He can only wear slip-ons now. That's what happened. He he really didn't want to lose that WWE job, man. I think that shit affected him, you know. He drops change, he just leaves it. He's in there making like, how badly do I need that? Not bad enough. I ain't getting that quarter. Stay the same his wife doesn't say shit to him now. <laughs> oh 
That's harsh. You saw what I did when I was kidding, bitch. Try me. <laughs> Try me. You should go to, uh, you can always go to T- TNA and uh, Impact and Tag Team with Rich Swan. Oh, God. Since, since we probably won't talk to about him in a, uh, for a while, do, do you have his theme song? Andy Stills, a drop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I forgot that that even was originally. Yeah. We... If you guys recall, that was during that was during his last run when it seemed like the company had just given up on keeping him around, and that was legit his entrance music on main events. You probably never heard it because who the fuck watched main event besides me back then? But yeah, one time the Tron came on, it said Adam Rose, and you heard. So th- remember that this is the company wow. that, that that ACH just went on a black tirade on, you know. <laughs> so you start seeing him doing strange stuff, you know. If you if you see Jordan Miles driving Mrs. Daisy as his gimmick, oh shit, Sheldon Benjamin mama go come back. This was he goes. Yeah, if you if you get to meet Jordan Miles, his mama, <laughs> and she walks around with one of those baking pins and kicks his ass whenever he loses, you know. If you see stuff like that. Oh. Oh my gosh! The North American title because he hit the because he hit Roger with a rolling pin. If you see him tag teaming with Shorty G as other G, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, Shorty G and Minimum G. I mean, they probably can't wait to be able to get their fucking hands on him. They're just like you said before, Squire. They're just their hands are tied though. They probably can't wait. They can't Mm -hmm. wait. They're gonna get him. Oh my God! We ain't gonna fire you. We we gonna make you wish we did. Maybe he doesn't care. I hope not, because yeah, don't mess with that company. Whether they're right or wrong, never attack them publicly like that. Ever, ever. You'll you'll get recode. And you got you got some shit. You got some. What was it again? Uh, for the people or whatever trending. Yeah, for the culture. For the culture, you know. And you got everyone to black and white their pictures, which might become a thing now every February. So. Oh, wouldn't that be great if he came out as Titantron? It's like the old NWO, where it just goes black and white. Yeah, you know, and uh. Just to make fun of him. So, um, TMZ caught up with Big Show, and they basically asked him a little bit about the current storylines in WWE and the stuff with Cain Velasquez. I noticed you guys' favorite person. I want you guys to check this out. What are you thinking? I'm glad I'm not the referee. (laughs) I ain't gonna get between them two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh uh. No, 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 no. I'm not not about all that. It's, uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see where they go. I'm interested to see where, uh, you know, Braum and the Gypsy King go. Braum and the Gypsy King go. Okay. You know, that's... You, know, you start bringing that talent from, from outside businesses and uh, you flip the coin, it's anybody's call. Right, right. Do you think Kane will be able to beat Brock? Well, I think... Well... They fought in UFC and he beat him, you know... I'm going to be real honest with you. I've been in this, what, wrestling, what, 25 years? Yeah. I have never seen a monster like Brock Lesnar or the war path that he's been on the past few years. Right. He, uh, he's stronger, he's faster, he's seasoned, uh, he's confident where he is. Um, he's tough. You don't see Kane taking that belt this time? No, I don't think so. It's the title. Belt holds up your pants. It's a championship or a title. What's wrong with you? <laughs> He's not going to take his belt right away. I don't think so. Kane just got in there. And, like, a lot of fans feel like they're rushing 
you know, I, I don't know if it's, you know, you're never going to make everyone happy. Okay. You know, some people say you're rushing too much or, you know, or you're taking too long. Everybody's going to have an opinion. My advice is to uh, sit back, watch the show, and enjoy it. Quit trying to direct it. For Kane, pretty much, right? Uh, for Kane, he's got to feel his way around. You know, I mean, my first match was against Hulk Hogan for the world championship, so I can't really throw that Russian rock in a glass house, you yeah. know what I mean? So just wait your time. You know, here's the thing. If opportunity knocks, take it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You can't get mad at anyone who's, who gets an opportunity and they take it. He makes a good point there, you know? Yeah. We could, we could get mad at WWE, though, on the other hand. You know? and just for the record, show we could direct it better than them, so... Yeah, that's the thing. You know, he's always going to take WWE side with that. Everybody's a backseat booker, backseat writer. But you know what? Why why should they be exempt from that? Nothing else is. People feel that way about everything in life. People felt that way about Game of Thrones. And that was a respected series for many years. And when they fucked up, people said, hey, you guys fucked up and we're angry. They happened to Walking Dead and they managed to get back on track. You know, because that's what you're supposed to do. When that happens, you're not supposed to have a knee-jerk reaction of going, oh, you know, the fans need to stop saying this and that. Maybe you need to try to accommodate them more if it becomes like a majority vote of fans that dislike what you're doing. And that that's the difference right there when you really look at it. WWE and Game of Thrones both basically heard fans complaining and didn't take it seriously. And then fans turned on them. Walking Dead heard fans complaining and they did what they could to turn the ship around so much as firing showrunners when it was necessary in order to keep the thing working properly. So I don't agree with that philosophy. Even the, the comic movies have to deal with that, where if one of the movies is shit, people aren't quiet about it anymore. This isn't like years ago. When it comes to movies, games, and shit like this, it's not like before where you had to rely on like a trailer or look at the back of the box of a game when you went to buy it. Like there's the internet, there's social media, people have early reviews of stuff. They they have sources where they could go to get information. So people are not going to be quiet no matter what it is, whether it's comics, anime, movies, wrestling. Like if your shit sucks, people are going to be vocal about it. Especially not, they have many other things that they could be doing with their time. Like, no one has to sit here and tolerate shitty Monday Night Raw. They could go watch Netflix. There's, like, millions of things on there. They could watch an episode of Black Mirror and get, like, the amount of enjoyment in one hour that, you, that you're trying to squeeze into three and a half hours of shitty Raw. Or three hours now. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's always shitty. But I'm just saying that it's the wrong attitude to have that the fans should just sit back and tolerate it. It's not sit back and enjoy it. There becomes a point where it, it's sit back and tolerate it. And I feel like if anything, even a show, probably the most popular show, most expensive show in our lifetime, if something from HBO can get that level of criticism, then it's funny for them to be and a little pretentious for them to be like wrestling. Well, we're above that. The fans should just be happy we're here. Let's get out of here. But that's always going to be their attitude, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a problem now. Oh, but yeah, Big like Show's a, a purebred WWE guy, so he's always going to go for for what they had. And you know me, I defend them to the point where I say I don't quit. Like, there's a lot of the time that, you know, even our listeners, even people in the chat room just want to completely quit, where they're like, ah, we don't even want to watch it or talk about it or think about it. And no matter what, good or bad, I'm always here watching, and I always will be. I told you guys before, the most I'll do is if it's on and they're just bullshitting, I'll focus more on the program for that night, since I know we're going on 1130 right after them. I won't ignore them deliberately like I've heard people say, oh, I'd rather play Call of Duty or put on another game. I would never choose another thing over them aside from us, which is just so that we have better content. You know, like I'm always going to watch Raw, you know, that this whole thing of eventually one day AEW will be here and that'll be the only thing. I may not always cover it on here. Maybe it'll get to a point where one day we're like, look, we have so much content and so much stuff to talk about. Who needs to talk about the weeklies? It's happened before on here. We say, you know, we don't really need to talk about what happens if you care so much, watch it, but we'll talk about the news and other things. 
but I would always watch it, you know, whether it be fully attentively or inattentively, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't not watch, uh, WWE. That's just my attitude to it. I know it's, it's now become a very popular, I never thought it would be this popular as fast to become a popular thing to just brag about no longer supporting them. Like now people are like, it's cool to get together and not watch the WWE product when it's on aside from NXT. And that's partially their fault. I never wanted them to be in a situation like that. You know, no one wants to see it. If you're a stable minded person, no one wants to see like anything that entertained them growing up. Just go to hell. I mean, shit, I'm sure you were all sad when you heard about Toys R Us closing. When the fuck's the last time any of you have gone into a Toys R Us though? Exactly. It didn't change the fact that I I paid attention to when it closed. You know, and so many people were sad though. They were like, oh, you know, because it was something nostalgic. So I mean, based on that same kind of logic and principle, nobody wants to see something that you remember your fond memories of Raws and shit and excitement. No one wants to see it just crumple. You know, one day you're going to have their last episode. It'll be like Panama City was with Nitro. You know what I mean? As much as I was a WWE guy, you got to feel bad for those people that held on to Nitro and they had to have that Panama City episode where everybody's wrapping it in, you know, where it looks like it looks like if an American played StarCraft against a Korean, they're standing there watching their bases get taken over and shit. They weren't able to build anything fast enough. You know, it's just like they don't even understand how half the fucking forces made it across the map before Holy they were able to get their shit. first units out. That's what it looked like. WCW looked like they just got beat by a Korean in StarCraft. If you go back and watch that, you know, anyone. You know, they got their ass kicked. You know what I mean? But it was sad. Think about the people that hung on till that moment, till that bitter fucking moment. Do you want to see that happen abroad? That would be a sad moment. Even with all the bullshit that they've done, there's been good. So no, I'd prefer not to make it a thing where it's like, haha, we're going to all get together and not watch wrestling. Mwahaha. Like, no, that's silly. You know, I remember Squire saying once that it's like a team, you know, it's like, it's like your, 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 your home team in a sport, you know, you don't just toss it. Yep. No. Well, I mean, I told the Falcons to fuck off a long time ago, so I don't know about that, but yeah, you get the point though. <laughs> yeah. You go with and- the good, you go with the bad. Yeah, and it's not always terrible enough for me to feel that way. Like, it's not, it, it can never be, and this is, I think, the problem with people of our generation. It can never be what it was in the Attitude Era. Everyone's always talking, like, it's f- funny how people younger than me, sometimes by decades, cling to the late 90s. And I'm like, man, you didn't even fucking exist. You know, and everyone's talking about the Austin Era and the beers and the, and the, and the beer hoses and the crazy shit and the Inferno matches. And it's like, it can never be that era again. It's almost like going back to the WWE No Mercy game. Like, that was cool in the time, but if the, if that kind of shit happened now on Raw, it would be weird. It would be really strange. As much as you enjoy that stuff, for things to be that crazy, it would just be unusual. Oh, the, and the Twitterverse would go absolutely nuts. It would yeah. go nuts. You can't put that stuff on on air. The parents and everything with their kids. God. It's not only yeah. that, but it, it just, uh, that, that style of entertainment doesn't age well. It, it was at the right place, and it was at the right time. It was with the right cast as well. You can't just recreate something like that over and over again. You know, I, I've said that about many things. It goes anime, another thing that we're big on here. I, I look at certain animated season. I always look at the first episode of everything just out of curiosity. And I'm like, man, this is all like just conveyor belt shit now at this point where it just literally feels like I lived through the era where the stories were unique and the characters developed over a long period of time. The average series nowadays is 26 episodes and it's beginning to end. They develop everybody, everything's over, concludes, never to be seen again. That works in some cases, but not in many, you know, but the days of big, drawn out, elaborate stories. And when they do them, it's usually just copies of stuff that's been done better before them. And wrestling sort of in that same situation where it's like a lot of the stuff that they're doing 
because it's been done before better and certain things just wouldn't age well they they have to do what they do look at the bobby lashley shit that's going on that's the kind of stuff that you would see that would have fit perfectly into the attitude era no one would have blinked or flinched if that bobby lashley story played out as a matter of fact people probably wouldn't have even noticed it over all the other crazy shit that was happening with the mcmahons and stone cold and the rock and the undertaker and the ministry and all that other shit you know what i mean so that that thing would have flown under the radar i mean we had mark henry fondling the penis of a of a, of a transsexual in the fucking bathroom we had him fuck may young and she gave birth to a hand you know what I mean? Like, think about that. You know what I mean? Bobby Lashley fucking Lana would have been nothing back in the day. Nothing. But look at how awkward it is when they're doing these scenes now. It's strange when I'm watching it. It almost feels more dirty than it should just because it's on such a clean product now. Like, the product's squeaky clean. It's a very basic generic thing with a very, with a very generic algorithm to the way the wrestling and everything's done. It almost has more of a, of a tight algorithm than something like Power Rangers where it's like the same beginning, middle, and end. When you look at the way it is now, but but now that they are trying to think out of the box and they're doing things like this sexual affair with Bobby Lashley, fucking Rusev's wife, and then them being in bed together under the covers on the Tron. You know how awkward that was? I haven't seen people under the covers in bed on a wrestling show like in forever. I can't even think of the last time something like that was happening. And then all of the little implications and innuendos. And even tonight where they were just basically talking about sex, you know? Like, the whole end segment was just about how much Lana gets fucked, wasn't it? Am I wrong in saying that? Like, it was literally that they were explicitly talking about how much Rusev would fuck her everywhere. That's exactly... I'm not even making this up. This like, exactly. maybe they didn't use the F word, but the final promo was her talking about leaving him, which I guess I guess we'll get into at the end, so a bit of a spoiler, but the final promo was him talking about, well, the reason I left Rusev was because he used to fuck me everywhere, in the doctor's office, backstage, in catering. You know, they literally <laughs> went into detail. Think about it. This is what just happened tonight. Wasn't that kind of weird that that happened after AJ Styles and Humberto Carrillo had their fight? That was <laughs> you so know? odd. You went from that to, to them basically talking about how much dick Lana takes. I went from watching watching Rowan and Rollins fight. Or how much she used to, I, but not anymore. Yeah, so that's she, why. she couldn't take I, it I, anymore. I, so she went I, to a big. So, so she went to to a big muscular black guy because she. she, I, she I, you know, <laughs> like I, I went from watching Rollins and Rowan fight everywhere to hear a lot of bitch about getting fucked everywhere. Like, right. So that's what I'm saying. The show's willing to put this kind of content on. You know what I mean? They're willing to say these kind of things and do these kind of things, and it's weird. It's strange to see on this show. At least for me, it was. I don't know if you guys are enjoying the Bobby Lashley in bed with Lana stuff. I mean, I don't enjoy anything Bobby Lashley in general, so this is even worse. It's different. I hate it, and it's It's, awkward. It's different, but when you think about it, it's literally, that's the storyline. It's a a cuckold storyline on Raw. It was, was, like I said in the chat room, when did Lana start fucking seal? Like, what? Are they taking notes from, like, Pornhub? Like I said earlier today in the chat room, I said, congratulations, kids. Bailey destroyed her her Bailey buddies. Lana gets fucked a lot, and you can't see John Cena anymore. You know? and, and there's no such thing as Santa. Welcome to the WWE universe, where you know it's definitely you know what what are the, what are the parents going to say tonight? Since this was a few months ago before AEW showed up, this was directed at kids. What are you going to say when they ask why it is that Lana left left uh Rusev because he wanted to have sex everywhere? And they're asking what's sex everywhere, you know. You see, you guys didn't have an answer. You're trying to think of what the fuck the explanation could be that will be I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just waiting to hear so I can laugh. Like, uh, there is no good explanation. He's not making her happy anymore. You know, it's an awkward situation. You know. Yep. 
So I just love to see that. Sometimes mommy and daddy don't love each other anymore, so mommy has to go find friend Timmy. So be careful wishing for the attitude era. Because <laughs> it's going to be really fucking awkward. You know, because things like that used to happen in the attitude era all the time. They're trying to make this look like a legitimate sport now, especially now that they're in bed with Fox and they're officially on Fridays and everything. They want to try to make this emulate a sport as close to it as possible. And in a lot of ways it is and it does. You start to take that away to the point where I'm even surprised. That's probably the reason why they have that storyline on Raw, because USA doesn't give a fuck. At the end of the day, WWE censors themselves because of their sponsors and their publicly traded nonsense and all of that. USA, look at the kind of stuff that they have on USA, you know? USA's off the walls. You you could go from watching Rusev and Lana having this affair to, to hearing about a dead body that was caught tangled on a swing that had semen and fecal matter in the hair. On Law and Order, <laughs> a fucking a, 10 minutes later. USA doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? The point being that USA doesn't give a fuck. This is Raw censoring themselves. And I think the reason why you're seeing this on Raw, now that the two brands are officially, hopefully it stays this way, officially Raw's Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown, normal crossover. I think the reason you're seeing stuff like this on Raw is because Raw's not Fox. It's USA. And since they have weird shit and affairs and murders, we're going to put all of the crazy stuff there. And SmackDown's going to be more like the sports show. And somehow they're going to try to create this... I guess this separation between the two, this dichotomy almost, where they coexist while one show has a completely different tone, which to be honest is the way it always should have been. But the point being that now you're going to have this, this other show that, uh, is taken a lot more seriously and trying to simulate sport. And then this other show that's the drama that you're used to. And neither one seems to really have its footing stable. So I don't know. We're going to have to see what happens. Yep. All right. Is it time we for another? See, like oh, always. Yeah. The time for another Halloween story at this point? I think it is, right? I think so. Yeah, I think I will uh, do the honors. Yeah, well, all right, let's get you going. All right. Question of the day, boys and girls. What happened to Blair Adams? So, Blair Adams, basically he was a foreman uh, in a construction company in Surrey, British Columbia. From how, Bra- from how uh, Blair was always described, very happy, friendly person, pretty much the typical guy. You couldn't hate him. So, after a certain amount of time, Blair's mother, Sandra Ed- Edwards, basically said that Blair completely changed at some point. They say he became having, uh, he started having mood swings, became very short-tempered, and when his mom asked what was wrong, Blair basically said, I don't think I should tell you about it. So, the question became, what is it that's bothering him? Nobody knew what um, he was afraid of. So, on Friday, July 5th, 1996, his behavior became even worse. Because Blair withdrew his savings of $6,000 in cash and thousands of more in jewelry, other items. I think it came out to about two grand altogether with that on itself. So the man basically took two grand out of his savings. And he made an escape plan to the U.S., Tennessee to be precise. Nobody knows why he picked Tennessee. Nobody knows what, what made him put one partic- um, pick that particular place because he had no connections there. He didn't know anybody there. I believe Knoxville was the exact location. Um, so days after he withdrew his savings, Blair was stopped at the border because, I mean, you have $8,000 in cash and or jewelry. He fit the uh, profile of a drug trafficker. So when he returned to Canada, he quit his job and collected his last paycheck. Now, next to what Blair would do was he would spread $1,600 on a round trip to Frankfurt, Germany, basically where his girlfriend lives. Here's the thing. This wasn't a planned trip, though, because his girlfriend was not expecting him, and she didn't know any of this was going on. But 
it definitely became very clear to Blair's mother that he was running from something, something or someone. Nobody knew what. But whenever he was asked um, about it, he would basically avoid the question. He would dodge it. He would change the subject. It was clear whatever was going on with him, he didn't want to tell anybody. But that did change one day because Blair showed up at a friend's house, no warning, and basically told his friend that somebody was trying to kill him. But he wouldn't say anything further. So he told his friend and his co-worker, I mean, a friend of his and his girlfriend, that he dreaded his co-workers returning to Canada from Germany because he thought they'd hurt him. So now it kind of makes you wonder, did something happen in Germany? That's what it looks like. It looks like something happened in Germany that made it to where he didn't want to have to deal with that situation. So Blair's flight was set to Blair's flight to Germany was set to leave that day after he bought the ticket. Keep in mind, he bought a round ticket, so it was a lot cheaper, but... Blair had no intention whatsoever of coming back. So, turned in his ticket, he got himself a rental car, and this time he successfully made it into the U.S. He showed up in um, Seattle, bought himself a one-way ticket to Washington, D.C. Now, this was kind of weird to investigators later on down the line because it's a lot cheaper to get a round ticket. But he he had no intention of of returning. So, Blair showed up and as Blair made this trip, arrived early Wednesday morning, and he traveled to Knoxville, Tennessee, which was kind of weird because they even said pretty much he knew nobody there. This was one of the few places where he had connections in other places, but this was one of those places. It, I guess it was just off the grid is what it seemed to be. So witnesses, they first saw him at a gas station at about 530. He was complaining to the attendant that I guess his rental car wouldn't stop. It's like his rental car wouldn't start. So attendant asked him, hey, did you have the wrong keys? Um, they said the keys were missing. Um, they, looked, they looked for the keys together. But it became odd because when the man asked Blair to search his pockets, Blair quickly refused. Like on the drop of a dime was like, I'm not looking through my pockets. Now, this car company was already closed for the day. It wouldn't be open to the next day. But Blair was able to somehow, um, just through hitching a ride, get himself a ride to the closest hotel. Now, guest service reps would call him very paranoid. It seemed like he was almost expecting somebody to walk in, even though there'd be nobody in there. Now, what became very odd was in the span of about an hour, Blair went in and out of that lobby five times before paying for a room. And after he checked in, he put the key in his pocket. But the weird part is, is that instead of going to that room, he left the hotel at 7.37 p.m., And he never came back. And that time when he left that hotel was the last time Blair was ever seen alive. Because 12 hours later, Blair's body was discovered a half mile from the hotel. He was naked from the waist down. His shoes and his shoes were off and his socks were turned inside out and his his shirt was torn open. But what makes this really weird, I mentioned the money that he spent before. Well... That money was scattered. It was about $4,000 in American, Canadian, and German currency, and also a, sm- a small sack that had basically valuables like go- um, gold and jewelry, estimated about two grand, was all spread all around his body. Also by him, the key to his rental car, the one he said that he was missing, the one he said when the, guy, when the gas station attendant asked him to check his pockets, he wouldn't, sh- he wouldn't show it. Now, the autopsy also revealed... Blair had very had various cuts and bruises all over his hands, but it looks like um, the cause of death was determined that it was a strong blow to the stomach that actually ruptured his stomach on the inside. 
He had a lot of defensive wood on his hands, as I said, because it showed whatever happened, he fought back. He tried to survive whatever was going on. But um, an interesting detail as well, that somebody's hair, they never found out who it was, but somebody's hair was in one of his hands. Some of the injuries even show that he might have been sexually assaulted, but no signs of DNA were found. Basically, the only person who really reported anything suspicious that might have gone on was a security guard from a nearby business who claimed to hear what sounded like screaming from a woman at about 3.30 in the morning. Blair's family, along with a lot of investigators, are wondering why he picked Knoxville to go to and who or what he was running from because he was running from something. Something had Blair so terrified he was willing to take the money out of his life savings just to go anywhere he could to get over what get around whatever was chasing him whoever was chasing him but blair never told anybody and then even stranger than that probably the strangest aspect of his death the four thousand dollars in various currencies the two thousand dollars in jewelry why wasn't it stolen why was it just placed around his body in almost some kind of an active form like what was it that happened that caused blair adams to run and eventually have his life taken from him so, I mean, the question, even 20 plus years later, what happened to Blair Adams? Yeah, I get I definitely get a really uh, bad feeling about the way those events were laid out. Yeah, it's it's the oddest thing, because everybody who knew Blair, like I said, know him as just a, like somebody even we would hang out with. And then just something suddenly changed. What happened to make this change happen? Why Knoxville, Tennessee? Why? tell his friend somebody's trying to kill me and then not give any other information did he know maybe these people? he saw something he shouldn't have yeah but nobody knows because blair wouldn't tell yeah you gotta wonder if, if he would have said something would it have saved his life yeah there's definitely something uncomfortable about that story i don't know what i'd have to look further into it, but there's something there that's that's really crazy yeah even the most eerie thing yeah. the the hotel the, um the hotel footage where if you ever get a chance to look up documentaries about it the footage is out there. Blair walking in and out of that lobby five times in an hour. What was happening? That's another one of those interesting cases going back to the Halloween a couple of years ago with Elise Salam, where she was going in and out of the elevator and acting weird before she disappeared. Where it's like, this is just another case where why have we been able to come on here and discuss so many people who in their last hours were acting really strange? And then yeah. there's never an explanation or even a trace of one. The, the only money similarities me, is that uh, is that we don't know. From for me, the craziest thing it's it's all the money. Why, if somebody killed him, you would think, okay, this man has basically eight thousand, uh, basically six thousand dollars just sitting here. Why just spread it around his body? Why leave the jewelry there? There's something extremely they odd about this. Might have been looking whole... for something specific. Something? Like he might have had something in his pocket, and I'm just theorizing here that he might have had something. In his pocket. What year was this again? This was uh, 1996 when this happened. Okay, so maybe he had like a flash drive or something in his pocket. That's why he wouldn't reach into his pockets. He didn't want to take the risk that he'd drop it. Something that, when you know, that proves whatever he knew that got him killed. I think he, he knew something. But what, why didn't killed. he disclose it to I think the friend. reason he wouldn't share it is because disclosing it would definitely get him killed. But then what would make him get this hotel and then just simply not go into it? Exactly. Like, there's so many things. There's so many different holes in this to where it's hard to sleep. It Only Blair really knows what happened. 
only Blair knows what who or what he was running from, and only Blair knows why he was running like he was. Like I've said, like the one of the one of all things also stands out. You have a girlfriend who lives in Germany, and you live in British Columbia. You're planning that trip. Yeah. Blair Maybe took he the saw time. Something on the way to the, his room that made him decide. You know what? Never mind. I'm not staying here. But Stacey's hysteria is that maybe maybe the guy got the hotel because he wanted to try to make whoever was tracing him believe that that's where he was, sort of as a decoy spot, so that he can then get the hell out of there. And then maybe he failed along the way. I guess. Yeah, it's really hard to say. Because then when I think about it, as you were saying, maybe he saw something in the hotel. The crazy thing is, is that he walked in and out five times. Yeah, he might not have seen it that time, but then when he was looking to where his room was going to be, then he saw what he was what he saw. So here's Besides the thing. Leave. I have it there. You're saying maybe he walked in and out of the hotel. You know, maybe he saw something in the hotel, but like you pointed out, why would he walk in and out of the hotel five times? Maybe you're not thinking in the right direction. Maybe it's not that he saw something inside of the hotel. What if it's that he saw something outside of the hotel? So his plan yeah. could have been to try to create a decoy by staying at this hotel. Then he wanted to slip out without them realizing that he's no longer in the hotel by himself sometimes so they can go up and try to get him. Maybe every time he tried to exit, he saw that they were still following him or watching him. He saw wherever they were. He saw that it still wasn't safe. And then finally, on the last time, maybe he didn't see anyone anymore. He decided now's the time to make his move. But it was just that they repositioned themselves and whoever it was, they got him. It could have been him not going in to check, but going out to check. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking, that every time he saw it, I just thought he'd, he'd, he'd seen them when he was heading to his room. and That's why he didn't actually go to his room. That's yeah, why the crazy thing is, um, with the footage, he never exited the lobby. He never went any farther than the lobby. So, yeah, maybe if it was on the inside, maybe he saw them from there. Yeah, he maybe had a point of sight from within the lobby where he can see that he was still being followed. He never planned on going into the hotel. He got it as a decoy. He was going to wait in the lobby, wait it out, see when they were gone. He kept coming back to check. Finally, they were gone, but they probably didn't go very far. So I think maybe that part's the only thing that will make sense. Just the theory of mine is why he'd be going in and out of someplace without ever actually entering the hotel room. He probably figured the hotel room was a death trap. If, if there are people that are in power, maybe they would even be able to just check and see where he was and what he was doing. You know, but uh, yeah, it sounds to me like this was someone who was trying to shake someone and, and wasn't successful at doing it. Yeah, it, it's such an odd thing because like going from somebody who was just a construction foreman to now this man basically running for right. his life. Like, And the it, only reason I could think of everything being scattered around him is they were looking for something and they didn't they didn't everything that was left there was not what they were looking for. It, it, it's so there's so many. And there's so many answers that nobody's gotten. Blair's family, his friends, all these years later, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows why Blair was behaving, why he was, why he was doing what he was doing, taking out all of his money, the savings, it just just everything. Like it almost kind of seems like at some points, like Blair could Blair didn't feel as if he could trust anybody anymore. But then he also told his friend and his girlfriend, "Hey, somebody's trying to kill me." Yeah. This one, when I discovered this one, it was an eerie one just because, like, there's so many, so many holes in it. There's so many aspects where you can think why this might have happened. What if Blair would have done this? What if Blair would have done that? But the biggest thing, and so unfortunately, it's the thing that only Blair will ever know is what happened to Blair Adams. It was the lizard man. 
That's what it was. It was a it was a Lizardman or it was the S three project. It was Lazar. The return of MK Ultra. Sorry, I couldn't resist. MK Ultra, God help us. <laughs> yeah, I gotta admit that one was definitely creepy. That was one of the, I think I was that was my best one. <laughs> That's why I wasn't even that bummed out with yours. I was just like, you know what? Mine's still pretty good. <laughs> no, no, it is. I like that. That was that definitely it's something. I know when they're good one after I get off of here, I feel like looking into it, which that happened a few times on here. Only very few stories where I heard I was like, you know what? I have to go see for myself when I get off the air what other shit I can dig up on it. I'll only do that for like the really good ones. Yeah, I mean, I know there's some places that have covered it where they've shown that footage from him in that lobby. And, like, you see him walking back and forth, and it's just like... Really? Link me if you have any. I would have used the, yeah. the footage. Is there any audio yeah. or just the footage? Um, It's more the audio, because it's, like, other channels that have uh, covered it before, which I discovered it. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, it, it's an eerie one, dude. It is nuts. It's probably one of my favorite murder mysteries that I've ever heard, just because it's so odd. It's so different from other ones I've ever seen before. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. You still there, Squires? Oh, God, he got Squires, too. You put him to sleep with the story. He's not into it. He'd be all right. Put, put, put a gold simulator on. He'll wake up. Why gold simulator? He, he wouldn't get game. coffee. <laughs> he loves that game. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, if you want, I can run the whatever the footage is that you have of him. Uh, uh, yeah, give me just a second. I'll find it. But, yeah, it's, uh, if, I, if I can get just the footage itself. But um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a nuts one. It's nuts for sure. Like it's probably one of the coolest stories I found in a long time. Yeah, like I was extremely proud of that one when I saw it. So do you do you don't think that anything about this was supernatural, right, Miss? Like you think it was like a regular, just regular wrong people? Uh, I, I think it was. I think it was just regular, regular shit. Because it's it's amazing what people will do to each other, and. I could just imagine, you know, him seeing or knowing something he shouldn't know. Even in Canada, where everyone's supposed to be nice and say A all the time. And I was say, he'll just prove that on multiple occasions. No. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're all supposed to be as sweet as maple syrup, I guess. But, yeah. they, you know, that I, I could just imagine, you know, he, he probably saw something or discovered something he shouldn't have. I mean... What was his job before? What did it say? He was um uh, he was a construction foreman. Right. Okay, so maybe he found where Jimmy Hoffa was really buried. Damn. You know, I mean, it, who knows? It's amazing what you know you could come across, and just and it, it's it could be completely accidental. He could have just found something out that he shouldn't have. Like a building was unsafe, you know, and it would cost people millions of dollars to fix it. You, you never know. And obviously, whoever was after him had the money and the ability to tr- to make him very paranoid enough that he would run away to other countries. The fact that he ran away to Germany and then came back and then went to Nashville, tried to go to Nashville or Knoxville twice. Says he was definitely trying to just go somewhere that was where he thought he'd be safe. It makes you wonder that they were willing to chase him that far out. Exactly. Like he had proof. Maybe they just wanted to cover it up. Yeah, you'd be surprised the lengths that some people will go to um, 
to, to, to cover, have something to stay covered up. Yeah, it, it really, it just depends on what he actually knew and how bad it was. I mean, I was reading a story about a reporter the other day that went missing that w- that was looking into UFOs and whatnot. And the last text he sent to his mom was, if something happens to me, investigate. And a week later, he was found dead of supposedly a heart attack at the age of 27 in his hotel room. That's almost so, a heart attack on that at that age unless he had a pre-existing condition. Yeah, he he. As far as his family goes, they didn't think so, and the guy was pretty healthy. So I mean, it, it's it's amazing. I I just I I honestly think he was just running from something, and knew what he was running from, knew why he was running, afraid to share it because he either didn't a didn't want to put anyone else in danger, or b was afraid that if he shared it, he would. He is. He would. Maybe he was thinking he was still alive because he hadn't shared it yet. But the second he shared it, it would like be the actual, the definite death sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just uh, sent you the channel where I actually discovered this story. I actually love this news channel. It's called That Chapter. Um, we don't necessarily need the audio because he is talking over it. But go to about seven twenty-eight, and that's where you can see um, the footage. And it's like you could see him constantly going in and out. And so now it kind of wonders, it poses the question, what could he have seen if it was inside? What could he have seen from that angle? And if it was outside, you got to wonder where these people, where whatever these signs he was looking for. Was what I mean was he was looking, he thought whatever he saw was outside. That's why he kept going back. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Still like, there. And then going back in, bought the hotel room, was was thinking about staying there because he didn't see anyone but kept checking to see if he didn't see anyone and then the last time he checked he saw someone so he took off yeah one like i said they even said the uh, the guest reps it sounded it looked like he was anticipating somebody so like he was almost trying to see them before they saw him maybe it was the men in black and he had proof of ufos who knows yeah it's it's such an odd case and like it's still to this day unsolved nobody knows what happened to him and it's it's unfortunate for his family because there was nothing they were able to do to help him because they had no clue he said around he seven, should have left something in case something happened to him is what he should have done you said around 728 yeah at about 728 right. i think it goes it goes for about a good 20 seconds you could really just mute it because it's going to be yeah no i got so it maybe, you got to give me a, okay. a, a minute or two because I, I didn't have this queued up but oh uh, don't take it down I mean, I assume whatever they were looking for, they found because you didn't hear anything about them like tearing his old place apart or anything like that. I mean, the thing about it is it could have been a situation of he just knew too much. Maybe he didn't necessarily have something on him and just like they didn't see any purpose in taking the money or the valuables. I don't know what it could have been, but. It yeah, just why spread it all over the place? Uh, my only thing is that, I'm trying to think of a reason why they would that, spread it all over the place. That's, that's why it's one of the eeriest parts of it. It's like, why was this money and valuables not taken and just spread? It almost had some kind of like it, – it I just almost feel like, like they could have been pulling it out of his pockets and tossing it all over the place looking for something, you know? Yeah, there, there's so many different questions, and it's kind of crazy to think like Blair's the only person who knows. And it was – 
it, it was terrifying enough to where that man was literally almost willing to travel around the world just to try to get away with it, and he couldn't do it. And it's just... Mark it, says it was the Lolly Lula La. Mark. The Lolly Lula. <laughs> the Lolly Lula La. That motherfucker. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually... Where that that actually goes back into that whole Metal Gear. That's who those guys were that were talking and the AI and everything. <laughs> they got it. Oh Jesus Christ! When I was younger, that's why I first heard the Lolly Lule Law was in that game. I heard uh, it in my head. I knew what he said. I just slipped up saying it. Dang, you even boss your own speech. That's crazy, man. But yeah, it's um, it, it's it's a really crazy story. All right, let's see and, what we got here. I think I I got it. Yeah, let's take a look at what these people in this um, hotel saw. Okay, so yeah, this that's player a... going in and out. This happens all in the span of about an hour. Look at that! Like, what is? It's so odd. Like, he keeps checking outside to see if they're gone. Yeah, that's almost what it looks like. It looks like he keeps yeah. going back. It looks like he's almost trying to stall. Yeah, like he's going and sitting down in the lobby, and then going out the door, and then coming back in, going. Eh. Talking with the person for a second, going back and sitting in the lobby area. Yeah, it's 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 very very disturbing for sure. But this is going to reenactment when they found his body because it was. It, you gotta wonder what happened. Like what? Yeah, what Stasis said it. He was trying to stay by people. Yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. And see, that's the side of all, all his valuables. But yeah, it's. And it's kind of crazy to think that um, that security guard mentioned hearing, what was it, screaming, like a woman screaming at about 3.30 in the morning. So it's just, it's odd. Like, you wonder what 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 happened. Like, And what happened? So there, many... was never, there was never a sign of a woman, right? No. No, maybe he just screamed like a bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe in his last moments he screamed like a bitch. Happy Halloween! Sounded everybody. like Chris Rock. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, but hey, we may, we'll probably never know what happened to Blair. Chris Rock in the Fifth Element. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that was fucked up. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I had to make the joke. It, it gets tense if I don't. <laughs> All I'll say is, uh, we out here. Ooh. All right. So, uh, yeah, any last thoughts on that one before we move on up? My last thoughts are in agreement with Stasis. He should have stayed by people. But then again, if maybe they could have gotten through the people. It, it's so crazy. 24-hour cafes. They existed. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's just... It, it, there's so many questions I wonder, like, will I go somewhere where nobody knows you? But then again, it kind of makes sense. Go somewhere where nobody knows who you are. But then again, at the same time, if nobody knows you, nobody can help you. So. I don't know, man. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Right? I was just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. This, yeah, there's so I've many ne- questions. I've never heard, hmm, I feel like I'm in Cheers, a of danger. Man. I want to go where nobody knows me. Hey, well, that's what Blair was thinking, so. <laughs> yeah, well. How'd that work? Could have gotten a drink while he was at it, maybe calm down. Yeah, but it's, it's some eerie footage for sure. Like. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, we don't know the extent of the reach of these guys either, you know? Like, we don't know what they're like. I mean, they must have, he must have felt they can get him from anywhere for him to get that desperate. 
Exactly. Like he went all went from British Columbia all the way to Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he that ain't you know, exactly around the corner. Something would he was afraid would just make him look crazy. Or maybe it almost would put somebody else in danger. I mean, could you imagine if someone, for example, were to come up and say, the Secret Service is out to get me? Just for an example, you know, the Secret Service is out to get me. I, I just have this, like, image in my head of Mel Gibson in Conspiracy Theory. He's <laughs> tied to the chair. One. I was right. What was I right about? Tell me what I was right about. <laughs> well, what do you know? Tell me what I was right about, and I'll oh. tell you what I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's stupid. <laughs> all right well let's uh let's move on from this creepy stuff back to a little bit of some news um it wouldn't be halloween without one of these i got a flow you got a what i got yeah. a flow i got a flow you got a flow so let it go yeah brother here comes the hogan yeah so here we got we got hogan news you know how much fun that always is so apparently from what i'm seeing here um there was this video where he had an altercation with a fan I guess we'll look at the video. video. We'll look at the video first, and then we'll judge what the hell's going on here. I love you too, Hope. You're the man. Like with this guy. Alright, well, what the hell is going on there, huh? I just love the image of like Hogan like bowing up with a crutch later. I, yeah. I want to say it almost looked like geriatric, so it kind of scared me a little bit. Was he about to to have a heel turn with that crutch, you know? Let me tell you mm-hmm. something, brother. You can stick it. And he turned heel. <laughs> what the f- yeah, and then Hollywood was... Hogan comes out. The five yeah. o'clock shadow comes out. Yapapai crutch match. Oh, shit. <laughs> the first rule of the Yapapai crutch match is you got to get the proper crutchation brothers Crutchation. you know the way he loves oh, to make, up, make that up yeah that's what he does right wasn't it strapation oh. in the Yapa yeah Yapa you know what you ain't wrong you gotta get the proper strapation that's not a word hogan aj kid hulk is not the nicest guy he doesn't seem to be but uh i don't know i, I is there any context to what the hell was going on here right hey, like i want to see what i as usual i want to see what happened before the camera started rolling so basically, the the transcript is saying that in that scene, in case you guys couldn't hear it, Hogan's saying, you know what, brother? I got a right to have a few moments by myself. Let me tell you something, brother. The last time I had a Shirley Temple was when me and your wife got together. I can't believe that he used let me tell you something, brother, out of his gimmick. <laughs> that's incredible. Like, that's one of the coolest things ever. Like, I wish I would be able to piss Hogan off to the point where he shoots the promo on me, you know, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> like, to think that he would start that shit that way. I can't believe he admitted to having a Shirley Temple. You know, and, uh, yeah, and he did a wife joke, too. He was a bit of a heel promo. He had a crutch. He did, let me tell you something, brother. He should have been strutting the air guitar, right? Oh, my gosh, strumming the crutch. Oh. It sounds <laughs> like he was just there trying to enjoy himself and, you know, ask the guy, probably ask the guy to leave him alone. 
and when the guy said, you know, I just wanted an interview or a, a autograph or something and kept pestering him, you know, he probably turned around and said, dude. Some fans I mean, I, and that, that's me giving devil's advocate playing, you know. Benefit. You know, the sad part is, though, that is a lot of wrestling fans. Sometimes, like, they'll they'll go off on you as if they should be privileged for you to walk up to them. Like, like, it, like so, sometimes maybe he just doesn't want to be home for a little bit. Maybe he could just be, like, Terry. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's maybe. just, it, it's not the best look, though, when he's doing the let me tell you something, brother, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the camera probably didn't turn on until he started saying stuff back at the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's going to turn on the camera for some fan talking shit. Trip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow. People are going to turn on the camera to see, you know, him talking shit to some, to a random fan. So, you, you know, like the whole first half of that is missed. And you can take the whole thing out of context. Yeah, I guess. Um, it's just it, it did seem like he was pissed off though which you don't normally as much as people give hogan shit you don't normally see him angry rarely ever i can't remember the last time i saw him legit man. you know to the point where he's demanding an explanation or whatever or or saying let me tell you something brother i'm gonna bang your wife oh you know? god mark just put the best point was that the same guy that was recording cena and if that's the case i can see why he was back that dude. I, I, I actually, no, Mark, because Mark, he, he would have said his name 45 times like we're supposed to know who the fuck he is. By the way, we still don't know you. Well, for example, I'll help people. Who the fuck? <laughs> you, you, uh, I forgot. Who you uh, help? <laughs> buying, bu- buying moist Girl Scout cookies and helping people, all right? I forgot all about that guy, dude. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you got me forgetting all about that freaking guy. I walked up on Steve, you know, the fucking talking with somebody. Hey, man, I'll help people. Wait, what did he call it? He called it everything, but what it was, he was like WWE, WWC, WCC, WWSX, WXYZ, LNOP. Like, fucking. That's my favorite video because every time he called it something different, he never called it the same time twice. He even looked up at somebody like, what is it now? Yeah, it wasn't very smooth at all, man. But yeah, I don't know. that, that Orton's another one. He doesn't handle that shit very well. There's a Hogan thing here. Let me see if I could get this to play. We can get. I think he's supposed to explain it or something. Hopefully, I don't know. But let me take you something, brother. I'm trying. To, I think it's on Facebook. Right here. <laughs> oh. Okay, you guys, back here in North Beach, Clearwater. Uh, I talked to Nick, man. He said I should do this in character, but it's, it's just so funny I can't. So, uh, when I went through Kansas City Airport today. Everybody was hitting me about the uh, Shirley Temple line. Uh, last time I had a Shirley Temple, I was with your wife or whatever I said. But uh, then I hit Tampa Airport, <laughs> and everybody was talking about the Shirley Temple line. So I got to tell you guys how this happened because I saw the video, and it doesn't. Uh, what the hell was that? Hey, champ. Damn, our brother John Shittick. Okay, sorry, what was I saying? Um, so I saw the video, and you guys just don't understand what happened. So here, here's here's the, the exact truth of what happened. So Flair, of course, um, said, hey, man, after the matches tonight, you know, after SmackDown, come down to the bar for one drink. I said, 
Okay, brother, I'll come down for one drink. So I told Jimmy Hart, oh, my God, baby, baby, you know, baby, baby, we should we should go to the room. Oh, my God, baby. You know, Jimmy was, you know, doesn't want me to get in trouble. So anyway, Flair goes, it's really calm in the bar, and nobody will mess with it. So I said, okay. So we hit the front of the, the hotel. The bar in the lobby was right there, and it was a TV hotel, so it was packed with fans. So I go in there, I respectfully say hello to Flair, and he goes, oh, sit down. It's real calm. All of a sudden, everybody's iPhones getting ready to, you know, want pictures and, and, you know, the normal stuff, the good stuff. And Flair goes, no, we're going to relax for a minute. We're going to, you know, and he just wanted to have one drink before the chaos started. So we went and went in a little booth and we were sitting back there. And the people kept coming up. And, you know, Flair, of course, is a heel in the ring, so he was acting like a heel and running everybody off so he could have at least one drink. And this one guy came over and he was drunk on his ass. He was really drunk on his ass. He had about four guys with him, you know, they all looked like, 40, 45 year old guys, you know, they're all over six feet tall, you know, just a bunch of rangy looking spoons, you know. <laughs> so Flair runs him off. Next thing you know, he sends over two Shirley Temples for me and Flair. And, uh, you know, saying we're a couple, you know, pizzas, you know, pusses, pusses. So anyway, um, Flair gets all lit up. <laughs> and he, he dropped the line at the booth. He goes, oh, the last time I had a Shirley Temple was when I was you know what, and your wife, so I said, oh my God, please, Flair, stop, but he sat at the table with me, and it was just funny, so, long story short, Flair takes off, and heads up, and I'm regrouping, getting my crutch, and all the other crap I got with me, and my bags, because we didn't go to the room, we went straight to the lobby bar, and on the way out, what, what doesn't show in the video, the guy that Flair ran off that was really drunk, goes, hey, Hogan, you're an effing D-I-C-K, you're an F and D, you know, he yelled at me, and usually I just keep going, but for some reason I just stop dead in my tracks, and I turn around and look at him, and the only thing I could think to say was, was the line that Flair dropped, hey, because he sent us two Shirley Temples and we wouldn't drink, and the only thing I could think was to drop the, the line that Flair dropped, and I looked right at him and I said, hey brother, the last time I had a Shirley Temple was when I was hanging with your wife. And man, that lit him up, you know, and his buddies were acting like they were holding him back. And uh, I said, well, brother, I dare you. I dare you. And I don't know if you could see this on the video, but I said, I dare you to come outside and say this to my face. But what those guys didn't know is Brian Kendricks and a lot of the WWE guys, a lot of the NXT guys, there's this crazy bond, man. There's this loyalty thing. So... If you get in a fight with a wrestler in a bar, you better make sure there's no other wrestlers around. So I didn't realize it, but as I'm arguing with the guy, I looked, and I see Brian Kendrick circling the wagons. I see all the other guys, you know, just in position. I'm like, oh, my God, this this could get crazy. But that's that's all that happened. You know, and then I went up to the room, and uh, but the, the Shirley Temple line was Flair's line. But I couldn't think of anything else to say when he called me a F and D-I-C-K. I didn't know. And I usually keep going, but for some reason, it just stopped me dead in my tracks. But that's where the Shirley Temple line came from. And uh, that's that's what happened. So it's kind of funny, though. Love you guys. Peace out. I'm going to hit St. Louis and Saudi and come back to this gorgeous beach. You guys be cool and eat fruit. VIP WWE, brother. Okay, so I guessed it. Yeah, fans being dicks and he... He wanted to be like, leave me alone. Damn, they sent him a Shirley Temple, huh? <laughs>
Yeah, liquid courage, man. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't know that that was a thing you do. Yeah, apparently they still do that. Is that like in Deadpool when he when they sent to do the girly drink? <laughs> Could be. Remember, and it caused a fight. Yep, exactly like it. Mm. Except the fight didn't actually happen. What are some other girly drinks that you can send people? Sex on the beach. Oh damn. <laughs> That's considered girl. <laughs> I whoop your ass. You sent me that shit too. <laughs> Here's a sex on the beach show. What? Do you like pina coladas? Oh, I'll murder you. I swear to God. <laughs> but what if you do I'll... like pina coladas? Is that a masculine? <laughs> I guess I'm... you get lost in the rain too. Shit. I mean, I could live without pina coladas. You, you need more. You need more colada than you do pina. I guess. <laughs> more colada than pina. Write go. it down. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> hey, you know what you do? We already got these three shot. Hogan with the cane. I mean, well, with the crush. Oh boy! And the Hulkster flow doesn't end there, because uh, apparently now that Fox is in bed with WWE, they're doing the cross promoting, as you know. So they put out a video called the story of hulk hogan by hulk hogan i guess i don't know what this is i'm just reporting it as we i was out back selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car making more money selling t-shirts than when i was wrestling when i first came to new york in uh, 1978 i worked for for vince senior and uh, i had a great run had a two-year run and a lot of people don't remember i was the bad guy back then and I mainly wrestled Andre all over the place. I had a, a call from Stallone about doing a Rocky movie, and I, I just tore the letter up. I thought it was a joke from one of the wrestlers. And then I went to Japan eight or nine weeks, and I came back, and there was a Western Union letter. Please call Mr. Stallone. So when I told Vince Sr. I wanted to do this Rocky movie, basically we didn't do television, and we didn't do commercials, and really didn't move, do movies back then. So if you were a wrestler, you need to be a wrestler back in the 70s. So when I told Mr. McMahon, Vince Sr., I had this opportunity. He goes, well, Terry, you're a wrestler and you're working for me and I've got you scheduled to go down to work for another promoter in the Carolinas, the Crockett promotion, and you're not doing the movie. I said, well, Mr. McMahon, I'm, I want to do the movie. I'm a huge fan of Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. I want to do the movie. He goes, let me tell you something, Terry. If you do the movie, um, we're going to have a major problem because I've already committed you. I said, well, Mr. McMahon, I want to do the movie. A little bit of a tug of war there. And Mr. McMahon said, well, if you do the movie, you're fired. So I did the movie and I got fired. The words were, you won't ever work here again. So, you know, I just went ahead about my business. At the time, there were other places to go wrestle. So I went back to Japan. I went to Minnesota after Japan. And I started printing these T-shirts at the local mall. One scar, one million enemies. Um, and just all kind of different T-shirts. And then finally, I started print, printing the Hulkamania T-shirts. And, you know, I hit on something. I started seeing the Hulkamania T-shirts in the crowd. Now I'm at the mall trying to figure out how to print more t-shirts because I was out back selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car making more money selling t-shirts than when I was wrestling. So actually Hulkamania really started around 1980-ish, maybe 81. That was the original Hulkamania launch. I have prided myself over the years on having a really good tan, you know. Everybody goes, oh man, you lay in the sunbed? I said, no. You know, oh, you put self-tanner? I said, no. I said, my mom's Panamanian. My dad's full-blooded Italian, so... You know, if I just walk around outside, I just turn a really good tan color. So, you know, when I first started, I tried stuff out, red and, and turquoise blue and white. 
But I always remembered Randy Savage's father, Angelo Poffo, when I was a kid growing up in Tampa. And sometimes Angelo was the main event, sometimes he was in tag match. But whenever he came out, he had this unbelievable tan, kind of like a Hulk Hogan tan. And he always wore those canary yellow trunks. And it just, no matter if he was the main event, he had a great match or a bad match, I just remembered how good he looked in the ring with that tan and that yellow. So after I stumbled around and tried to find my color, I just gave up. And I went with Angelo's color. You know, the the, the, the canary yellow and uh, the canary yellow boots. And then, of course, you know, i got to give props to McDonald's. I stole their red and yellow, you know. So it worked forever, and, and the fans uh, just dug the colors, man. They really did. Uh-huh. Pretty cute. Very Hoganish. Yeah. I'd hope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I don't know what we should dump into next. We should probably talk a little bit about Canary ratings. Yellow, were they going to peel him like a banana? Sorry. Oh, God. That was I, have... <laughs> <laughs> I just had Last Dragon in my head for oh, a second. <laughs> I don't know where it came from and what. So, uh, basically, this week in the regards to ratings, uh, the World Series fucked everybody up. So, oh. you so you don't have to worry about ratings because nobody had any because they brought in 12.125 million viewers from the 9 to 10 p.m. time slot. AEW brought in 963,000 viewers, which is down 40,000. NXT brought in 698,000 viewers, which is down from last week, 712,000. Nonetheless, we're still seeing a streak here where AEW, what is this, the fourth week? This is the fourth week, right? It is. Yep. So 963,000 from AEW versus WWE NXT, 712,000. Well, actually, yeah. Well, actually, no, 963,000. From NXT 698,000. So it's actually even lower. So everyone dropped, but AEW is still the more popular Wednesday night show. So, so far this is working for them despite WWE's, uh, blocking them on that network. Or attempting to and failing. So according to Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer is reporting that Total Divas, this is his explanation of breakdown of the ratings and the expenses. Total Divas cost for one hour 400,000. And delivers less than one third of the audience in 18 to 39 that AEW is delivering. Yeah. So, uh, he said the point of all this is that Dynamite's cost is 400,000 a week for TNT fixed. And it's a little bit more because of the ad split. So 500,000 a week and SmackDown is just over 4 million a week. So SmackDown is delivering an 0.77 and AEW is an 0.61 in the 18 to 39 demographic. Now, those aren't the numbers that you're going to see elsewhere, but that's like actually what they are because they do it out of a hundred million homes and they're not in a hundred million homes. So, uh, when you really look at it, I guess it takes less resources for AEW to get their reach out there. Yeah. You know, and, uh, they're just in a better, they're in a more advantageous point. You know, when you look at it, it takes, it's almost like when you compare it to going back to games with Nintendo, when Nintendo's the only company that makes money off of hardware. If you buy a Nintendo console, it's money in their pockets, whether you buy a game or not. Every other system, and I've talked about this years ago on here, every other system, they lose money every time they sell a console, but they're depending on making it back with software. That's sort of the situation with AEW. 
where they're operating at 400,000 a week for TNT. That's what the producers have to work with. They can't have 450,000. They're at a set income every, every week where AEW spends, well, 500,000 if you're counting the advertisements, while Total Divas is spending 400,000. They're spending only $100,000 more to produce AEW than Total Divas is to produce their show. SmackDown's doing four, four million. Think about that for those ratings. So, uh, you know, and then on top of that, the World Series fucks them even more because of SmackDown being on Fox Sports 1, which is fine for the East Coast. But the West Coast people are going to be the ones with the issue because when you look at the East Coast version of Fox versus the West Coast, we have two drastically different versions of Fox because they're a few hours behind us. I believe it's five o'clock over there while it's eight o'clock over here when we're watching uh, Raw. So since a lot of people are home from work, as you guys know, they get a replay of Raw at their time of 8 p.m. for their coast. That being said, Fox Sports 1 doesn't have multiple feeds. It's a universal station. So whenever they have to move SmackDown from Fox because of the World Series to Fox Sports 1, they're getting it at our 8 p.m., which is essentially their 5 p.m., which basically fucks up SmackDown's ratings even more because now there's a whole demographic that's not going to be there to watch it because they're not even home from work yet. That's how I watch AEW, though. Welcome back. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watch AEW at five. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's a little bit. So there's no replay of AEW for you? Yeah. Dude, there's like 12 different replays of AEW. If yeah, you look I on their TNT. Yeah, because you have TNT, but, so you must have like a lot of ways to watch it. Well, it's on TNT, and it's also on True, and a bunch of other times. But yeah. I get... TNT because I have Hulu TV, so I get TNT East, so I can get it at five o'clock when you guys are watching it at eight. And just imagine for any of those people that have TiVo or a DVR. Mm-hmm. And the rating, does the Nielsen rating system, because we never really defined it on here, does the Nielsen rating system definitely, definitely cover when you DVR stuff, though? No, I think that's called the plus one. Oh. Yeah, see, we're, we're using an archaic fucking system in order to be able to even get some sort of an accurate reading. That's a lot of the problem, especially with the generations of people even younger than us are more inclined to download stuff or watch it in different ways than what will be picked up on the rating system. So it makes you wonder just how much these numbers are off by if it's a very specific demographic that they're factoring in, you know? There are a few people that actually watch stuff live anymore. Yeah, so it's kind especially, of off. Especially, you know, if they have to... You know, if they have to DVR it or something and record it or whatnot, they do it so that they can fast forward through the commercials. Yeah. There are some people that will specifically watch something just an hour later just to avoid that. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird how we're looking at these numbers. And, uh, like I said, being on different coasts and being overseas, all of that definitely affects things. You know, when you look at the SmackDown from two weeks ago, in the uh in the UK they had 23,000 viewers which is pretty good when you look at the fact that i believe in the UK it's about 1 in the morning when when they're getting smackdown you know raw's the same thing but the raw of last week we don't have the numbers of this week yet since it just ended a few hours ago but raw of last week they only had 3,000 viewers so think about 23,000 for smackdown a couple of weeks ago 3,000 for raw for raw impact in the UK Impact in the UK on that same day did 77,000 
AEW did 232,000 four days before that. Raw in the UK did 3,000. Three motherfucking thousand. I thought I heard you wrong. I thought I heard me wrong. (laughs) That's why I repeated it, because I had to make sure I didn't screw something up here. When Impact Dude, kicked that's your ass, the population of where I live. You look at that. Imp- <laughs> Yo, when Impact kicked your ass in any scenario that badly. Wow. So in the UK, they're third place next to AEW and Impact right now. And Impact's definitely happy because Pro Wrestling Sheets is reporting that a bunch of people in Impact were being told that they're getting raises. So it's <laughs> all celebrations and fucking New Year's horns over there. <laughs> It's a strange world we live in right now. You know, this is what happens. I think WWE is perfectly capable of being able to topple all this competition, but this is what happens when you literally sleep. Everyone's going to jump. Look at all the sharks. Look at all the sharks in the water, and they're doing nothing. Yeah, the old WWE was capable. This shit? Nah. (laughs) I never thought my wildest dream we'd be talking on here about Impact kicking their ass in the UK. The UK used to, I mean, come on. And then for them to to, to literally giving raises out, you know? They're having pizza parties every Friday. And ain't no beans and weenies for dinner tonight. Fuck that. Man. I know. <laughs> it's like things are going good for them, you know? This is what happens when you sleep on competition. It's incredible. Because so, your head's so far up your own ass, you don't see what somebody passed you to. Is it still a marathon? Yeah, I don't think so. I that, that shit every week till they fix it. That <laughs> was what they said that first week, right? When they lost the ratings war, they said, oh, you know, don't forget, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Well, WWE, this marathon has now gone on for four weeks of you getting your asses kicked. And even people who are supposed to be runners up and in third and fourth place are now running behind and catching up to you, you know? So y'all have not even left the finish. Y'all have not even left the starting block yet. I hope there's a fucking Gatorade stop somewhere on this marathon that they're on. <laughs> Because it's not looking great unless there's something drastic. I've never seen ratings change drastically like what they're describing is going to happen. Like, there's no reason for us to believe that next week 300,000 people are going to just jump over to WWE programming. There's just no reason to believe that. I think both will gradually decline as people get used to this new Wednesday thing. Because right now, curiosity is sort of elevating those ratings. And after a few weeks, the people that are going to stick with it will stick with it. And those that have had their fill are going to move on. But I don't think that it'll shift where the company that's now has three, four hundred thousand ahead of the other company is going to suddenly be behind unless something crazy were to happen. Which when you think about as much as I love AEW and as much as I love NXT, NXT is in a lot less of a position for something to happen that would make that kind of a dramatic shift. It's more of a by the books every day, take itself seriously wrestling company or wrestling brand rather where aew has more the kind of uh mixture hybrid which smackdown and raw seem to be failing at achieving where there's storylines there's character development there's turns and drama but there's also serious wrestling and a sports style to aew where there's shit to talk about when aew goes off of the air all they need to do is sign the right person turn the wrong person heel switch a stable form a stable change anything have somebody win a title lose a title bring in another title or anything anything that they do at the position that they're in is going to boost their ratings back up because it's different and that's the thing nxt is doing great i saw nxt this week fantastic but it's just a wrestling show it's like 205 live where what's happening on the show nothing really people wrestle they wrestle and it's good. You know? Mm. It's like nothing really changes. It's like there's not and that's part of the reason why I think two oh five live hurts itself and NXT hurts itself. They don't have enough pieces entwined in these in, in these storylines for it to really feel 
like a wrestling show. Everything feels like it's its own isolated thing with very few things crossing over. When you look at NXT, especially, they'll have matches and feuds, but those are self-contained matches and feuds. Nothing really ever branches out or extends beyond what it's there to do. It's almost like if you watch Saturday Night Live, like each each bit is its own little isolated thing. There's no continuity here where you have to watch it from the beginning. If you catch SNL like an hour in, you could just catch whatever's on and, the, and those are the things you caught. Fuck it. You didn't catch the other things. It's not like you had to be there for the first hours for this to make sense. That's NXT right now. They're like the Mad TV and the SNL of wrestling where it's good and it's entertaining, but there's no reason whatsoever for you to have to be there for the entire time. Each segment is its own thing where at least Raw SmackDown to a lesser extent, but AEW especially, they try to make this one seamless storyline. You're watching an episode of something where all of these characters are connected and related and some are friends and enemies. Some, And, you know, it definitely helps that shit that they're doing with people like MJF, where he's a heel, but he's best friends with Cody. So it involves different people where it feels like anything can happen. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like it's more of an important show to watch. So when you're in a situation where anything can happen and there's limitless possibilities for your show, anytime you need ratings... All you have to do is make something happen. You know, they're in the easiest spot they ever have to be and just make something happen. Jericho turned face one day, poof, there's some ratings for you. Bring in CM Punk one day, poof, or somebody else who we haven't seen in this company yet. Let's not forget how how deep the well goes. Everyone's been to WWE. They've had almost everyone on the roster in the world. Wrestlers, actors, ballerinas, ice skaters, terminators. You fucking name it. WWE puts everyone on their show. You know, juggalos, everything. They've had every kind of thing. They can't surprise you anymore, no matter what. They've had the president on there. You know what I mean? Who hasn't been on there? AEW, every time they get someone who's from somewhere else, it's a little more special. You're like, oh, wow, look, they got that guy. So people are invested. And and, and now they have it to the element to where... Every week you're look you're looking almost wondering is somebody going to show up? Not like oh I wonder who's going to show up, but is somebody going to show up? And when they show up, guess what? They do things with them. They become people, and they don't depend on it being just people and notoriety from other places either. When you look at it, their core talent and their core characters are homegrown or deep indie people who were never really super recognized by WWE. Kenny Omega was never in that company before. The Bucks were never in that company. I think they had a cup of coffee once on a SmackDown taping or something, you know. But really, LAX never was really, never there. You know, LAX, exactly. Those guys were never there. They're building their foundation on uh, people who had never even been there. And then the other extra guys are becoming the accessories. So it's easy for them to maintain those ratings. Easy and as on hell. top of that, they're not wanting them over there just so nobody else can have them. They genuinely want them to be a part of it. That's the problem with WWE when they bring these guys over. Everybody already knows you had no intention of pushing these guys. You just wanted to make sure they weren't anybody else. And that's what, unfortunately, it's becoming. You got one company that's saying, who can we use? How can we utilize them? How can we make the storylines more interesting? And then you got another wrestling company who's basically saying, we better get whoever's a free agent. That way they don't take them and use them properly in AEW. It's like, to me, that's a testament without them realizing it, that they themselves, almost by doing that, admit that they don't know how to use people as well. Because the only reason they don't want them in other places is because they're afraid they'll be used right. That's the thing. Nobody complains of WWE about bad wrestling. You know what I mean? It's everything else that goes along with it. The matches are fine. You know what, man? When I look at it, though, even NXT, there's a little bit less of a skip in their step with all three companies. And if part of it is the schedule and part of it is just it's a different work rate. It's a different style, if you will. But I think that's also a highly different kind of disadvantage where when you look at AEW, it looks fresh. It doesn't look anything like them. You know, 
NXT, unfortunately, and it's still a good show and it's still having good matches, but something lately about the pacing and the tone of it feels a lot more just like Raw and SmackDown. They've slowed them down, definitely. If you go back and watch early NXT, late FCW, it wasn't that different from New Japan or Ring of Honor. It just looked like organic wrestling. So it's still good, but I'm just saying they've slowed them down significantly. Like I've noticed this right away because one of my favorite things about NXT was how much it felt like the indies. It's, it feels a little bit less like it. There's a difference in the tone and the pacing. And again, they've even talked about how the schedule, AEW is not doing all these house shows. These guys are just freaking athletic and just going out there and doing, they can put their all into a match when they have the rest of the week off. And they're not doing these pointless house shows that aren't even being taped. You know, that schedule will fuck you up. And I and I think it just kind of shows. And also WWE micromanages and choreographs a lot of their matches to a point where it makes people have to think more. So when you're looking at the guys in the ring, there's just a pacing to it. And don't get me wrong. I've said on here before that when done properly, that slower, methodical pacing that a WWE match has works where guy, because that's really how it should be. If you get hit, you should be selling. You should be on the ground selling your jaw or whatever. There should be a point of everything shouldn't just be green like go 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 transition you know you know snapmare into a fucking kick into a boot into running hitting the ropes like there should be i like more of those matches that have that psychology where you got to slow the pace down you have to have a little bit more and of, of course the casual fans it's easier for them to watch as well you know it's easier for them to keep up with as opposed to a crazy japanese match where it looks like a fucking blur to them to us we see it to them they're seeing nothing so i get it when you when you when raw it has that happy medium but i don't think nxt needs that and they're starting to get that where the matches are a little bit more about the selling and storytelling and a lot less about the style and and uh athleticism so you don't need two shows doing the same thing no because selling can just be just as effective as offense because there's sometimes where aew i mean it's not as bad but there's sometimes i've seen it and it's just like this is a video game yeah yeah it depends and, and I, it's, it's like different flavors of ice cream or different flavors of anything where it's like it depends what you want sometimes my taste i want some crazy wild technical wrestling with a whole bunch of stuff and i don't need any story and uh sometimes i do like that and honestly there yeah. are the times that you just want to watch a raw where it, it's more like just crazy shit is happening but uh, yeah, I think that's what's happening, that either way, people have had their fill of the WWE product. And then at the end of the day, they are oversaturating their market by having five, six days a week of programming. Honestly, for me, it was an easy choice on Wednesdays to watch AEW before the party games on opens because it's such a refreshing thing to not be watching. I have to watch them Monday. You know, I have to watch them Sunday if there's a pay-per-view. I have to watch them this Friday for Saudi Arabia coming up. You know, you got to watch them um also on Fridays for SmackDown now. There's NXT yeah. on Wednesdays, which you now have to watch on demand at some other point since you're watching AEW. There's NXT UK if you want to keep up with that. You know, so after a while, it's kind of like they're oversaturating to the point where if people are going to be crazy enough to watch all this shit like we do, they're probably going to feel a little bit reflect. It's like a palate cleanser when you get to watch a different brand. Yeah, with AEW, it's just, okay, I got to watch AEW on Wednesday and then wait for Dark to show up and boom, that's it. It's not as exhausting trying to keep up with AEW as it's been with WWE. Like WWE and trying to block everything and put more content, they're burning some of their fan base out to where it's like, I want freaking chocolate ice cream instead of vanilla every day of the week. Like People are busy. Nobody has 15 hours to invest on a TV show. But they keep, but they keep cranking more on. Like it's not helping them. Like it's like, it's supposed to be helping everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm still able to 
sustain it but there are a lot of times that i just let things fly on they're like wwe uk as much as i like it i don't really get a chance to watch it as it is i have to watch raw because we're doing the show on mondays you know and thankfully i arranged the game night for wednesday so I'll, i'm there for that and then fridays for smackdown is kind of like iffy for me i may watch it i may catch on the man it's like it depends what i'm doing but that is a lot and then and then for them to be putting up a substandard product and then their solutions always okay we'll put another show on like no fix what's already here now yeah, sometimes uh, less is more. And this is one of those cases where it's not that we need all this. I think that there should be more exposure to more more people and less time, less shows. You know, you don't need more brand splits. You need brand yeah. reductions right now. Entertainment shouldn't be a chore. Exactly. And unfortunately, with the WWE nowadays, that's starting to be what it's becoming. It's becoming, okay, I have to schedule my life around 55 and a half different shows so I can be caught up instead of with AEW. It's like, all right. Got one show I got to knock out this week. I'll get to the other one when I can before the next episode, and you're good. Hey, what I like about AEW Dark, it has this vibe to where if you can't catch it the day it comes out, long as you catch it before the next AEW, you're good. Yeah. It feels like more of a, it feels a little bit more loose with trying to keep up with it. It's not as much of like you have to be right on the dot. Just make sure you're good to go within the next seven days well the thing, the thing about ww is that unfortunately they do have those fans though like they do have the fans that literally they don't have to schedule everything around them but they choose to there's literally and you can find the super fans out there that they put all of their income all of their entertainment income goes to wwe they're about buying the shirts buying the merchandise going to all the shows when they're in town locally some people as far as traveling wherever the show is and catching on you see the super fans sitting in the front row people who their their entertainment oh yeah consumption is specifically wwe and it's not that strange because you find people who their entertainment consumption is all baseball or all hockey or all novels or all magic cards like they're people like oh sure well we kind of we're jacks of all trade we we enjoy a little bit of everything which is why it's harder for us to keep up with all the content but the thing is wwe more or less leans towards those super fans that i have seen out there i mentioned to you guys the guy that girl who they interviewed on one of the wwe shows where she was like i follow Shawn michaels everywhere he goes back when she was when he was wrestling and she would just be at all his shows everywhere and it was like how the fuck is this even possible but people will do that so um that's really what they're depending on for a lot which isn't good i'm not saying it's good i'm just saying that unfortunately they have that privilege because they do have fans like that as strange as it seems they have those fans that will just go out there and uh and be loyal to just them you have you have friends that have that they love nothing but comic books i'm sure right you know some of you even have friends that unfortunately have no no common interest you're like, yeah. why the fuck are you there? Why are you friends with these people? Oh, it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> some of some of them, let's be real, because they shot with my store. So I mean, I, y'all know y'all out there. Don't 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 get shot now. Yeah. I'm gonna see something tomorrow. Like, why are you talking shit? Well, because that's what we do. You know, if you had a thing to do, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be shit talking to you. Right. <laughs> you, you'd, be, you'd be excluded from that classification. That's on you. So yeah, you should Check be apologizing to me for forcing me to have to bring you up. Right. If you had shit to do with your life and I just run my store getting pops and fucking fungal cereal, where the fuck that's, it is now. I mean, that's what you got to ask people. Whose fault is it? Yours for being lame or me for acknowledging it? <laughs> anyway, moving on. So Jack Hager, he had a match in, in Bellator and apparently he kicked somebody in their huevos. Yeah. What happened here? Do you, do you have any, any context to this? Um, Basically, I can't remember what round this was, but... um. One of the common techniques in mixed martial arts is knees to the thigh because it basically breaks the body down. 
Well, Mr. Hager, uh, gotta work on that aim a little bit, my friend. <laughs> well, we gotta go back. Yeah, and that oh. was not. That was the oh ball. That was uh, I believe that was the third one. The second one hit. The first one hit. I believe the high upper thigh. So it was more the shock. The second one hit dead on, he but it was. A, but the referee didn't catch it. He hit him right in his balls. Oh, dude, the instant grimace. Look at the way that dude hit the floor. He fell like a boss in an old 16-bit game. Like, I expected him to start blinking away. That dude crumpled. The motherfucker went, oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> I feel bad for him, but... <laughs> like, that was a kick to the balls. What are you doing, Swagger? What are you doing? You're killing me, you know? So it ended in a no contest. This is Bellator 231. Because he kicked him in the balls. Yeah. At one point, uh, Hager was really pissed off when they came back from um, the commercial break. He was like, can I go in the back? Why am I standing here? And I was like, well, you need a man in his nuts. So. And he tweeted and he said, say what you want about last night, but I call BS. Guy would actually need a pair of balls for me to hurt him. He was scared and didn't want to fight. Honestly, this is all just nuts. And he puts nuts in caps. Yeah, no, no pun intended, I'm sure. I love that Mark, logic. Mark, Mark 710 said that the guy who got kicked in the balls is going to talk like that singer from Earth, Wind, and Fire oh, now. fuck you. <laughs> I love that logic. Like, no, not, um, I apologize for what I did. Hopefully we can have a rematch. Just, oh, he never had to set a balls for me. Hit him in the nuts. No, dummy. See, and this is the reason why I don't like Bellator. And I'm not just trying to throw the company under the bus because I get that Swagger or Hager or whatever he's called not responsible for his own actions. But I just feel like there's just this level of unprofessionalism that comes with uh, being in this company. Like, I've noticed that I see things that are just... This is a fucking actual sport. This isn't... It's not even wrestling. I get that he's in wrestling. But there's too many times I've seen people on here just act out. and And it's been drama. And it's just felt a little ghetto like this feels more like it should be called world star bellator with some of the stuff that happened some of the promos like f-bombs are dropped all the time it just feels like a little less classy there's a little more tasteless for mma and um mm you know ufc wouldn't tolerate that their their fans wouldn't be as tolerant either like i couldn't imagine them allowing him to even be able to say something like that about somebody on social media i'm sure that they would police his social media because at the end of the day they are very respectable especially in the ufc when it comes to this sport and if you need somebody in the balls dude that's not cool there's literally no fucking excuse for that there's no calling them pussies or any of that like this is a professional sport you trained for. You went through a camp in order to do this. You had to cut weight, I imagine. You know, people wanted a clean fight. That's what the whole purpose of this shit is for, you know? So, I mean, exactly. yeah, I don't know why that's his thing. I don't know if he thinks that he's working or getting heat, but this isn't wrestling, my dude. Don't don't work and get heat. That's You not don't want to get heat in mixed martial arts. You know, like, I don't know. And I and why did, you know, you would think that he'd be trained better than to kick somebody to knee somebody. For you to tell me that, that was the third knee of the fight, like, who the hell is he training? Who's, who's his um, camp? Like, I don't, I don't even know whose fucking camp is. <laughs> I yeah. See, I've seen stuff like that happen maybe on accident. It'll happen, like, one time. And then you'll see the fighter adjust to make sure that it can't happen again. He made no adjustments. Yeah, yeah, he just was. He just, was just kept a throwing stick. knees. Like, yeah, this is why everybody can't be a fighter. Some people don't like. Do, you, do, you can't even aim. Like, baby maker. Yeah, he's not making any babies. 
Anyway, fucking swaggle. Let's be well, real. Well, it's huh? on the Burger King Whopper sign or the Burger King sign, so. You would be one to notice that. Yeah. So apparently, this is a tweet that's loading up still, but this is um him hanging out. Batista was at the Bellator event. He was hanging out with all the Inner Circle guys, including Swagger. Oh God, Batista the AEW. Oh, it was a swerve. Well, he's not signed to WWE right now, right? So Fighting like is he's not. No. Yeah, so he could do Just whatever Disney. the hell he wants. He could be seen with AEW slash Bellator guys. And uh, he won't really do anything. But yeah, no, I think that was really unprofessional. I was, I had no interest in watching his match anyway. Like I said, I think that if you're, if you're still a worthy fighter, you'll be in the UFC. You know, it feels like Bellator's the, you know, just has a lot of older seasoned fighters. He's in Bellator because he would get CM Punk if he came to the UFC. Bellator is the place you go to if you just want to try it out, see how it works. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm just a little disappointed, but wouldn't expect nothing less from them, man. All right. Uh, what do we, else do we got going on here? I'm dying to wrap up because we are running kind of late here. What is the, uh, I guess is it time for the next Halloween story? Should I carve off a little bit more of this shit? Uh, I have the next, I have, I still have the Amityville story. All right. Yeah. Well, then let's do it. Leroy. No, I'm kidding. Let's get this done. All right. So everybody's heard about Amityville. You know, you've probably seen the movie or even read the book or, you know, if you haven't, you've at least heard of the movie. But what a lot of people don't know is that the book and the movie doesn't really cover what happened before the Lutzes moved in and some of the things were changed and altered in the movie, obviously. Um, it's supposed, it, the movie is supposedly based on true events, but it isn't true events. So, the house at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York, is an actual real place where murders actually did occur. Um, in the movie, that is not the actual house, that is a mock-up of the real building. However, a year before the infamous Lutzes moved in, the Defoe family lived there. Um, the father was Ronald Defoe Sr., who was a car salesman. His wife, he had his wife Louise. There's three sons, Ron Jr., also known as Butch, Mark, and John, and their two daughters, Allison and Dawn. Um, what we know for sure is that on November 14, 1974, Ron Defoe Jr., who is also known to have been a drug addict, a drunk, and have a bad temper, showed up at his local bar freaking out and asking for help. He had supposedly spent the whole day out with friends and returned home to find his whole family dead, killed with a 35 caliber Marlin rifle, each one still in their beds, all laying face down. When police arrived, Butch... Ron Defoe Jr. claimed a mafia hitman had killed all of them. However, quickly things began to unravel as he was being questioned. Um, he had not spent, he had, he told the police he had not been there the night before and that he was stayed out with his friends all day, that he had got into an argument with his father the day before and went to and then came home, found them, 
And instead of calling 911 or anything like that, he went to the local bar to see, to his local bar to see if he could get some help. Um, and this is where things start to get weird. Um, his lawyer, uh, despite Defoe under pressure from the police and confessing, started claiming that Defoe was hearing voices that were telling him to kill his family. I personally think that's not too far a stretch for a heroin addict, but, you know, I'll let you decide. Am I, so su- the am I supposed to have this, uh, am I supposed to have this video running already? Because I do. It, it, it I, yeah, you can have it running. I do want to tell you the graphics are, or the, some of the images in the graph, or some of the images are pretty graphic. Okay. Um, uh, the other night, the other thought would be is how no one woke up. They found all six bodies, the parents, the two girls, and the two boys dead in their beds face down. Like, no one thought to wake up when they heard the gunshot. That, to me, sets off alarm bells. You know, like, why wouldn't... I don't know, if I had heard a gunshot... It's not like I would stay in bed and just, you know, pretend that the, it, I didn't hear anything. I'd either go check it out or I would take off, you know. But the re- police report states that he shot his father twice, then his mother twice, then systematically moved through the house, killing the rest one by one. I mean, I, I still have to question it because doesn't anyone reload anymore? While we know Defoe owned a Mar- a thirty-five caliber Marlin rifle, I-, I don't think it's like an automatic gun. I don't think it's you, you can just you'd have. I think there'd be time to, that you'd have to reload. And supposedly all of them died within fifteen minutes of each other. Anyway, later. Anyway, Butch goes to jail, and he's about to seek trial while the house is being sold buy the state and the Lutzes buy it. Why do they buy it? Why not? It's in their budget. They don't believe in stuff like bad juju, ghosts, and evil presences. However, it's not long before things go wonky. George and Kathy Lutz are newlyweds. They moved in with their three children that Kathy had by a previous marriage, Daniel, Christopher, and Missy. If you've seen the movie or read the book, this is the family you should be familiar with. So I'm going to save some time and just state that basically, according to the, L- the Lutzes, the movie is an over-dramatization. But for those who haven't, the Lutzes basically lived in the house for 28 days of terror. Being religious, when they moved in, they contacted a priest to bless their house, Father Man- Mancusco, and he, he came to do just that. But as he was going through the house, he entered one of the rooms that used to be the murdered Defoe's brother's room, and claimed, while he didn't know that that was their room at the time, he heard a voice tell him to get out. But not to scare the Lutzes, he recited the, you know, a blessing, and told them as in warning that no one should sleep in that room. And so the Lutzes listened and turned the room into a sewing room. 
beyond the typical cold spots and weird feeling of being watched in the house and that sometimes people get in a new place and I smack quotes around that when they feel like it's a haunted house there are a few events that they claim are absolutely true they state that green ooze started coming out of the walls that black stains were appearing in the bathroom and if you're thinking mold well, they'd only live there less than a month. So that's a big quick quick for those things to just begin happening. Um, George on occasion thought he or George on one occasion, the the father, thought he had heard a marching band in his living room and when he went to investigate everything, furniture, pictures, every single thing had been shoved to one side of the room. George would also wake nightly and be chilled to the bone about, at about around 3 a.m. or so and go downstairs to start a fire every night. He said he also woke once to watch his wife turning into a hag while she slept. And another night she was levitating off the bed. Um, the wife also had it pretty bad, not as rough as the husband, but she had it pretty bad as she would often complain about being grabbed, hit, and had scratches. So she decided to put up a large, being religious, decided to put up a large crucifix in her living room, only to find it was then supposedly hanging upside down and admitting a sour smell when she came from the Um In the movie, there were flies. However, in this movie, in, in reality, there was no report of flies However, there was a gold lion statue that Kathy's wife kept stating that kept moving positions in the living room. So George went and moved it upstairs and locked it away, only to come downstairs the next day to be grabbed and tripped by it with teeth marks being left in George's leg. The statue had somehow gotten downstairs on its own said also that the children used to be well behaved basically but they had turned into brats and George and Kathy's personalities seemed to be changing as well including some people that knew him claimed that they started hitting their children with belts for minor offenses George losing his temper and just going off on everyone when he was used to be a very easy going guy um and by this time, George was spending most of his time outside chipping wood or chopping wood just nightly just to ward off the chills that he kept waking up to at around 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. Oddly, that's the same time that the police estimate when the murders happened, but never released that information um, before before uh, Defoe went on trial. Um the children also started sleeping laying down in their beds, face down, um, which was the position, again, that all the Defoe family children were found in when the police arrived. There's also little Missy, the little girl who claimed to have a friend named Jody, which was a demonic pig with red eyes that spoke to her and played games with her. Um, George claims to have seen hoof prints outside in the snow that winter. 
And his wife claims to have once seen the pig standing on Missy's bed in her room behind her, staring at Kathy. The Lutzes decided that they needed help, but the priest that had come to bless the house before refused to return to do another blessing, claiming things hadn't been going well for him since. He continually suffered burns on his hands and claimed he felt unwell. And his car, in his, in the priest's words, had seemingly become possessed. Wipers and doors randomly going off and going haywire until his car just died. When he had it looked at, no mechanic could figure out what was wrong with the car. This led to the family to taking their cross, the large cross that Kathy had hung, and moving through the house reciting prayers to try to cleanse the house of any bad spirits to which at one point a voice they claim hearing a voice that said will you stop already and what's theorized that led to the ultimate fleeing of them from the house was George Lutz finally on like on the 28th day waking up in the middle of the night and trying to attack his family so they left without their leaving all their possessions everything behind now what gets a lot of people is thinking you know is it real or is it a hoax is butch ron defoe jr who was uh going on trial at the time um claimed started to claim it was really his sister who killed everyone that his confession was coerced and that he oh coerced and that he only killed his sister in retaliation and he also claims that the whole hearing voices and all the supernatural events in the house are George, are George Lutz and his lawyer so that they could claim the house made him do it, go for the insanity plea, and Mr. Lutz could, Lutz could try to sell his house back to the state under buyer beware policies because Mr. Lutz couldn't afford the house. However, Mr. Lutz and his family dispute and stick by everything that happened. Um, if it was a matter of finances for the Lutz, it actually looking into it wasn't really an issue. Like it was stated because Mr. Lutz had already sold two homes, his mother's and his previous one to buy the house at 112 Ocean Avenue and had a good down payment for it. Plus, he know, he could cut out fees of renting space for his business because he moved his basement to the base his business to the basement of the house as well as he no longer had to moor boats publicly anymore. He had a private dock at the house, so he didn't have to pay those rental fees so they could easily afford to live at that house and take care of it. Um, There was also a whole paranormal investigation with Lorraine Warren and others. Yes, the same Lorraine Warren of Conjuring fame. Um, I'm not going to go deep into the paranormal investigation um because i i honestly don't have all the facts and it is kind of getting late but lorraine does claim that she will never set foot in the house again even if paid one billion dollars that and that it's as close to hell as she ever hopes to come um they also uh caught a freaky picture of what looks like the youngest defoe brother Mind you, this is the late 70s where photo editing is not really a huge thing, but not impossible. 
um, standing by uh, a ghostly version of the youngest one standing by its stairs. So it basically comes down to the words of a murderer and his lawyer versus a family with no real reason to lie and some paranormal investigators. So, you know, if you want to know more, you can Google about it. I do have a few links I can share in the chat. Um, Just grab them real quick. It's funny how many things happened that they stood around for. That's the part that makes me a little bit skeptical. Like, I couldn't imagine myself buying a house, having a priest come into it and be like, yeah, yeah, it's a really nice place, really beautiful. Um, You know, set up your Rick and Nintendo Switch over there, have a pool over here. Get out. Just, just one thing. <laughs> just one thing. So I checked one of those rooms upstairs and listen, whatever you do, don't anyone sleep in it. Okay, we'll make that the sewing room then. Anything else? You know, I could just couldn't imagine being, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. What do you mean? I'm leaving. I'm moving. I'm calling my real estate. What are they, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be, whatever you do, don't have anyone sleep in that room. Really? I'm going to, I'm going to live in a house. They didn't believe in those types of shenanigans at, and at the time. And they, and Kathy, I guess her idea was, is this was her, her dream home. Yeah, you know, bet. this was supposed to be their 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 new place, new life, start over, etc. So, does anybody have any idea or theories as to what the hell's going on? I'm talking the, about the, out of out of you beyond, guys beyond the whole it, the whole thing was made up or it wasn't. Yeah, That's, like I'm asking you guys in the in the in the call. Does anyone have any theories or ideas as to what the hell's with this house or this situation? I, I got nothing. I, it's always been the most bananas thing I've ever heard in my life. Like so much of it's so been, weird. Like, there may have been something there, but it's probably exaggerated. Yeah, I mean it. It, I, it it's definitely exaggerated with the movies. Uh, they even George Lutz says that that's exaggerated with the movies. We, you know, the events didn't happen. Every single second that they were there, they would have something and then a few days would go by and then something else would happen. They were only there for 28 days, though. Longer than that I would have been all there. this supposedly took place. That is longer than I would have been there, especially being there. I'm assuming a white middle class family, at least. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. I mean, they, you know, for all they know, they thought, oh, well, neighbor kids playing pranks at first, you know. You had green ooze come out of your walls. You heard a voice say, get out. Right. A priest told you not to sleep in a specific room. You saw your wife turn into a fucking hag in front of your very eyes. You saw a demon pig standing over your daughter's bedroom. I mean, at what point did you just either get your fucking Ghostbusters license or get the fuck out? You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm the kind of person... yeah, go ahead. The room that has the room that has the gateway to hell. Can we sublet that? Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> rent that one. Rent that one out. I'm the kind of person where if I was to see like a freaking mosquito in my house, or if a mouse managed to slip in, I'm on edge. Let alone a fucking. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> let, let alone a fucking demon pig. <sighs> you know, there's some things I will cancel an episode for. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Let me ask you this: Would you? Let me ask you this though: Would you cancel the episode and then hang yourself with said Ethernet cable? <laughs> I don't know what I would do in that situation. It's just weird how it's just such a strange thing that one of those things that missed mentioned will be enough for me to uproot my life from that place. 
let alone to yeah, just have that many things happen. If you get up in the morning and everything you own is on one side of the room, I, I would just turn around and go, we don't need this stuff no more. Let's go. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would probably be the same way. But, Where are we you going? Know, We're going to Disneyland. I'll give it from, what, from what I gather from everything I'm reading was reading is like they, they kept thinking, you know, Maybe this was a prank at first, or maybe, you know, it was just cold, like a wind chill, because it is winter, or... Can you imagine seeing all your stuff turned in a room and being like, hmm, that's strange. Do you guys think that this has to do with that ooze out of the walls or that demon pig? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know how elaborate you think some people are, but it's like, Jesus Christ, like a prank, really? Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, you know, the, they, they probably tried to write some of the stuff off to, you know, explanations. Little girls, they have a wild imagination. I don't ever want to see the I, pig. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be in 100 yards of somebody with that level of denial. <laughs> <laughs> that shit happens and you don't run. You get the fuck away from me because you don't care about your life or mine. Well, they they also dropped all of their finances into this house. I mean, they they had they could afford the house, but they dropped everything into it. So they, you know, picking up and just moving again wasn't exactly the first option in their mind. It, it should have been, been the first, me. fourth, sixth, and eighteenth. It would have been for me yeah. as I slowly rent that place out, even if that's what it took. It'd be like I'm rooms for rent, motherfuckers. I'm gonna rent this place from top to bottom until it's it's subletting my income for me to get out of here. Let them fight the demons. I'm out. When you have um, to, when you write your mortgage check and you have to put in pay of order to Zul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's just no way I would be able to leave so quickly. Like I wouldn't care about anything if something like that happened. The demon pig would have been enough. It would have been enough. There would have been no question. All you would have seen was a cloud of smoke from how fast I would have fucking got out of there. Hmm, there was a demon well, pig I, that was I above handed, my daughter's room. I think I handed another clip that was like 30 seconds of Lorraine Warren talking about her visit to that house years later. Let me cue this up. And while we're doing that, though, so your overall thoughts are hoax or not a hoax or I, I think I think it's an overly exaggerated. I think there is there's something there, but it's overly exaggerated of what it was. Because yeah. I think they wanted out of the house after a certain point. You see what I'm saying? You now they won't even that, talk uh, about it. You got to believe that there has to be, if, assuming that there are other layers of existence, you got to believe that there's some place where there's a hole that leads from one to the other. If that's, if that's where that one is, though, that sucks. Somebody needs to get in there with the plaster and cover that shit up. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, when we were we were uh, doing that Minecraft story mode, cover up the hole, put the sign down. All right, let's see what she has to say here. Why did it happen to me? Warning! Really oh. No, I do not have the answers for that. I played places like Amity. <coughs> that if you gave me one billion dollars, I wouldn't go in the house again because. It messed up my life and my husband's life. Terrible, horrible, horrible place. Oh, it's terrible. That it, that's where I levitated with my body in that home. And 
it was the things that happened there were terrible. Really, really terrible. She didn't go into detail. Yeah. She sounded like Seth yeah. MacFarlane is fucking married. It was really, really hard. You know, oh like she, well, she says, it was really, really terrible. Terrible. Just terrible. You have no idea how terrible it was. Really, really terrible. Bad, man. Like really bad shit. You know? She yeah, I just, I won't even talk about it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't blame her, I guess. That is, uh, that is messed up. And yes, they said she's passed that house in the car. I have as well. And I felt sick passing it in the car but you got a question is that because you knew you were passing it in the car because you knew all of the stories or whatever i definitely 100 percent felt terrible having had a relative drive me past there once but again first you just got a question if it would would you have felt terrible if you you got to test it take somebody there and don't tell them and see if they feel terrible i, I had a house someone's been murdered in and i didn't experience quite quite that level of anything i had uh I had like kitchen cabinet doors opening and closing and you'd make excuses for them like, oh, it's the wind or, you know, it just creaked open, stuff like that, you know, and they were brand new kitchen cabinets. They shouldn't do that. But, you know, you, you make excuses or you'd hear a sound and go, oh, it's the cat. You see, you're, you're the opposite. I'm, I'm, I've always been the opposite side of the spectrum with anything. I don't even need there to be any pre-existing proof for me to hear a sound and be like, is that a fucking murderer? <laughs> you know that could happen that could happen right now and i'm always going to start at the first worst case scenario and work my way down like if i heard something right now on the air with you guys my first thing is murderer you know why am i going to start at the bottom i'm not going to start at mailman and milkman and work my way up and shit. I'm gonna start at the top murderer demon what's happening stranger slowly, danger. you start at the top and you slowly lower it back down until it's like ah just a mouse you know but start at murderer Take my advice. Write it down. Start a murderer. God damn it. I knew you were going to make me do it. <laughs> Can never be too I purposely safe. didn't say anything. You don't, want to be, you don't want to be wrong, you know? That one time no. you were like, shit, it really was a murderer. <laughs> oh, learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah, you got to give them the bush logic, right? You fool me once. Shame on, uh, shame on you. You fool me twice and, uh, well, you don't fool me again. <laughs> well, you can't fool me again because I'm already dead. Yeah, but that won't that won't be a repeat mistake. Trust me. That's the end of that. Oh man. All right, so we're not gonna have time to cover everything. We're gonna have to piggyback some stuff to next week because that's how much shit there is, you know. Yeah. But uh, is there anything that you that happened this week? I mean, obviously we have the Saudi Arabia. Uh, show coming up this upcoming Friday. I, I don't think that we needed a poll for that or needed to vote on yeah, the matches uh, or anything. Thursday, I believe. Oh, it's Thursday. Whatever. I'm boycotting, I'm boycotting it. You too, huh? Yeah, we all are, right? Because <laughs> you know, Squire, that's going to totally make them not do this deal that they signed for 10 years. Yeah, you know, we had people boycott it a year ago and a year later here it is still happening again and the numbers are higher, so bleh. And the um, year before that? Too. Well, I wasn't planning to watch it anyway. So. You're not a wrestling fan. You don't count. Yeah, but not uh, anymore. Yeah, but so yeah, this Thursday, whatever we have, I, do do we need a poll or anything up? I don't know if you guys know. We, we really there. don't. Like, we never really do a poll for this event. Yeah, all right. I mean, I feel like we did, but it doesn't matter. This Thursday, though, we'll be doing the uh, Saudi Arabia. So we're hearing WWE still trying to get the girls over there. We don't. I don't think it's happening though. Aside from that, anything stand out? I want to go through all of the weeklies, but anything special stand out in the weeklies to you? To me, the main thing, which I want to bring up before I forget, Finn Balor's heel turn. 
That was excellent. That's because I, cool. I liked that when he did it, it wasn't just like the generic like punch to the back or like clothesline. He used the Pele. Yeah. Which it really showed how that move properly bent to do. It's a sudden strike you don't see coming because he took his jacket off and then just went straight into it. But like that, that drop kick where he knocked the guardrail over was, I don't think I've ever seen him hit one so high speed. Yeah, it's interesting that they decided to turn him, and he does remind me more of his Fergal G- David gimmick in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I think I like that better than the demon, the smiling demon shit that they've been doing, you know. But, um, you know, the, something, anything at this point to give this guy something different from what he is. Sometimes a good heel turn with the right person is all that it takes, you know. And uh, what do you guys think about it? Do you, you think that Finn Balor heel in NXT is going to be something that's worth it? It'll be yeah, different. It should be. I, I thought that what they would do is Tommaso Ciampa will be the one that turns and joins uh, the Undisputed Era since pretty much all of those guys are Ring of Honor. Which, by the way, that's something else I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, NXT is basically just Ring of Honor. It's just such a Ring of Honor show. It's ridiculous. I watched an episode of Ring of Honor. Everyone in the ring was Ring of Honor. Donovan Dijak, Ring of Honor. Keith Lee, Ring of Honor. Leo Rush, Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like, everyone in the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole and the other Red Dragon guys and the Dojo Brothers and fucking literally everyone's ring of honor you know so i mean they, it was just funny to see that many people all you got nigel mcginnis on commentary you know it's just uh it's a ring of honor world that's why that company is going out of business or pretty much falling apart because there's like their entire yeah. rosters over here and nxt's become ring of honor minus the abortion of matt even being world champion so here's the infamous heel turn It's not so much him joining the Undisputed Era as it looks like it's just him starting a feud with Gargano. Yeah, because, this is what he meant by um his I guess his future will define his past or something. Yeah, because when you look at it, like you know, basically he let the Undisputed Era make quick work of Tommaso Ciampa, and uh, he targeted Gargano. Yeah, Gargano's almost taken his place as one of the most popular guys in NXT. And he just kind of sits and watches, you know. And then he goes for Gargano at the end and leaves them to do their stuff. That doesn't mean there won't be some sort of a loosely based alliance between him and the Undisputed Era. But uh, right now it looks like they're just pushing towards a feud with uh, Balor being the antagonist. What's the speed he generates? That was bad. When I saw that, I was like, holy shit. But you know what? I forgot about one thing. It got worse because what happened next? What's that? The Bloody Sunday. On the ramp. Yeah, he did give him a really nasty bloody Sunday. What did it call? Nah, no, not, not, not no punk ass 1916. He gave that man a bloody Sunday. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. And then Carl Anderson tweeted, of course, and he said, what took you so long, Prince? And then uh, Lou Gallows tweeted and he put, here we go, Ski. And then AJ Styles <laughs> tweeted and he put, well, well, well. <laughs> what do we have here? So there's some teasing going on there, huh? You know, but it ain't gonna happen. They're never gonna give us the full freaking Bullet Club. I don't even know why they bother to do that. See, see that would be a us. good idea. That would actually help them. Yeah. So that, that's what the big thing, the Finn Balor heel turn, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that was yeah. the biggest thing in the week. Yeah, for WWE, it was unexpected. 
Everything what? else was just chuffer. Was there anything else? What is that Darth, what is that Darth Vader breathing I got going on there? It's starting to scare me. Is it part of the Halloween? <laughs> it sounded like it. Whatever. But yeah, there's another clip here. I think this is from one of those the WWE backstage show of Finn Balor here. Which that show looks terrible, by the way. But you know, whatever. We got something from it. I look at you. I I, I feel a, a different sense in Phil Finn Balor. I, I see a different look in Finn Balor's eyes. Do we see a different Finn Balor or is this just the old Finn Balor coming out? I say this is a real Finn Balor. You're a big fan of my work from before WWE, right? Oh, yeah. It's the real Finn Balor. Anything else happen? We have AEW Dark, which had Taz at commentary. Yeah. Taz back at the booth. Yeah, good old Taz. You know, you can't tell me you're not proud of that. It was good to see him. I I I was happy to see him. Oh. Yeah, we can start hearing that again. I'm pretty sure he already made it into Botchamania. He made a few bad calls. <laughs> For a moment there, I was like, how did they get his theme? <laughs> you do. They bought the theme from WWE. They got the money. They could do it. Yeah, he did have a theme though, right? He came out. They it, it wasn't aired, but they put it on the internet. Let me bring this here and see what it is. I've never heard it before. The human suplex machine. None of us have fucking pubes. Nope. Last time you were the human suplex machine, Austin made you put the shirt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask it with a belt. I remember those days. But yeah, Taz had commentary. Very interesting world we live in where you have Tony Schiavone in the same um, announced team as people like Jim Ross on the same show as people like Taz all together. You know, but Taz hasn't broken his old habits because Joey Janela goes over Brandon Cutler with a superplex and Taz calls it a brain buster. And then to make matters worse, they show slow motion instant replay. And instead of adjusting and correcting himself, he now emphasizes the impact on the neck. But you just called it a brain buster. So maybe you don't emphasize the impact on the neck. And uh by the way, it was a superplex. So, you know. <laughs> What a maneuver. So good old Taz. Nothing like that. Um, They also did that undesirable to deniable with QT Marshall being the person Cody wrote his interviewing talking about how he met him at Ring of Honor and he helped him and and QT Marshall helped him at All In. And then Cody saw some movie that QT Marshall did about getting hired in WWE and what he went through. I didn't even know he did a movie, Uh, but he said the QT is one of the six people around there that does everything. And then he talked about how he got into Ring of Honor and he felt undesirable there and he popped two discs in his neck and he wound up having to settle down and open up a wrestling school. But now he's medically clear to wrestle, so I guess they're going to be doing something with QT Marshall going forward. 
Uh, we have the librarian with Leva Bates with, uh, once again, a promo shitting on Philadelphia with Le- Leva sort of always playing sort of like the reluctant face. Um, that led to the match with her and Nyla Rose with the finish being Nyla going over with that beast bomb that she does. Um, strong hearts. Same man, T-Hawk went up against Private Party. I mean, sorry, they were with Private Party against Cody, Dustin, and the Young Bucks with the finish being Dustin going over with the final reckoning. Um, you know, good match. I like that little sequence where Cody early in the match, he does the crawling to the corner hot tag when there was literally no need for it yet. There was like no tension. He wasn't hurt, but even so, like just for a regular tag, he did the thing where he crawled struggling and then dived to, to, to tag Dustin. I was just like, that's so over dramatic. Um, and also Brandy doing the flipping senton spot, which uh, I don't remember why it is storyline wise, but she announced on social media that she's not going to be following or dealing with the guy anymore. You know, like she wants to take time off from from managing Cody. I guess she considers herself a distraction. I guess more storyline stuff there. Um, I don't know. I yeah, because yeah, Cody's so dialed in about this uh, world title match. Yeah, which we talked about last week. How you know he was he was distracting everything. Any any special stuff stand out to you specifically with this? I mean, I did like the fact that uh, Jericho was was in the uh, up on the top with his uh, with his guys with the inner circle where they bought tickets. That was actually really funny. You know, and he got the, they actually made that a shirt. He has the, I got a ticket shirt. Of course he makes that shirt because it's fucking Jericho. Yeah. So but it sold, but it sold more than Jordan Myers shirt. Yeah. It's an, I got a ticket shirt, which I'm going to share on the screen here. I think the funny part about it is that imagine somebody wearing that at a WWE event. It's such a middle <laughs> finger to them. But I got a ticket. Check the shirt. <laughs> I got a golden ticket. <laughs> There you go. What the AEW's colors of gold? We out here. He made it on one hour tees. Due to popular demand, hashtag I've got a ticket shirt is now available now for a limited time at shopaw.com. Sure, just gonna make a gimmick out of everything he does. The sad part about it is it'll almost always get over. That's the worst part about it. Mm-hmm. I had bread on my sandwich. That may be a shirt. Yeah, and there, and let's not forget during his match, he Cody had a match against Jericho, and the two of them fought all the way like up to the top when you're you know where they have the the tickets and the uh the food and everything, and uh they fought next to the Dippin' Dots, which uh you know that was a tense moment for everyone, for the fans, for myself because we were worried about the safety of these Dippin' Dots, and uh that was incorporated into the storyline, which I thought was really uh funny and then dipping dots went on their twitter and they put said do us a favor don't hurt the dipping dots and we'll make you a flavor rocky roads so if he wants a, if he wants rocky roads you know watch out for those dipping dots when you guys are fighting out there man lots don't of unhappy people up. if they get wrecked during that shit don't you yeah. fuck up this deal yeah don't screw this up for all of us don't hurt the dipping dots that could be a name but i'm not going to use that one i know you got excited right you were like is that going to be the new name no it won't no, i was just like at that point we just reaching yeah, people be like, "What the hell are dipping dots?" <laughs> Do they have pumpkin okay. spice ones? Let's see. Is this the video of them fighting by them? I don't know how he punched out the window. That was great. Yeah, this and is he, it. He wrapped the thing around his hand like it was like, "Oh, it was amazing." That the whole thing. I got them to throw the dipping dots. <laughs> <laughs> I like the emotion in JR's voice. Like, he really sold that shit. I got them in the store of the dipping dots. Roger. I got them in the store of the dipping dots. Oh, AEW. He's All had right. a couple dipping dots before. 
Yeah. Anything else before we wrap up here? We talked a little NXT. What happened relevant on SmackDown? Anything oh, that gosh. stand out to you? Just make it quick, please. We all want to leave. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary, honestly. It's <laughs> just more of the, um, well, that, that ass whooping that, uh, Brock dished out to Kane, um, that was, Ray. that was funny. He took Dominic and what did he do? He F5'd him on top of the last yeah, he, F- he F5'd, uh, Ray onto Dominic. No, he F5'd Kane onto Dominic. Yeah, in the back. He beat their asses on the stretcher Yo, and everything. That was the great, he walked through and just, it happened so fast. That's what made it funny. <laughs> Yeah, he walked in there and just ripped everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember SmackDown too much in my head. I'm trying to go off of memory about in regards to matches or anything relevant that happened. But I think that was the main thing was the Brock Lesnar thing. And Daniel yeah. Bryan never really answered. He was he was essentially Sami Zayn and Nakamura tried to recruit him and he didn't answer yes or no. They just kind of left it up in the air. Yeah, those stories were more the standout of the whole night. Yeah. SmackDown wasn't bad. It was good. Like I said, it was just we're in a bit of a rush to get out of here because there's a special episode and stuff, you know, so we've already gone way over. But, you know, we're just trying to pick, cherry pick, like, the good things that were the most relevant as far as that goes, you know. Um, We already talked the ratings. And then I guess the last main important thing is Raw. Um Yeah, I'll make that sound, make it sound so wonderful. Uh, as far as the Raw from tonight goes, I only really remember a bit of it. I know the Kabuki Warriors turning on Paige was a big deal because Paige came out with the Kabukis and then Asuka sprays her with the green mist and she's crying yep. and screaming. And this leads to the Becky Lynch running and we get Becky Lynch versus Kyrie Sane with Becky going over via Disarmor. And um, I like this match. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to the WWE style. This had a big fight feel to it, and uh, it was done very well. And the crowd was into it the entire time. Um, you know, so I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. R-Truth showing up for the first time, but without Carmella. It's not as fun without her. It's kind of like I still hear her in my head doing the the lines that she's supposed to do, and I kind of retconned it so that R-Truth goes back to just doing the song by himself. Um which he has a match against Buddy Murphy, but then Buddy Murphy winds up going over because they have the fucking 24-7 title and all those stupid antics are going on with that. Uh, running um, around the ring like a bunch of idiots. Yeah. And I probably blame it on him being dizzy. Like, he didn't have to run. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Drew McIntyre faces Ricochet, finish being um, RKO out of nowhere because literally he RKOs Ricochet out of his boots. Ricochet literally the top of his head hits the mat. With this nasty RKO that he receives. Um, it's funny how Ricochet's become as talented as he is. They use him more like a Spike Dudley bump machine. Um, even McIntyre, he needs to chill out with that crucifix into the corner. You know, the razor's edge he does Yo, into the corner. he threw him from way too far back. Yeah. Remember when you were a kid, you used to rustle your pillow? That's what that was. Yeah, the way he tossed him. You gotta be careful. For a while, the razor's edge was banned. That's the reason why, uh, they, uh, they gave Seamus white noise. Because he couldn't use the Celtic cross anymore, because it's essentially just the razor's edge, outsider's edge, whatever. Um, and it's a, it's a very dangerous move. Ironically, just a little side info here. The move that Seamus uses that he calls white noise is actually called the Celtic cross. Yeah. Finley originally started doing it before. Yeah. Then the one that's the, that they call the Celtic cross, which is that crucifix power bomb is just a fucking crucifix power. It's razor's edge. Yeah. You know. Which even before it was called the Celtic Cross, it was, I think, the Air Raid Siren. So. Yeah. Sincara has a girlfriend now. He comes out with Catalina. And it's against Andrade, Cien, Cienamas, and Selena. And uh, I don't know why commentary called him Dimezilla. I don't know what the fuck that's about. 
or what, what, what the whole story stupid. of that was. But, uh, there's a sequence where Catalina counters Selena's Hurricane Rana and slams her into the barricade, but Andrade still manages to, to, um, sneak in a cover when, uh, Sankara gets distracted by the entire thing. Um, the only really big upset in this was that they finally incorporated somebody into the roster with a bigger ass than Bailey. Right, Bailey, but that, that, that Pam ass was dethroned. Yeah, dethroned because that Catalina chick's ass was like all over the place. There was like a cheek for each segment. That bitch got a lucha ass. Yeah. She had like the real deal going on. I, I never thought Bailey's ass would be dethroned, but this thing was just popping out. You couldn't wait there for Mania? Like, come on, man. Yeah. I, 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 how you spoil the lucha cake on Raw? Like, what the? What was the other stuff that happened? Charlotte and Natalia jobbed out the Iconics. Uh, what I mean, that's what they do now. <laughs> what, what else happened? Help me out here. We got, uh, oh, God. We, we had, uh, AJ Styles versus Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, which uh, yeah, that was that was decent enough because they approach him backstage. They're being all cocky and stuff, and uh, yeah, that leads to I believe he loses to the calf crusher, right? Yeah, he uh, yep. make he I think he took a he hopped in the air. AJ almost shoulder tackled him in the leg, and then got him with the calf crusher. Yeah, and then afterwards they they try to do code of honor, but they really did to kick his ass more. And uh, yeah. I believe who runs it from was it the street profits? street profits? Yeah, yeah, they run in, they they give him the save. Uh, the final segment was what we talked about earlier. It was it was Rusev. Uh, it was King's Court. Jerry Lawler's out there to interview Rusev about the fact that his wife Lana is fucking Bobby Lashley, and then Bobby Lashley uh, is out there, and Rusev is out there. Well, mainly it's Lana who. Uh, talks about how the reason she left rusev is because rusev liked to have sex he's a sex addict he'd want to have sex all the time backstage at the doctor's office at the dentist at toys r us at, and i'm just making places up now but it was ridiculous they were talking <laughs> about all the places where rusev would fuck lana and that this is the reason she left him and went with this big muscular black guy because they have less sex apparently is what the story is supposed to be you know i'm not exactly sure how this works or whatever but she said figure you know if i'll take black dick instead and it'll be less than having to be aggressive all the time. Oh my exactly god! So this was the whole reason for this. Um, I don't even know what the hell. How, I don't remember how it went to an altercation. I think that essentially Lashley just attacks him from behind, and then Lana slaps him, and the two of them get the upper hand and La- beat the hell out. Lana said something weird about like, "Oh, Russo cheated on me." And it was just like, "What the fuck?" Like, and then yeah, and that was a stupid storyline part too, where she says the reason she did all of this, the true reason, not just because of the fact that she's tired of getting plowed everywhere, but because Rusev also cheated on her, and she she heard this from Lashley, who she's fucking currently. And Rusev's like, how are you going to believe him? And she says literally before the music hits that it's Lashley. He doesn't lie about anything, which is the most flawed logic I've ever she, heard. When, when was that ever a thing about Bobby Lashley? She, she, she literally, she just made herself look beyond stupid in that yeah. story. <laughs> Ryback said on his podcast, we don't have time to play it tonight, but Ryback said on his podcast that he just knows from experience and from being a good friend of Rusev that what's happening is he's in the middle of contract negotiations. He hasn't signed. He hasn't been solidified. So they're teetering him on the edge and just fucking with him, which uh, it's definitely very possible. Or maybe they just like to have storylines where Lana's being fucked. I have no idea. You know? Who knows? Mm. You also forgot the awesome rehashed uh falls count anywhere match oh right it was rollins and uh they go rowan and he got pinned with the forklift like an idiot 
Yeah, and then and, and Rollins took a nasty table bump. It's funny how this was in the ring outside. He takes a table bump, then back to ringside. He takes an attempted table bump, and then yeah, then back to the outside, and now the forklift. It fe- it felt too long. Like they dragged this out. It shouldn't have gone back and forth from the ring to the backstage to the ring to the backstage to the ring. And then finally, I pin him with a forklift. What is this? Like now, you see what I mean when you put ninety shit in here? How weird it is because that's something that would happen in the nineties if somebody gets pinned because they put a fucking forklift on them. You see how it feels when the nineties shit comes back. But in the 90s, they would have ran the forklift. Rollins had to wait for an operator to get in the forklift, then tell him, pin the guy. I love how my favorite part of that is how quickly when he goes, who knows how to work this? Everybody in the room pointed to that one guy. Yeah. He did not miss a beat stitching on him. So all you know how to do is burn things down. You don't know how to operate heavy machinery. Yep. (laughs) Chris Jericho could operate heavy machinery. While Rowan was on the ground with the God help us with these stories, man. You see, and then this is why AEW is beating their asses. Like, look at how awkward and strange that was. And all of the kids, I guess maybe the kids shouldn't be up by the time it hit 11, but the last thing they saw for those that were privileged enough to stay up was to hear about Rusev fucking Lana everywhere. Probably not even fully understanding what that means. And that awkward kiss at the end that's another oh, yeah. thing. Ru- rusev and lana being a legit married couple i feel like this is to to get under their skin to put them in the storyline where she's making out with lashley and where she's unfaithful to rusev and complaining about sex it's almost like wwe doesn't like when there are couples in the company who are genuinely happy together unless those couples are making them a lot of money so they punish them because they did it with Mike and Maria Canales. You know, look at Mike and Maria. How, they, how a masculine out. What was the story with Mike and Maria? Oh, then Maria cheated because she got fucked by someone else. And it's not Mike's baby. It's like whenever they come across a mid-card couple, they have to make a storyline where the where the woman cheats. And at the end of the day, and you guys know I'm by no means a feminist, but I just can't help but notice the similarities in the way WWE's portrayal of women always having the one storyline where they fuck some other dude is the only way it's almost like the writers in this world are incapable of writing women like i don't know we we have a room full of single men writing this shit because it's like they they have a one-dimensional view on the way females are and the only time i've ever seen that is when it's guys who have never had girls before you know, like I said, this isn't a feminist perspective. It's just my perspective. But why is every story, if you really look at it, it's not just that they're racist. It's that they're sexist. You know, the, the same people who bring you the smiling, you know, Jordan Miles t-shirt are the same people who have multiple storylines going on where real life married couples are having marital issues because the women can't stay faithful. That's fucking strange to me, man. Let's see if they do this with Becky and Seth. No, they won't because Becky and Seth are making them a lot of money. They're the, those are their top guys. You know what I mean? They seem to do with everyone else. Though. All they want to do is, oh, you have a, you have a good relationship. We're going to put it, bring it into question. You know, we're going to bring your dirty shit onto the air. I mean, if you look back to Macho and Elizabeth back in the day when they were having problems, they were running those storylines on, on the air like that. But I just find it a little bit more blatant here where they seem to be emasculating the men using the women and making the women, you know, I guess unfaithful bitches. Which is, I, I, it's, I don't know if it's from their own experience or who it is that they're catering to with that level of writing or that level of logic. But, uh, like I said, it just comes off one dimensional. It's, uh, I don't know. It, when you look at Family Guy or Rick and Morty, they don't know how to write Summer and they don't know how to write Meg because they're all dudes. So they just make parody things of those characters. Those characters have never really been able to have layers or anything because it's a bunch of guys. That being said, 
I'm starting to see the same thing with WWE where I, I hate to say, it, but they need, they need a chick in that writer's room to balance it out a little bit more because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And it's not a matter of me wanting there to be rights or women this, that. it's just because it doesn't come off organic if you don't know how to write chicks. That's kind of important. You should know how to write for both genders. If not, then don't fucking do it. You know, like what, like, do we have any storylines that are not the women cheating on the men that involve girls? <laughs> Did that answer no. Yeah, no doubt. Uh-huh. Ah, it's a yeah, they they, they, they won't do that to Andrade and Charlie because Charlie's making the money. And who did Maria claim that was the was the father? At first it was Rusev, then she said it wasn't Rusev, and now we don't even know. So look at that. They used Rusev as the guy who who basically was was the one that was the father, and then Rusev gets fucked in a storyline where, where Lana cheats on him. <laughs> you know? And they didn't even have the common sense tonight to connect the two fucking stories that they had already laid down the seeds for. Because Lana's reason, if we're going to go by continuity, for wanting to leave Rusev should have been because Maria had claimed that the baby was his in the press storyline that made no sense. And guess what? Now you took two shitty storylines that, that made no sense, and because you connected them, it works at least. But they didn't even do that. They probably already forgot that they had Rusev be the one, because I forgot because of how poorly it was handled. So Rusev was the one who was who was accused of, of getting uh, Maria pregnant, which completely justifies Lana leaving him for for lashley as opposed to it being that he fucks me everywhere <laughs> you know how come this didn't work out better they had all of the pieces this is almost like that one special kid in fucking kindergarten who you got the block that you put into the square and the circle and the triangle and the fucking guy still can't get him in the right shape <laughs> even though they only one way that this can go holy shit <laughs> but instead we don't do anything like that you know it's like the, and the, keep in mind these are people who make a lot of money you know, to write this shit and don't even, they, they forgot their own continuity as they put it together. That's why when people say, oh, we shouldn't even cover Raw on tonight's show, you know, how could you not? How could you not want to cover something that's almost fascinating at the level of stupidity and, and lack of attentiveness that they have on a product that they get paid that much money for? It, it's, it's comedic to an extent, like. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they like, like I together. said, I just, when I see stuff like that, I refuse to believe this company has some secret rabbit in the hat. The AEW is going to be smashing them to the end of time at this, at this rate. Because yeah, well. they've been doing this when they knew they were coming. They're doing this while they're here now. And they're going to keep doing this from then on. Like, the old WWE probably could have pulled that off. This one? Nah. Yeah, but it's weird because now since Mike Kanellis asked for his release, it could be also they don't want to incorporate parts of that storyline into it. Maybe they did have the seat set down so that the reason why Rusev gets left is because of the Maria and Mike thing. But when Mike put out that formal statement of wanting to leave, they said, well, shit, now we're just going to have to make it that Rusev bangs her a lot. <laughs> Lazy booking. Lazy as hell, man. We put more effort into dissecting this than they put into putting it together. I just think that they try to get it done so they could go home at this point. But yeah, Dale bitch and Eric Bischoff are going to see his family at 7 o'clock. But <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't want to watch. Like, if you guys are changing the show, you're writing the show until the last minute. You know what that basically means? That you're never putting the true effort into it anyway. Oh. Anyway, is there anything else that we're going to talk about? Anything we didn't talk about is not because we forgot. There's just not time to talk about injuries. Any injuries we didn't discuss, we'll update you on Xavier Woods next week. We'll update you on Luchasaurus next week. What happened with LaParka? Don't worry, he's not dead. We'll update you on the Lynn injury next week. Um, You know, like I said, plenty of stuff we just haven't forgotten. It's just these are late, you know. We don't do episodes this long very often anymore, so you know, probably won't do this one, it. This one was an occasion because it's the big one, so... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, not much else. All right. Yeah. We're going to wrap up here. You know, like I said, next week, we'll try to catch you up on whatever else we didn't. That being said, thank you to everyone who was here for this long, insane episode. Willie V2 and E Mang, AC, Stasis Dreams, Storm Dax, Kula Ice, Tickle, Mark710, Hydro, uh, Sayuman Senpai, um, DRB Rip45, Craig, uh, Thorny Juggler80, Rainbow Records, uh, Wesley Jr. 94, AJ Kid Loves Rip, Rip Kitty, uh, Diesel Walnuts 22, Curtis Hawk 7, The Jaybird 2, Jet Orco, welcome back, I haven't seen you in a while, man. Get Killed, Sun 22, and XY Flame 531. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 348, your Halloween special, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself, for Destin, for Mist, and for Squires, we are out of here. Don't forget to smile on your shirt. <laughs> Andy Horn sucks. Shut it down.